Welcome to the Broken Token Classic Arcade and Pinball Podcast. I'd like to welcome everyone to episode two of the Broken Token Classic Arcade and Pinball Podcast. It looks like we've made it. Yeah, we made it, Brent. It's awesome, dude. We're back in the saddle for episode number two. Well, we survived a couple weeks of uh, a heartache and personal tragedy and made it back to the studio. <laughs> yes. Yeah, despite schedule and uh, commitments and everything else, we, 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 we made it, man. So it feels good. I, it's, it's nice to be sitting down here and, and uh, you know, in, in the uh, podcasting studio and, and recording up episode number two. So this this is cool. I've been looking forward to it for several weeks. So yeah, as have it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's uh, life can get in the way sometimes, but you know it's definitely worth the time to uh, set some time set some time aside and get together and 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 do something for the hobby. Yeah, exactly. Talk uh, talk vids, talk pinball, and everything in between. So. Yeah, I, I think uh, I think everybody will really really like what we've got going on uh, what we've got going on here for episode number two. I I mean there's uh, there's there's going to be some some testing out of, of some segments, Brent. I mean we've got you know we, we've got some uh, some good content for the show, no doubt. It's more so just you know uh, kind of about how to you know kind of knead it around a little bit and then find you know find the format that, that resonates with everybody out there and you know sticks with us as well. So you know we hope everybody uh, you know likes likes what we've got going on here for the episode. Well, based on what uh, I've seen from episode one, I think folks pretty well liked what we're doing how it's come together yeah uh, it was kind of a tester episode it, it was admittedly it's you know the first episode's always tough and i'm sure that even the second episode's probably even a little tougher because you know you've got to come back and, and you gotta you gotta do it all again you gotta, you gotta do, do it, it all better. again and you gotta do it better and you have to do it in such a way that makes episode number three possible so <laughs> so we you know we've definitely got that you know uh, on our shoulders but we you know, we'll definitely do uh, as right by everybody as we possibly can but yeah brent we like I say we've got a we've We've got a lot to cover. I mean, we're we're going to go through, uh, going to go through um, a couple of uh, deep dive uh, segments. We've got you know some. Uh, we've got our first interview coming up as well, so that's gonna that's gonna be fun to listen to. Yeah, we had a uh, we had a, a guest down in the studio a few nights ago, and uh, it, I, it turned out great. I, I was really happy with it. It was a, it was a little bit of an experience for us because it was it was, uh, a it was our bit, first it was our first one. It was a more uncharted territory. It, it was definitely that and. It's going to be interesting to see, you know, how that interview comes out. I just kind of pull the curtain back, the curtains back a little bit for everybody. I mean, Brent and I and uh, in our first studio guest, we sat down here and talked for what, Brent, uh, close to what two and a half hours? Oh maybe? yeah, easily two and a half. Hours. Easily two and a half hours. And so I know that the entire two and a half can't make it in, into the po- in, you know into the finished version of the podcast just due to just due to all the topics and how we wandered and drove around <laughs> drove around for what seemed like you know seemed like a, you know hours there but uh, i will go ahead and mention it will be um, neat. if if it hasn't been picked up on yet make sure you listen to all of the podcast exactly exactly listen to it all the way through exactly. every second every second of it you know start to finish because there, there's going to be a lot there's going to be a lot packed in <laughs> yeah but uh but like i say brent we'll see how the segments firm themselves up and and we'll see what you know we'll see what sticks and what resonates with everybody and carry that forward so you know with that why don't uh dude why don't you uh why don't you start off and, and kind of update all of us as to what you've been working on since we uh since we last talked well from a arcade perspective i haven't actually had an opportunity to work on uh, a lot i've got some things on on the list to take care of i got some games kind of staged up some stuff to get down in the shop and kind of get rolling on i mean is this is this restoration work or repair work or what 
Yes. Well, yes. <laughs> All. I, you know, I kind of have to answer that from the perspective of define restoration. Uh-huh. I know there's a couple of folks out there that do end-to-end restoration. They'll, yeah. they'll strip uh, a, a machine down, whether it's a video or a pinball, and everything gets done from uh, uh, the the physical, how, making everything work, like especially in the case of a pinball where you've got all the playfield toys and all that kind yeah. of stuff, uh, to the cosmetic. I tend to, uh, to, to take care of more of the mechanical, more of the electrical. I try to, from a video perspective, go ahead and, and or a pinball perspective, try to get a little better examples in terms of uh, the cosmetics condition condition yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly um, I have gotten into touch-up work uh-huh. but uh, what what I've got on the slate coming up is going to be mainly a le- cleanup uh-huh. electrical work a couple games I want to go ahead and bring into the into the game room um, it's it's run it's a little bare right now I, I, I as soon as I say this I am going to jinx myself yeah. but uh, I am not space poor at the moment. Yeah, well, exactly, and you will jinx yourself, but <laughs> but it's a good problem to have. I mean, when you think about it, I, I mean, if you've got room to move stuff around, you've got room to bring stuff in, and you've got you know, and you've got uh, kind of some inventory to go back and reach mm-hmm. from, then yeah, you're doing good. Yeah, yeah you're now, doing real good, better than me. I'll say that. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I'm, I'm not, crawling over yeah, stuff at my house, not, man. Not well. Uh, I've got. If you look out in the garage, I'm kind of crawling over stuff. But in terms yeah. of things in the game room, you know, um, I, I've I'm in a good position right now, and I, I turn I I, I move some stuff out, some stuff that. When I put this game room together, I had some things that I thought I wanted. I think we've all been there. I, yeah. I some things that I thought I wanted, some things that um, I knew that I could kind of get rolling pretty quick and figured already that they would they would end up on the short list to go. And not too long ago, I had an opportunity to to get a few pieces moved on, so I went ahead and took it, and um, that that freed up even more space. So that's what's on the uh, on the near term agenda now game wise or you know hobby wise i have i have managed to enhance the game room through uh um i don't know what would you call it whitney uh, um just some add-ins to the decor if you will yeah yeah i i would i mean these are all the these are all the the nice to have things that just kind of uh, i guess kind of embellish the game room yeah right? exactly you know? yeah they're they're hobby related but they're but they're not but they're not hobby centric i guess exactly yeah that's probably yeah, a good so, way to put it yeah like if you look around the game room i've got um things tucked in corners and so the way the windows are here in my basement i've uh uh, they're almost kind of like recessed shadow boxes where they're filled in and okay so i've got places to to kind of stage some things and everything from toys of the period i've got uh, an eight track radio and some eight tracks and some cassettes and some atari cartridges and then there's um some mario pieces and some old handhelds and even back over on one of the the speaker mounts i've got a flyback hanging back there so that's for does kinda, it work uh it did when i took it out yeah it's a k7 <laughs> I, oh man you I, might be one flyback short when this thing's all <laughs> over dude k7000 flyback well you know <laughs> <laughs> well, if, I, if not now, I will. <laughs> well, I, uh, that's one of the things that uh, f- folks can come down here, look around, and they can. A lot of folks can relate to the handheld, or uh, I've had folks come over and say, "Oh, I, I haven't seen that cassette in forever." You know, yeah. just some stuff I had in, in a drawer somewhere. And then other folks look, "Oh, that's a flyback off of a, you know." It's just a little. So if it turns it up safe go- to touch, if it turns up gone, I uh, I disappear. Yeah. I, I, I know who took it. <laughs> but in that vein. Uh, over the course of the week, I had a friend of mine actually give me a call, 
and she uh, she said, hey, uh, do you want a Pac-Man lunchbox? I was like, yeah, of course I do. So she brought me a few things over. She uh, she managed to pick up a, a, a actually a little bit more than the Pac-Man lunchbox over the course of a couple weeks, just kind of in her travels. So she I got a Miss Pac-Man board game. And I'm not entirely sure yeah, how. Now, that, now, looking at the box there, Brent, that's a, that's a Milton Bradley Mrs. Yep. Pac-Man board game. And uh, dude, you've got you've got the board out. I mean, it's it looks pretty good, man. Yeah, I think I'm going to end up uh, do, trying to do something with the board, whether work that into something in the basement, whether I put it on the top of a game, kind of on its side. But the box is kind of difficult to display unless yeah. I find a way to kind of seal it up so that if I tilt it where it can be seen, it won't come open. Yeah, and I'll tell you for everybody for everybody out there uh, listening, we'll have to grab a couple of pictures of what Brent's talking about because it's it's neat. I, I mean, this is these are the types of uh, these are the types of you know kind of add-ons i guess to the game room that you just don't see every day i mean that's one of those things brent where now that i see the box it kind of i think i've seen it at some point in the past it's Mm -hmm. like oh yeah yeah i think i remember that there's there's some there's some like some vague familiarity to it but man i'm sure that uh, i'm sure that a lot of people out there listening would say oh yeah yeah i used to have that or hey dude uh, where did you get that at? You know, or, or, you know, do you want to sell it? You know, just anything, anything along those lines. But I, I bet you there's a lot of people that would identify with something like that. They probably saw it under their Christmas tree, dude, when oh, they were 12 or 13 years well, old. I tell you what just actually uh, sprung to my mind is uh, I've got another one of those Milton Bradley games I'd forgotten about. You do? Yes. Uh, there was a series of those games, quote unquote, back in the day. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've actually got the Donkey Kong game. Oh man! See, I don't have any of that stuff, man. I'm none of the board games, none of the trinkets or anything. I, I don't know. I guess I'm, I guess I'm kind of poor in in that regard. You know, I've I've not really sought after a lot of that stuff well the donkey kong that i've got i actually got back in quote unquote the day oh so you've had it for that i've had it for that long i had okay i had forgotten until just this moment that i've got it now i'm gonna have to go dig it up i i remember and for those there's probably a lot of folks out there that remember this you could go back uh into a toys r us back then and um there was an entire wall of nothing but board games toys r us's and children's palaces as you know as they is one kind of faded from uh, popularity and the other kind of wor- worked its took, way took into its place. Took its place. Exactly. Yeah. You could go into uh, um, either Toys R Us or Children's Palace and they had the big wall of games. And yeah. um, I remember now that there was a selection of, of arcade themed Milton Bradley board games. Uh, sounds like a sounds like a Google excursion if I've ever heard one. Yeah. But I do have I'm sure a that Donkey would turn Kong. Up a lot. Yep. So anyway, I've got the board, and I'm thinking of uh, trying to think of a creative way to to work that kind of into the game room to add to the decor. Okay. And she brought me the the Pac Man lunchbox, and I've I've got in my bathroom in the arcade, um, some. Uh, uh, we'll have to take some pictures of this. Yeah, actually, yeah, it's, and, yeah, I think and, that's and, what we're gonna have to do. Just yeah. put it, just put it in as part of the blog post for the for this episode. Yeah, it's what kind we of a, do. Yeah. It's kind of a. Um, I've actually meant Whitney to to do a write up on KLV about of all things, just the bathroom. Uh huh. The short of it is for for folks that that have never <laughs> been here. Pictures of Brent's yeah. bathroom <laughs> on the internet, man. It'd be great. The uh, 
the mirror is actually a dig dug bezel. Uh-huh. So I had a piece of glass cut to the exact same dimensions as the dig dug yeah. and I sandwiched them together. And when you look over the, the sink into the mirror, you're actually looking through a dig dug bezel into the mirror. Yeah, and, it, and I'll tell you, and as cool as that is, it's it's the it's the doors and the drawers that you've got on the you know on on the stand on the vanity on the vanity. Thank you, and 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 that's that's what's cool. Why don't you talk about those? Those are sweet, dude. So when I when I moved into the house, the you vanity, just can't get them wet. No, well they're sealed up pretty <laughs> oh, tight. Oh, oh so did yeah. you get them sealed? Oh okay. yeah, I sealed them. Up. Oh well, good good for you, dude. So I moved when I moved into Swap the house like a Twinkie. A, oh yeah, you you understand why? Exactly. What he's talking about here in a second. When I moved into the house, there was a vanity in this in this basement bathroom, and and, and of course of doing the basement doing the game room when i redid the bathroom i I wanted to try to repurpose the vanity yeah and what i actually had was uh the vanity was damaged one of the doors was damaged and one of the drawer faces was just absolutely just destroyed so i had one good drawer front door face if you will and and the door had it in form yeah so when i first got into arcades the first group of games i bought within that group of games there was an asteroids Mm mm-hmm uh, the asteroids, the cabinet was ruined. They had literally had it at a campsite uh, through through a, the course of a summer by yeah. like a swimming pool. Yeah, and so it probably sat outside the entire yeah. time. Yeah, it was uh, the all all edges were swollen an inch or so from the edge into the panel. Okay. So the, the cabinet was a complete loss. And the shame of it was it was an ally coin door cabinet. It was an early cabinet. Oh, did you keep the coin door? Uh, yes. Yeah, I stripped it down oh, and, and, awesome. kept, and kept everything out yeah, of it. That's so, probably that's probably the gem of that of that whole cabinet yeah. right there. Yeah. It, but unfortunately it was it, the, the cabinet was a loss. Okay. So it had one good side, quote unquote, in terms of art. Mm-hmm. So I took that took that and tucked it away in my garage and, you know, kept it all these years. When I get to working on this vanity, I pull out that side and I take the doors and the drawer front and I find nice places on the cabinet where I capture quite a bit of the artwork. Yeah. And I use, you know, template bit on a router and I remake the door and the drawer fronts out yeah. of the side of an asteroid. It looks really good. And like, like I say, we'll, we'll definitely grab some pictures of that and put it uh, put it in the blog post for the episode because that's the kind of thing that when I first saw it, I mean, you almost have to look at it twice because you're going, is that is that what I think? Oh, I've had people ask. Oh, man, that's really cool. You know, and, and then once once your mind connects the dots, it's like, oh, man, why didn't I think of that? That's awesome. I, I've had people ask, uh, did you paint that? Yeah. Who did you have paint that? <laughs> so what you you talked about getting it wet. Yeah. What I ended up doing was uh, once I had it cut and then I went ahead and, and mounted it so that I had, you know, all my hinges set up. and Okay. Uh, then I pulled it all apart and I painted the back and then all of the edges, uh, a couple coats of uh, black paint to black mm-hmm. it all out. Yeah. And I pulled out the old triple thick like you would use on a pin to seal up a pinball back glass. Okay. And I I really laid it to it with triple thick. Okay. So it's all locked in. Gives it a little bit of a sheen. Yeah. So it looks good. But you could. I feel confident in saying you could pour a, a cup of water on it and it would just run right off oh, of it. Okay, good deal. Good deal. So, so anyway, integrated into the it, in in amongst the other things in the bathroom, there's a um uh the what was a damaged Pac-Man marquee that I was able to repurpose and use as wall art. Yeah. And a few other things. So, um there's actually a Miss Pac board in there. Yeah. 
uh, as part of the decor. So the lunchbox goes in there, and then she had also had brought, and I have no idea where she picked these up. It was, I think, one, two, four of the ALF dolls from the old <laughs> ALF television show. ALF. ALF. Really? So one of them, he's a chef. I, and I, admittedly, I didn't watch ALF you know, consistently. But I've seen it. Dude, there's a reason why Alf's not on TV anymore. You know that? <laughs> well, Alf had a huge following back in the day, he, didn't he? He, he, did, he did. Yeah, he did. So, I mean, uh, it, yeah, I just, I guess it, I just he, wasn't one of them. It, it, does he, <laughs> does Alf not stand the test of time like, I don't know, Knight Rider or the oh, Dukes dude. of Hazard? Oh, dude. The Dukes of Hazard are awesome. Knight Rider's awesome. The cheesiness, the cheesiness lives and it's still awesome. <laughs> oh, which yeah, I, you know, it's still awesome. You know, you, I've, uh, Still watch the Dukes of Hazzard. Oh this yeah, day, I'll watch man. them and I'll watch Love them. Love I'll em. watch Knight Rider. Yeah, I put a I put a big you know O one everywhere I, I everywhere I can, dude. <laughs> I, I just love it. Reminds me of the General Lee all the time. Love it. So she brought me a few Alf dolls, and I've now got those just in various places, tucked in and around okay. in the games, and it's kind of a surprise. It's you know, oh, when you see it, it you definitely think eighties. I mean, yeah. there's, there's no doubt about it. That's the that's the first thing that comes to your mind. And then the, the last thing that she brought. Um, and I haven't decided what I'm going to do with this. I guess it would be best described as a header or a marquee from a Seven Up machine. Yeah, when when I first saw that, I I, I had to do a I had to do a double or triple take on that because I was trying to determine just w- what machine did that come out of, and then you know what what game did that come out of, and then. Once you look at it for a few seconds, you realize, oh, that's not out of any well, game at all. It was a all. gambling type machine. You put a quarter in it. And you oh, push it a was. Bu- you push oh. a button, and then if you win, you got a seven up. So. <laughs> awesome! Yeah, I wonder why those things still aren't around. Uh, <laughs> That'd be great. <laughs> so, I have not seen this. I have not tried to date it. The seven yeah. up art is is definitely 80s oh beyond a shadow of a doubt dude it's anything a, anything that has clouds and rainbows on it you know yes. it definitely speaks to that time period yes, man. exactly yeah so i don't know what i'm gonna do with that. i don't know if i'm gonna just mount it directly to the wall i'm gonna uh, it's cool though yeah i think it's, it's pretty cool. cool i can almost yeah. i can almost uh create a, a box for it and, and reverse light it it's it is lit it's literally like a a, a, a marquee where oh, it, it is it's, kinda it's, got, a, it's a big marquee yep. but it's still a marquee no doubt it, it's 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 painted from the back on on polycarbon or lexan of some type and it's yeah. you know it's kind of got that white overcoating to kind of diffuse light and spread yeah. the light so i i haven't decided what i'm going to do with it exactly but you know i've got it now and it's going to become some part of the some of part the of the game, game room, room. Huh? Exactly. yeah no, that, that's cool that's cool so so that's what i've been up to Huh. Have you been into anything uh, gaming related? Dude, I have quite a a bit, quite a bit. And so I've had, well, Brent, let's put it this way. For the first several years in this hobby, I was admittedly in acquisition mode, okay? And where I did nothing but find games, get games, get games home, and then go to the next game, you know? And so, and we talked a little bit about that, you know, in the last episode, I guess, you know, kind of how we each got into the hobby and everything like that. So now that, now that my, my game room and, and the titles that I have are largely pretty well fleshed out, I've transitioned into the get them working mode or the fix them mode. And so 
uh, I've I've been spending a lot of time over the past month doing uh, doing cap kits to monitors, okay, and uh, mostly Nintendo monitors as well because I've got I've been working on uh, been working on my Red Donkey Kong, and I've uh, I've also been doing some work to a Junior and a Donkey Kong Three, and so I've kind of been going assembly line motion, I guess. So when you do a twenty EZ. You, I always keep one out to look at. I, you know, I, do, you, I, do you take it completely apart? Brent, I have to, buddy. I, and, and here's the thing. Uh, and, and at some point, I, I probably ought to snap a couple pictures of my workroom, okay, so that everybody can kind of see how I go about it and kind of how I've got everything laid out. But I'm, I'm blessed in, in, in the way that uh, my workroom's fairly large, and I can put a cabinet on a furniture dolly, okay? Mm-hmm. And I can spin the cabinet around, and that's typically what I do, okay? So that, uh, and I've got enough room to walk around the cabinet and everything like that, so I can move the cabinet over to my, over like to a, my toolbox. Like a, here I am wanting to get into some kind of specifics because you, yeah. you've got my my little mind turning. Okay, a good size, like a furniture dolly that's at least the the size of the footprint of a of a typical cabinet. Oh yes, sir, easy. And and here's huh. how here's how you do this. Go to Harbor Freight, okay? And for all the things that Harbor Freight is or is not. Harbor Freight is good for for certain types of items. And if you look in like the, you know, your monthly Harbor Freight flyer uh, that you, and I don't know if you get those or not, but for, you know, for everybody out there listening that, that does, that, that are, uh, you know, kind of Harbor Freight fans or at least not a hater, you know, on, on Harbor <laughs> Freight because, I mean, you can get tools from that place that will, you know, that you can tear up within a day. Okay. But other thing other things are good. So nonetheless, look in, look in your, you know, go buy Harbor Freight, get on their mailing list or whatever, and you'll start getting coupons from them. And then what I do is I wait until they send the 20% off coupons, uh, usually once every month or every two months or so. And then I go in and I, when I, you know, like started to acquire games, I needed a good way to move them around. And this probably gets into you know one of the segments we're going to talk about here in a little bit, Brent. So I, w- I won't you know actually I, you've you've if you see me flipping through my notebook over here, I'm making a note. Yeah, yeah, because it, it, this is something we can kind of we can kind of come back to or, or kind of tee off of in in, in that segment. But nonetheless, it, you know now that now that we're kind of going down this road, I'll, I'll at least finish this part of it. And then you, you get the coupons, go to Harbor Freight. They make two sizes of furniture dollies, okay? The smaller one and then a larger one. And the larger one, um, Brent, it's not it's not size square to square and, and side to side to, to hold like a Nintendo cabinet. Mm-hmm. But the long side of it will easily uh, will easily support a Nintendo cabinet, most Atari cabinets, and and. You know, if if you find that it doesn't work, usually you can rotate it or even catch it kind of catty corner, and um, and it's it's not a problem at and all. It's, well, that's why I asked because I I I know that Harbor Freight has mm-hmm. has moving dollies. Yeah. At, last time I was in there, yeah, I, we're fortunate to have one here in Louisville. You know, check your local listings. But yeah, they're, exactly. They're they're, they're everywhere. actually they're they're getting close to everywhere. Yeah, they're not like they Walmart are. status. Yeah. But, um. I did not go over and look. Yeah, I've got a couple dollies, but when I think of them, I think I'm of a little smaller. So that's why I yeah, asked you no, the question. There's, there's, they've got one that's really big, and what it is, it's like the long sides are white pine, okay, and then the saw, then the small, the short sides are covered with like a gray carpet. So they're, they're kind of odd looking, but they're extremely sturdy for what they are. And you can put an, even an Atari cabinet on one, move mm-hmm. it around, and you've yep. not had, yep. Top heavy, not no, stability no, no, issues. I'll, I'll tell you the secret. I'll tell you the secret of it though is what I'll do is I'll lift the Atari cabinet up because they're heavy, dude. They're really heavy. Okay, so I'll lift it up 
And then another product that I've got at at, uh, at uh, Harbor Freight is these foam rubber pads. Okay, and, and everybody out there listening may say, well, "Well, Whitney, how do you like lift up the Atari cabinet and get get the furniture dolly underneath of it?" Well, it, it takes a few minutes to get it done. Okay, but what I'll start out by doing is is you know lift up one side or lift up on the back. Slide the pad underneath of it, okay, so to the point where you're not going to harm the side that, that you're then going to use to support most of the weight of the cabinet. And so whatever side I put the foam pad under, I'll start at the opposite side of the cabinet and then lean it back on the side that's sitting on the foam pad mm-hmm. and then slide the dolly right underneath of it, okay? And then you can throw, you know, if you have to let the cabinet rest on the long sides, then you can just, you know, you can cut up pieces of those little foam or just... Or just get a towel or something like that and then let the cabinet come back down on that side of the dolly and then walk around and then then at that point the side that you started is supported on the dolly and then you can just finish it up and then rotate the dolly in place with your feet hmm. I've, I, with your foot you know I've, I've had I've had really no problem and I've moved a lot of cabinets around by doing that that's it's kind of nice because it puts it on kind of like a carousel. Oh so yeah, to speak. absolutely. Yeah, now getting it down is, is always is always the trick. Okay, and I usually I'll, I'll have to you know I'll have to get my wife or my brother or somebody over to you know to help me get it off of the dolly uh, simply because you've that that's more of a calculated move right there. But it, but even if you have to do that by yourself, um, you can do that as long as you uh, as long as you do it against the you know like against a wall or something like that where where you've got something to keep the cat cabinet from getting away from I'm you. I'm thinking kind of yeah. like the uh, uh, I'm tilting this cabinet and I forgot that it has wheels on it and it goes to skate B- out from underneath Bingo. you. So Bingo. So just, just be a little mindful. So, you, you've got see, you've got to be you've got to be a little creative because yeah. like me at home I, I mean I'm doing this by myself. It's, it's just me you know and so I've I've had to kind of come up with some creative ways of kind of jimmying things around you know to, to the point to where i can i can do things that would normally require what that would be far easier with two people i kind of have to figure out a way to do it on my own so i'm thinking if you want to try this one uh, be very very careful yeah until you you get your technique down yes it is uh, a technique to start with uh, uh if there is such a thing we all know what, a lightweight cabinet start start with a nintendo plywood a nintendo, ca- a, a nintendo ply cabinet a, a nintendo plywood cabinet those are pretty much the the lightest of all cabinets that i've ever come across and once you kind of get get a technique down with them, then you can graduate up to you know a centipede or an asteroids or something like that. You can make it work, dude. It, I mean, it it, it it comes out okay. Not, it, it just takes a little bit of finesse, you know. Not to derail, yep. too much, but you actually reminded me. I've used furniture dollies before for pinballs, and I can't remember exactly how I ended up in this situation. Uh, I actually had a pinball with the uh, the head had the head down it was a later dot matrix pinball yeah and had the legs off of it i didn't have the head secured down like with uh bands or anything and i ended up offloading it and just set it on a furniture dolly flat so basically imagine a pinball with the head laid down no legs on it yeah exactly and then instead of being sitting on the floor was on a furniture dolly yeah that that would that to me would work out really well And, and it it it, I was in a situation when uh, I kind of had a, uh, some other stuff going on in the garage, need some other organization, and it just made. Even though it took up a little additional floor space because mm-hmm. it was, it was set set out normal instead yeah. of being vertical as horizontal, mm-hmm. I could just scoot it around wherever I needed it to go and get it out of the way. And works out well. Yeah, it worked it? out well. 
So it worked out well. Yeah. So so there's so, a, there's a tip for you. There's an arcade tip for it, you. Definitely. Get you a couple furniture dollies. <laughs> get you get go to Harbor Freight. Get a couple furniture dollies and also get uh, a couple packs of those foam pads. You know they they, they interlock together kind of like kind of like Legos. Uh, you know they're, they're oh they're you're real talking big. about like the uh, uh, like the foam floor pads. For like a mat. Yeah. Like a, yeah. Like a, like, okay. I was like, like a mat that you that you stand on like at a workbench gotcha. or something. You know to to fight fatigue in your legs and your back and everything like that if you spend a lot of time on concrete and everything like that. So yeah, I didn't realize. That Harbor Freight had those. Yeah, yeah, they do, and and I'll just take a box cutter and just cut them down to shape and size and everything like that. So, you know that I mean that that's I even use uh, one of those one of those mats cut down uh, on my solder station to set you know to set monitor chassis on and, and things like that. And uh, you know it, it just makes a really good uh, it makes a really good surface for bouncing things around. You know because yeah, I don't have to worry about. You know, uh, you know, cracking the board, you know, cra- cracking the chassis, you know, the, the the chassis board or anything like that, because it's always got a cushion. So, so that brings us back around to uh, you've been capping, yeah, yeah, dude, yeah. I've been capping the daylights out of Sanyo monitors, man. So <laughs> for for the past, you know, three or four weeks, and it, it's been it, it's been an experience because um, the, the the monitors that are in um, the Sanyo monitors that are in Nintendo ca- or that are in most Nintendo cabinets, I'll say, you know, they're typically regarded as is probably the hardest monitor to to recap and a lot of that is based upon getting access to the chassis because it's 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 definitely harder and more labor intensive to do i know some guys on the forums on on clove and and uh in coin op space and and you know the, the arcade forums will talk about you know how that how they you know how they cap those chassis and a lot of people will do them inside the game i i don't <laughs> you know more power to them I, I don't see how that's feasible because uh, i don't know if it's my eyes i don't know if it's just the way that i work i don't know if it's the way that the way that i just have to process information and work on something but brent i have to get it like out in front of mm-hmm. me and i have to have it sitting on a desk I have to have my I have to have my desoldering gun. I have to have my my iron. I have to have a fan. I have to have an overhead light. You know, magnifier light. I've got to have access to the cat. You know, I've got to have dude. It's got to be like its own little miniature yeah. production for Whitney. Okay, and, that's how, and whenever so I, I go do through it. a chassis, that's that's I, I'm with you. I'll yeah. pull the I'll pull it completely out now. On the I'll, I'll admit on the Sanyos. Yeah, what I tend to do is I'll set the monitor kind of by biased off to my left. Yep. And you've got those two support bows that are in the frame. Yeah. And I'll take off, if it's still on the monitor, the neck guard that yep. bridges between those bows. Yep. I'll take the bow on the right off, if that's the proper term, the, mm-hmm. the, the leg or whatever yep. you want to deem it. Yeah. And I'll... Uh, uh, I'll unscrew the chassis and I'll kind of rotate it out to the right. Yeah. It, so it, it's it, not flying. Yeah. It's not free per, per se, but it's kind of flying. Yeah. You can flip it and move it. Yeah. You so. can flip it and move it. And, and that, that, cer- that certainly works. Uh, I think for, for what I was wanting to do though is uh get everything cleaned up because a lot of the a lot of the the monitor work i've been doing around has been on you know pretty dirty monitors and you know and and i'll I'll kind of even segue here for a second brent is that's that's one of the the segments that i want to work on for an upcoming show is how best to clean pcbs and clean monitor chassis and tubes and things like that Mm -hmm. because over the past month i i I feel like i've gotten a pretty good education on on what works and what doesn't so Uh, myself i've done it a myriad of ways we 
could yeah. we could talk for quite a while. On. We could, and, and I think it would probably do. I think it probably do everybody a lot of good because there's there's a lot of information out there. There's uh, in my mind, there's probably a lot of misinformation out there. But the misinformation, but for that, in order for that comment to stick, I think you almost have to apply it to personal preference and what you have available to you and and what's worked for you for you in the past. But I tried a lot of what I found on on Clove and. It didn't work out so good, and I don't know if that was just my application or lack of tools or this or that. But after after having some false starts, I ca- I came up with a system that, that worked out. It's worked out really good and doesn't harm the silk screen. Actually, cleans the solder, the old solder flux off the bottom of the boards. It, I mean, dude, they they look they look really really good. So I'll have to get some before and after pictures. I'm getting I'm actually getting ready to. Uh, to cap another chassis here pretty uh, pretty soon, so I'll grab some before and afters, and then when we some board, uh, before and after picks, and then when we actually have that segment, Brent, I'll make sure that that you know that, that I've got that, that I've got something where I can show you know hey this is this is what we started with, this is the system we went through, and this is what we came out with, and and I think it I think it'd be of interest to a lot of people. Well, I'm kind of thinking right now that there's a red tin out in my garage that needs to go home with you. <laughs> that's that's actually where I'm at right now. Hey, you with, want me to, with the state of affairs? Want me cap those babies? <laughs> Man, I can do it, dude. I mean, I can I can make them babies shine. My, that's where I'm at with the state of affairs in the world. Yeah. That you need to take my red tent home. <laughs> <laughs> well, dude, we, we we'll talk about we'll, we'll talk about that on the back channel, man. But I've I've been going like I say I've been going through going through cap kits and and replacing flybacks and filter caps and you know and everything. Just really, I, I guess, Brent, you know, for lack of a better term, doing everything that I can to you know to 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 the Sanyo chassis to make sure that I don't have to go back into my Nintendo monitors for quite some time. So, and, and, you know, if, 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 uh, you know, if everybody's interested in hearing more about that, I'd be more than happy to get into that in more detail in, you know, in, in a future episode. So yeah, if, if anybody wants to hear more about that or wants to talk more about that or in, in, you know, wants to get into that, uh, at, at, you know, at a deeper level, let us know. I'd be happy to go into that, man, because I've, you know, I've had to go, go out and, and source flybacks source the filter caps you know all cap kits are not created equal uh, and and i've i've had a couple false starts learn what i consider to be good and bad on you know i'm working on these chassis and i think there's there's a lot to talk about there but but outside of that brent you know i've really been uh really been more so in in like inventory mode and figuring out what i need to fix each one of my games and not not all my games need a lot of fixing uh you know i mean the broken and the token has to come from something so you know (laughs) i mean you know we've got a reputation to keep up here you know so uh so yeah a lot of the games I've gotten have been less than perfect from a working scenario, so I'm really now in working kind of like, all the way means a lot of things to a lot of. It, people. it really does, but for me, it means is it game more? Is it game room worthy? Is it worthy to be in my basement in my house turned on for eight hours and I and I could walk away from it without worrying about it exploding into a ball of flames and taking you know half my house down with it? You know, so for me, I have to I have to get each game in that type of condition to where I can walk away from it and know in my mind that I've done everything that I can to make that game reliable for the next five to ten years. And that's kind of the methodology that yes, I take. Before you have I, to. Before I bring... Otherwise, a, dude, I'm scared of Oh, them. exactly. Yeah. Before I bring one into the game room, uh, my shop actually is, is 
quote unquote co-located. I've said quote unquote too much already. This segment. <laughs> I've used my quota of quote unquotes. You know, I've latched onto it. It's, for, it's, it's, for all, the, it's all good, dude. I think every, I think everybody knows what you mean. Yeah, at least I, I. Well, I can't do the air quotes because no one can see it. We're gonna have to, you know, to do yeah. that, make that effective. We're gonna have to get into video v- podcasting. Video podcasting. And I'll, and I'll tell you what, dude, we're we're not that pretty. At least no, not no, yet. No, no, no. So we're, maybe you know, by episode nine or ten, we will be. <laughs> yeah, you got go back and look at some of the shows that some of the reality shows, season one versus season two. <laughs> You can see who got the personal trainer. Yes, yes. Anyway, yeah. I'm of the same opinion. Before I'll bring something into into my game room, even if it's working, yeah, uh, I'll I'll go through it. Yeah, and you've got to, man. You know, if the monitor looks good, if I don't know the history of it, yeah. it's pretty easy to tell if it's been capped out. Yeah. I just I don't want to invite a problem. It's like that's that's right. Well, and because you're working with something that you don't like, you just said you don't know the history on, and you don't know if it's going to you know explode into a ball of flames or the flyback's going to pop a hole in it or something like that within, you know, X number of hours of having it on. I mean, for good or bad, man, really the only way to, the only way to do this in, 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 in my and mind, not make, be insane and not be insane is to, uh, is learn how to work on your own stuff. And then on top of that, get it to the point where you're comfortable with right. it. And, and then that way you can sleep at night and enjoy the game rather than worrying about the game. And, and that's, so that's the, that's what I've been working on, Brent. And, and truthfully, I'll probably be in that mode for several months to come because I'm slow. Okay. I'm methodical and I have OCD and nothing suits Whitney until all the caps uh, sit up nice and pretty. And they're all the same, you know, they're all the same color and they're all the same manufacturer. And dude, I'm just weird that way. I, I am, you know, it's when I, when I look at the chassis, I want all the caps to be from the same manufacturer and they, and it looks like a cap job has been done rather than it looks just like, you know, a mess of things going on that chassis. So I, I, I'm, Probably my own worst enemy when it comes to this. But you know something? When it's all said and done... Man, dude, I can make a chassis like look really pretty and stuff. You know, sounds like I do that a lot. Whether it works or not, it's a different story. (laughs) But we only know that when we fire it up. Well, you know the 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 Fiero was a good looking car in in, in a lot of people's opinion. But you know, I think I think twenty percent of them burned to the ground. Well, I, I tell you what, I, I hear what you're saying without you saying it. So I'll, I'll just check your polarity and make sure that, uh, you know, that, that, that you've gone through everything and uh, reflowed. See, I, I can give me a grief with you. I'm yeah, the same way. I, I know. I, dude. I, I don't it, think I'm as bad about the caps, but um, if, if I'm doing resistors, diodes, yeah. even, you know, I, I, I like 90 degree bends on the legs and things that only I will ever see. I, I know, I know, but it's, but it's those types of things though, that, that allow me to, um, I, I guess have some, um, have some satisfaction pride of ownership. Pride. Yeah. Pr- pride and satisfaction in a job well done because I know that, I know that the next time that I'm into the back of that machine, I know exactly what's been done to it, what, you know, where everything sits and, um, and for good or bad. Okay. So it takes me longer to do cap kits, uh, you know, on Sanyo's than it does other people that that's okay. I, you know, I'm not it's in your time. It's your game. I'm not in a race. I, I, I just, I just want to make sure that for the next X number of years, every time I flip that baby on, it comes on. It's pretty. It looks good, and you know it does. It's not. It's not shaking. It's not waving. It doesn't have a curl to it. I, I, I you less know, chance of an issue. Less chance of an issue. I respect that. I respect the daylights out of the guys that uh, you know vacuum out the game, and as long as it works, they wheel it right in and and get you know get to playing it. 
if I could do that for myself, I probably would have enjoyed a lot more of my games a lot sooner than I am. Okay, but there again, it's just it's just the way I just the way Whitney's mind and I'm, makes Whitney. In go. all honesty, I'm I'm a lot the same way, Whitney. I yeah. like to I would call it cover my basis. Yeah, it's, if, it's uh, what you got to do. You know, go go through the monitor. Yeah, feel comfortable about the power supply. That's right. Um, depending on the game. Uh, Maybe even the PCB. Yeah. yeah I'll roll through the edge connectors, especially on Atari's. Yep. Um, if it's a Williams, you know, the key headers, the power headers. Yeah. You know, uh, check those out. Yep. And then the, the, the same the th- same methodology can translate over to a pinball, depending on the manufacturer. So, you know, well, cover the bases yeah, and, and, and make it as if it was a car. Would you want to get get in it today and drive it three quarters away across the country? That's, that's exactly you know? right. And, and, you know, something here's the thing uh, you mentioned pinball. And so I'll I'll say this real quick. You know, on, on pinball, I'm I'm in an even worse situation, Brent, because, uh, you know, I've just uh, recently picked up a, uh, a Williams High Speed, okay? A couple months back before we started the podcast, but it works fine. It's in good shape. It's in good shape. The problem that I've got, though, is and that's and that's what's going to have to throttle me on pinball. I I know it's going to have to throttle me on pinball because of the time that it's going to take me to make sure that I've gone through the game to the point to where to where I'm comfortable with it being inside the house and, and running because. You know, and especially the older pinballs, they draw a lot more electricity. There's there's so many more moving parts. There's a there's a lot more going on underneath those tables than there ever will be going on inside a you know inside a Donkey Kong Junior. You know, from from that regard. So it, it's you know in in a lot of ways, I guess I'm kind of my own worst enemy. But I you know I'll I'll do the same for all the you know for all the pinballs that I get as well. They'll they'll have to go through a microscope before I'm going to be willing to leave them on and walk away from them well and, and especially not even just the will it burn itself to the ground mm-hmm. which um i i hesitate to think that a pinball i've uh, I, I don't would really do that i, I don't, th- I don't and, think and, and i know where you're coming from you but, just but you, you want it reliable from. you know yeah, i don't you just wanna, want it reliable you want it reliable right. you don't want to chase the, the ghost in the machine That's because right. of a a goofy connector or resets because of an unstable supply yeah but the pinball is um a pinball is a, a a bearing bouncing around, as it was put to me, <laughs> well, bouncing yeah. around a yeah. wooden table I mean, full I mean, of plastic. I, I know, and you think about it. I mean, every, for every game that you play, you know, you're you're beating the game up, you know. And so, if there's anything marginal in it, I I guess I'm just the type of guy that wants that wants everything to work all the time, and especially when people are over. And so, the only way that I can come close to guaranteeing that is is just you know, it's just doing doing the work. So yeah. that harkens back to what I was saying earlier. I've got that little mental list of games that I want to kind of get rolling through. Yeah, and. As much as I would like to go ahead and jump on a couple of pinballs I've got out there, yep. Um, I'm right. I'm actually think I'm focusing on some of the lower hanging fruit, which is which is some of the vids. Yeah, yeah. You know, I've got a, a a battle zone out there that. Yeah. I, I'm not too far from from having stable. Okay. And uh, a few other games, so. It, yeah, it, I know it exactly comes, what you're it saying. Com- it comes along, just time wise. It, it, it's just it's just time, and and what I have what I have found, Brent, is as much as it is time. It is also knowing what you have and knowing what you need to have because, you know, despite us live, you know, well, despite being here in Louisville, I, I mean, I live in a, in a very, in a much more rural area than, 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 than Louisville is, but 
here's the issue that we face, Brent. There is not a Walmart of arcade parts. There's not, I mean, Radio Shacks are virtually, you know, non-existent from, from being a source of parts that you could actually use, you know, in fixing some of the games. And maybe you can get an oddball cap or something there, uh, you know, some, some resistors or diodes or whatever, transistors, whatever you may need. But I'd say that's probably the exception, not the rule. But what I found is that, you know, on top of just working on these, there's also a lot of time invested in building up your inventory of parts just so that when it comes time to work on a game or work on a pinball machine, you're, you're not spending the next three weeks amassing waiting for, par- waiting for parts. So I've, I've also been spending some time trying to get, you know, trying to get, you know, make kind of a founder's claim on, you know, getting, you know, getting a lot of caps in, getting a lot of resistors in, you know, and, and things like that, that I need to, that I need to be working on, you know, working on games. So that's pretty much what I've been up to, dude. And, you know, sad to say, uh, next month, next month will be somewhat different, but it, it'll, it will still be some of this as well, because yeah. the, you, you don't just solve this, you know, I, I can't, I can't take a house payment and divert it to Bob Roberts. So <laughs> and, and <laughs> as, as much as he would like, it. as much as he would like it. And, and for all the good that Bob Roberts does, you have to meet yourself out, you know, but he, I mean, Bob Roberts, for anybody who doesn't know, is is an extreme asset to this hobby, pinball, vid, and otherwise. Just coin op in general. If there's if there's parts that you need to find, uh, chances are Bob Bob is a source for that, and you can get him at uh, therealbobroberts.net. So if anybody uh, if anybody wants to explore all the all that he has to offer, we may have to set down Whitney and consider. Uh, um for for folks starting out that are actually looking to doing repair to some level. Yeah. Um, maybe a discussion as to how to amass parts. Yeah. And I'm sitting thinking about the, you know, there's parts, there's parts as in, um, coin door parts and, yep. uh, things that, that you're not going to necessarily just order things that you've come across where you've gotten a box of this or a box of that. And yeah. I've got some spare joysticks. There's that kind of parts. And there's also, parts as in as you were mentioning capacitors diodes your yeah your kind of your bread and butter electronics type parts and yep um i i know what i always do is if i need one depending on cost i'll order 10 to 20 you know oh, i always do i always do i um, mean you have to you know there's there's that may be a segment something we can yeah. explore in a minimum there's an idea maybe we even just talk about workstations and you know this kind of gets back into what one of the one of the things that you brought up earlier whitney which was if there's 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 topics that we touch on and Mm -hmm. folks are wanting to know a little bit more detail as to hey how do you do that yeah let us know reach out to us reach out to us and let us know i'm kind of i'm in that same boat as whitney i tend to be pretty meticulous and pretty particular and i've had folks come over and just say give how do you store how do you store x y and z yeah you know i'm looking for ideas and, I, and that just sprung to mind i've seen folks on uh klov for example hey here's how i store pcbs yeah Here, here's what i came up with yes you know hope it helps Here, yeah. here's a, here's a quick picture yeah and, and I, I think i think that's fair brent and, and I, I think that's something that i would like to talk about as well because I, I think that there's a lot of value in that for you know for everybody for everybody out there listening to us right now they probably have their own way of doing it, but they also would like to hear about how other people do it. I know, I know that I like to hear about how other people do it as well. 
And, uh, you know, so for everybody listening out there as well, just shoot us an email, you know, podcast at broken token.com and let us know, you know, you know, send us, send us, you know, some ideas as to, as to how you do some of your storage and, you know, how you, how you keep, uh, you know, your parts, uh, you know, you know, I, I guess organized mm-hmm. and, and we can, we can definitely delve into that because I, I know it, I know it may not sound like the most exciting of topics, but I guarantee you it, it's applicable to everybody. Yeah, because, someone out there's, because someone's out there is probably saying, I need, I need to solve this problem. I need to solve this problem or I need to do this better because let me tell you, you cannot effectively work on, work on these, these games and these pinball machines without having some type of system. You cannot have caps, you know, electrolytics and ceramic caps and, and you know, polypropylene caps. All, you, you just can't have that stuff sitting in a bucket you know, a, a Maxwell House coffee bucket and say, I'll just rummage through it and find, you know, find what I need. I guess maybe some people do, Brent, but I I, I just, I just, I, I can't. I, I for one have a drawer, you know, the, the, the typical junk drawer and yeah. I've got the, the typical junk drawer of just odd value caps. Yeah. And I, I can't, I have wasted a lot of time sifting through it, looking for something that I don't yeah. have. And and there's folks that that I've that I've talked to, and they'll get you know, for example, the bags that come from Mouser or however Bob sends them, or yeah, um, and they'll they'll end up in a box, yeah. And you know that that cap job that you wanted to do on a power supply or a chassis that would take you 20 minutes or 25 minutes takes you an hour and a half because you've got to assemble the parts. Yeah, and, so, and, that's, and that that's a big thing. So yeah, I think tips, can, techniques. Yeah, yeah, I think um, I think we can definitely touch on that, you know, in in a, in a in a forthcoming episode because there there's a lot to talk about there, and and I think I think we would yeah we definitely need to get our thoughts collected on that, and then uh, you know hopefully we get some input you know from uh, from everybody listening and then, then we could we could delve into that because there there's there's a ton there's a ton to talk about yeah, and, and in once that again regard. if we mention something and we just kind of miss, mention in passing and it it, it strikes home with yeah. someone hey i'd like Resonate, to hear more about, resonates with somebody yeah it sounds like they've already figured that out or they've seen someone that's figured that out or i wonder how they do it i can borrow one of their ideas or i've got an idea contact us yeah yeah let, let us know it would it would be a lot of fun it'd be a lot of fun to uh it'd be a lot of fun to go through i think so yeah i, I guess brent in a nutshell that that's pretty much it man i you know i haven't really acquired any games I uh, haven't really been on the hunt for anything, really, because I, I guess I'm just kind of tunnel visioned right now on, uh, you know, on, on getting, you know, getting everything, you know, uh, up up to snuff, you know. So um, I guess that's pretty much it, Brent. You know, I, I think at this point I'm I'm about ready to go back and uh, burn myself with my solder. Yeah, or something. I'm getting there. I'm getting there soon. So <laughs> I'm thinking by next uh, podcast, uh, uh, episode three. Yay! Yeah. By next podcast, we'll we'll have some some actual game related yeah. hey this is what's going on yeah exactly exactly but uh that's it brent thanks all right. man all, all right, right. Man. let's uh we'll move on with the episode mm-hmm. and uh ex- new and exciting things to come yep all right who do you think you are am i impressed all right everybody uh we're going to go ahead and, and get into uh a segment that brent and i have talked about quite a bit and we think it'll be a lot of fun for everybody to listen to uh, the goal here is uh, for Brent and I to educate uh, each other and hopefully uh, everybody else listening on a couple of deep dive topics that that we want to cover uh, that we that we want to cover in depth here each month. So what I'm I'm going to do is start out uh, with uh, with a couple topics that I want to talk about. One is uh, pinball related and the other is uh, is vid related. And then uh, after we go through that, then I'll I'll turn it over to Brent and then he can get into his topic as well. 
And uh, like I say, uh, give us some feedback on it and uh, let us know how you like it. And we've, we've got several topics we can cover over the upcoming months, so there's no shortage of items to, uh, no shortage of, of items to go through. So uh, with that, I'll go ahead and get started. So Brent, what I want to talk about uh, first here on, uh, on, this, on this deep dive segment is uh, a pinball mod. And uh, is, uh, if anybody has been in, in the pinball uh, community for any length of time, they're familiar with uh, pinside.com. And uh, Pinside is probably the uh, the de facto uh, discussion forum on uh, on on pinballs and everything related to that hobby. So um, a lot of this information will be uh, will be found readily found on Pinside. But I just want to get uh, you know get it out in front of everybody in case they're not aware of it. So what we've got going on. Uh, there's a, there's a thread on on Pinside, uh, and it's it was started by a gentleman uh, named Eli Kurtz or E Kurtz on, on the on the Pinside forum, and this thread gets into a uh, I guess what you would call a a, a very uh, a very popular mod that's up and coming for uh, for Stern's uh, Tron pinball. Now I've got a Tron, and uh, it's a Tron Pro. I've had it for several months. And I really, really love the game. It's a lot of fun. But with it being a pro, uh, it's missing some of the most, uh, I guess, some, some of the most desired features of the Tron LEs. And that particular feature is what I would consider the make or break feature for Tron Pinball. And it is the, it is the lighted ramps that are synchronized to the music and events inside the gameplay. Okay. Now, uh, for anybody who's who's not who, who's not familiar with Tron, you know, the, like I say, the LEs have got that feature amongst amongst a few others, but uh, the pros are minus that feature. Uh, now, it, when you say light at ramps, Whitney, you're not talking about like necessarily backlit. To give everyone an idea of of exactly what you're talking about, it's how's it done in in the pro it's no how's it done in the le, LE. i'm yeah. sorry yeah no no, no not not a problem yeah so it's not like a lamp it's not no like no a, or no an led it, lamp no or, it's it's not a lamp or it's, it's not it's not like backlit or anything what it is is the ramps have got fiber have got fiber optic wire that is sus- suspended in like these little plastic tubes if you think of like el wire and and you know how like el wire is is very round and smooth and uh and and you can roll it and you can bend it and you know kind of kind of get it to but, flow and when but, in, but in it'll any light. direction it'll yeah. light when you apply yeah, and you can get it to move in any direction you want to within reason but but it lights up and so uh stern used uh fiber optics for lighting their ramps so what they've done is they've drilled holes in the ramps and they they have this fiber optic light that that runs and is contoured okay to the to the flow of the ramps and is fastened with uh, i think it's with zip ties if i'm not mistaken you know like clear zip ties or white zip ties i think they're clear I have to go back and look but nonetheless so they're 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 mounted with with zip ties and 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 so what it does is with the fiber optics running the path of the of the ramp then they light up in in synchronized in, in they're synchronized to events in gameplay and also to the music and okay so cool. included in in the game there's oh, a yeah. controller of some type there, i assume yeah and, there's some type of controller now, that, that the pros do not have okay do, do they, they also change color or is oh, it they, just a single color oh brent do they also change okay, color? Right. oh yes sir buddy they do and so what's cool about them brent is they'll change color they can change color independently of each other like like one ramp could be blue the other ramp could be orange okay they could both turn yellow they could both turn white or they could strobe in different colors based upon, you know, multi-ball or, or what, you know, or, or a particular mode of the game that you're in that, that you happen to be in while you're playing. 
So the long and the short of it is, Brent, they're awesome. Okay, they're they're just, they're just killer, dude. And so I'm, you know, so I've I've been watching this thread uh, on on Pinside for over a year. Okay, and I'll post a link to the thread in the show notes. Okay, and we'll make sure that it's in the blog post for this episode. So there's this enterprising gentleman named Eli Kurtz or E Kurtz on Pinside, and what Eli did over a year ago is he put out the call. Uh, and on, on Pinside there, and he said, "Hey, does anybody have a Tron Pro that I could that I could test out um, this this mod that I've been thinking about?" And so after you know after a few posts and you know him kind of uh, you know building up the suspense and then letting the cat out of the bag on it, what Eli has done, he has engineered a controller, well, a, a, a couple of controllers actually, and has put together a fiber optic light kit. So that you can put this feature, this lighted ramp feature from the Tron LEs into your Tron Pro. Now, he's using fiber optics, or is he using uh, EL wire? No, no, he is using fiber optics okay. because EL wire, I, Brent, I, I don't know if, um, I, I don't know that, that this is probably that well known about EL wire, but EL wire emits. Um, it emits, I, I th- and I know I'm probably going to get butchered on this, and I should have looked this up before before now. But uh, EL wire emits a a free, it emits a a frequency, a sound frequency. Okay. okay, and and it it gets louder, or the frequency gets more high in pitch as the light gets brighter. Okay, oh, okay, all right. So, uh, what people who have gone down the EL wire route have um, have noted in other threads on pins side is that EL wire tends to work okay, but the the frequencies that it is emitting, okay, based upon the brightness or the intensity of the EL wire, actually interferes with some of the electronics inside the pinball machine. It will cause other things to not function properly, okay? And EL wire also has essentially what could be considered a half-life to it, and that even at its brightest, it degrades over time, and so a year from now or two years from now, if the EL wire has undergone you know a, a lot of hours of service uh, continuous duty or what have you and especially you know if it's if it's changed you know intensity and hues a lot um, it, it it loses its luster, I guess, and and it and it do, it's not as bright three years from now as it is, you know, okay. on the day that it was so installed. This mo- so this mod, he's gone with fiber optics. He's gone with fiber optics, and, and, and it addresses all the uh, all the RF you know interference that's in, that that EL wire would generate uh, installed inside the pinball machine. Okay, so ba- basically, uh, uh, outside of his controller and everything. For for those that haven't seen anything like this, let me see if I uh, I've got the, oh, the picture oh, Brent, right. No, Brent, I've got video. Oh, do you? <laughs> well, here, here's well, here's what's from, really cool from a pers- from a technical perspective. I've guess it's it's clear fiber optic wire. Yes, and then he's in lighting it with probably a a a, a multicolor capable LED, yeah. so that he's then controlling with a controller. Well, no, th- this is this is this is fiber itself. Oh, so, okay. So he's act- he can actually change. There's no break in the in the light of the strand or mm-hmm. anything like that. Uh, so it, it's 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 a controller that that emits a certain. Uh, it, it I think it's done with LED. It it emits. The, the tubes are hooked to the controller, okay. and the actual light source is at the controller, at the controller itself. Controller. So he uses an LED for that that he can va- that he can vary the color of the LED and the intensity, and then the fiber optic tubes just pick up just that, follow the light, they, they okay. just follow the light, and just pick up that color. So so what I've got. 
is uh, a fellow collector here in uh, in Louisville, okay, or in the Louisville area, I will say, was was a beta tester, okay, for Eli's kit, and so Eli produced, I think, maybe around fifteen or so of these kits, uh, probably six to eight, six at least six or so months back, maybe six to eight months back. And in uh, this collector, uh, collector friend, both you and I know him, Brent, but, uh, you know, I don't want to name drop on the show or anything like that because I, I know he probably wouldn't be comfortable with that and I don't want to do that to him. But nonetheless, he has let me come over to his house and play his Tron where he has one of the beta kits installed. Okay. He was fine with me recording it. So I'm going to put, I'm going to get the video prepped and I'll make sure that it's part of the, part of the blog post for this episode so that everybody can, uh, everybody can go to our site, go to the broken token.com site and then with you know with this episode's blog post i'll, I'll have that video in late so you can see exactly what i'm talking in about in all of its glory in all of its glory and brent it is glorious dude so so with that um these kits are are now shipping in limited quantity okay and that has just changed status within the past week or so so eli is working with a company called Pinbits. Okay, and I I'd never heard of, of Pinbits, Brent, before uh, before getting you know before getting into Pinside and finding out who all the vendors are and and you know at some point, dude, we probably ought to do a roundup of top vendors in in each one of the in each of the arenas in, in each of the arenas just so that people can have a fighting chance of finding out you know where do I go to find the lion's share of the stuff that I need to buy you know and in uh, Pinbits Pinbits they've got a nice site they offer a lot of they offer a lot there's no doubt. But uh, but Pinbits is the reseller that was ch- that uh, Eli is working with on getting these kits out to the public. So uh, so like I say, these are these are just now coming out and uh, they're shipping in limited quantity. It's pretty much in a, in a uh, you know in, in a. Uh, uh, it's being done in the order that the that the interest was expressed in the thread, and uh, so a lot of people are now getting contacted. You know, based upon if they were number twenty five, number thirty five, number forty five. You know, if saying you know, hey, I've got first you know, come I, first I, serve. You, you, it was it was first come first serve in, in the order that, that you that you kind of like interest. expressed your interest in the thread, and then what Pinbits and Eli are doing is going through the thread in that order and notifying people. It's like, hey, we've got fifteen kits, twenty kits ready. Uh, there, you know, if you want to place your order, go go ahead and uh, go to the site and you know and place your order. So, it's working out, and and they're starting to make you know make their way out in, in limited quantities now, and um, and I think it's just going to be something that is just super highly uh, desired, you know, in in the pinball community for people who have trons, and you know, and you know, a lot of people may ask, well, you know, Whitney, why did you focus on this? There on this, there's thousands of mods out there for thousands of pinball machines. Or, you know, hundreds of pinball machines, whatever there, there may be, you know, why, why did you choose to talk about this one first? And well, it's, you know, number one, I've got a Tron, so there's a lot of interest in that to me. But number two, this mod, you know, Brandon, spending time on Pinside, this mod seems to just have garnered so much interest and mind share. I mean, if you go and look at this thread on Pinside, I mean, it is pages and pages deep of people. I mean, just, it looks like literally Literally hundreds and hundreds of people have lined up to buy this mod, you know, for 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 their Tron. And I would, you know, so look, when he did the mod, did okay. he actually tie it to gameplay so that like Stern's yep. original, yep, 
concept it would change and and follow the flow. Yes, sir, buddy, it does. And what's amazing about it is it is largely plug and play. Fortunately, Stern, and and I'm I'm saying all this based upon what I've read, Brent. So, so guys, guys and girls out there, if I you know if I you know kind of muck this up, you know don't 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 hate on me too bad. (laughs) Don't be hating. Yeah, I'm going by what I've read and I'm going by pictures that I've seen. Okay, but as soon as mine comes in, I can I'll be able to you know comment on it further but uh apparently all of the uh, all of the headers okay and pigtails and, and everything like that that were necessary to you know make this a reality from an interface perspective already existed on the board okay that's that's in that's in, that's in the head of the of the pinball machine itself so um and i'm not i don't want to say it was easy i don't want to trivialize it in any way shape or form i mean i, I think that there's a small amount of brilliance that's gone into you know making this mod a reality for everybody who just wants it wants a turnkey drop-in solution, which this truly is, Brent. And um, you know it's field upgradable. The software is upgradable on the controllers. Um, you know it runs off the uh, runs off the existing power of the cabinet. You don't have to do apparently you don't have to do anything odd in getting it you know in getting it powered, making it work. And it does plug in, and it does interface with you know with the board that's, uh, that that Stern provides, you know the motherboard that Stern for uh, the PCB that Stern provides, and it's pretty much a plug and play. Well, just out of uh, 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 my personal curiosity, yeah. was was the controller designed from the ground up, or did he make use of something that existed like an Arduino or? Well, well, now Brent, now or do you know? I, here's the thing: I don't know exactly. I'm okay? just just wondering. Well, are Arduinos were discussed as as a platform for the development of the uh, you know of the logic of the controllers themselves. And I saw Eli I saw Eli talk about Arduinos inside the thread, uh, but I cannot say with certainty whether he actually built on top of that platform or not. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've done a small amount of, of Arduino development. It's not it's not really that it's not really that bad. I mean, it's actually a very a very nice uh, environment for what it is. But I don't know if those if if Arduino actually made the cut for those controllers. I'm just wondering. Yeah, yeah, but. Um, but but man, I will say this: I'm uh, I'm anxious to get mine in. I'm anxious to get it installed. I've been looking forward to this for months. And so, uh, if anybody out there has a Tron, if anybody out there listening has a Tron, a Tron Pro, and this has not been on your radar. Then definitely check out the show notes. Definitely check out the blog post for this episode. I'll have all this info, uh, you know, listed right there on the website, and uh, and it's something that that hopefully you can get over to Pinside, uh, get your name in the thread, and uh, you know, and, and go ahead and get your uh, get one reserved for you. Looks like it's going to cost around four hundred bucks, Brent. That's you know, g- give or take a little bit, and a few bucks. And so, a lot of people may say, "Whoa, uh, that's really expensive for what it is." And to that, I would say yes it yes it is an expensive mod there's no doubt about it um but you have to pay to play to some degree Mm -hmm. and you have to think about you have to think about the sweat equity that eli and the others the, the testers and everybody that has that has helped bring this mod to reality They've got a lot of time in this, Brent. And you, ba- you basically would have had to have, in my, in my, uh, what I, what I'm guessing based on what, the way you've described it, yeah. you had to reverse engineer what Stern has done. I, I think, I think there's, I think there's a lot of truth in that statement. Okay? How does, how does a, how does a, an LE play uh-huh. and what does it do? And do I want to run with that or do I want to change it or exactly, exactly. How do I want to make it work? The, 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 yeah, that's exactly right. So, 
So with that, Brent, and on top of that, not only did he do that, but he also made it field upgradable at the same time. To where as he improves, as he improves the you know the firmware that, that drives these controllers, you can actually upgrade. You, you can actually service it yourself. Mm-hmm. And I think that's I think that's you know no small feat in and of in and of its own. So you're paying for you're paying for you know Eli's brain. There's no doubt about that, and his desire to actually see this thing through. I mean, Brent, I, I, when he started this, I don't know about now but when he started this you know creating this mod he didn't even have a tron he didn't have a tron pro so he here he is making this mod for for a pinball title he doesn't even have here, here's what i'm thinking and i don't want to put you i know, mean kudos to you eli if you hear this dude you're the man well that that well if, to not even own the machine yeah. and just decide hey i want to do this yeah and and then to actually pick up and do it and then make it a reality oh, yeah, absolutely i mean he carried through with something that that brent i don't have the the, t- the time and the wherewithal well i tell you what i may have the wherewithal and i may have the desire but i don't have the time and i can't clear enough of my schedule to make that kind of time because dude i just like you brent i've got a career i've got a job i've got bills i gotta pay got a house gotta pay for i got i got all these things that you know that, that are that, that, that take away from my time and for him to set aside his time to do this for a game he doesn't even have i mean what a service he's done for the pinball community absolutely and for anybody who would who would knock on that and say oh well Ed, this mod isn't worth that i mean th- that's your right and, and that's your opinion and everybody's certainly entitled to that but you won't find you won't find this done anywhere else not like this well, okay e- eli if you're listening here's the uh here's the wish list which something tells me this may have occurred to you you know now that you've got a base platform yeah here's a dovetail in and for folks that you do one for ACDC <laughs> that are listening, Please, <laughs> here's a dovetail in for folks that are listening and may not have a Tron yeah. or an ACDC. Yeah. Um, ACDC, ACDC, you know, if you've already got a, a working knowledge of the Stern hardware and operating system, yeah. you've got a platform. AC did, did any of the, the ACDC models have, have lighting like that no sir not not like that not no, like that no, okay not, not like that i mean once you get up you know once so you, get, you can start fan creating for lack of a better term can, hey can. look i've got not only a mod but i've got it when you go into this mode it does this and that well Brent, i'll tell you it's funny you mentioned fan create because i because there's a um there's a topic for next month's deep dive that i want to do on fan created material for stern pinball machines uh, that's all i'm going to go into okay, uh, right. right now but dude you you've you've touched on a topic that i, I want to cover in depth next for for episode number three i'm getting a little selfish where i was going with uh hey mr eli if you're listening you yeah. know there's a lot of wpc pins out there that that would probably that would probably serve very well to have a fan created um uh fiber optic modification yeah. to fit in with the modes well it, i have to believe i have to believe that it that if eli has gone down this path and got it to this point where he understands where where he where he has a way to to drive the controllers that there there has to be another way to find out the state of some of the older machines 
um, and and then potentially do something along those lines. And Brent, I'm saying all this without knowing what in yeah. the world oh, yeah, I'm, I'm talking just, about. Well, so so we've you've definitely got to keep that in mind. We've definitely <laughs> gone into it would be cool if you did this yeah. territory. But but you know I'll tell you what, man. I've done in my career. I've done a, a, a large amount of software development, and uh, you know even you know serial port programming and serial port interfacing, and you know right down to the C library level and things like that many moons ago. So you know I I. I I, in no way, shape, or form, uh, at this point, could emulate or even expand on what uh, what, what what Eli's done. But at the same token, uh, knowing kind of the road that he's walked down from that regard, there's there where there's a will, there's a way. Oh, absolutely. Because if Eli did this, if this mod, if this mod now exists to this degree, it's there. There's got to be a way to to build on this. And you've, so you've primed the pump, Eli. Eli has primed the pump. So so that's what I wanted to cover, Brent. And like I say, I'll have uh, you know I'll make sure that all the info for for this mod and this topic gets a uh, you know gets gets posted. And, you know, gets posted along with the show. So, so that's it. So, um, so that, that's, that's where we're at on, on the pinball side of it. Now on the vid side, Brent, this is something that I have, uh, that I want to tie back to all the monitor work that I've been doing, uh, over the past month. And, um, there is, uh, <laughs> there, there's a shortcoming Brent with working on monitors that I've, I guess I've just really kind of become, um, I guess just cogent of, you know, in, in, in working on and, and, uh, you know, fixing the monitors and getting them tuned back because, you know, after you do the cap kits, you place a flyback, uh, you filter caps, you know, and, and you replace a couple of, uh, you, you know, you, a couple you, pots, you place a couple pots or just turning it on, doesn't it, cut it. Just uh, turn it on. Don't cut it, man. Because in a lot of times when you, when you turn it on, you wonder if you just should have ever started working on it at all, <laughs> you know? So, so here's, here's what I've, here's what I've come, come across, Brent is with, and, and I'll like I say, I want to tie this back with me just being one guy, just one dude, you know, just kind of working in his basement. I have gotten so frustrated with either having to put my game in front of a mirror to adjust my monitor or walk back and forth, back and forth, back and forth all the time, trying to adjust and trying to, you know, adjust a pot, say, okay, hey, you know, you know, how much did this move horizontally? You know, how, how much, you know, how much did I move the game, the, the image horizontally, vertically, things like that. So what I have uh, found, Brent, and this was, uh, this was on Clove, a thread on Clove. There is a seller, uh, his, it goes by the handle of Riptor, okay, on, uh, on Clove. And, uh, gentleman's name's Mike, and, uh, and he, he runs a, uh, he runs a fantastic, uh, fantastic website, uh, Tris, uh Twisty Wrist Arcade. Okay. I think I've got that right. And, uh, like I say, I'll have the, uh, you know, I'll have the, um, the, the link to, to all this in, in the show notes as well. But what Riptor does is he is he has created a set of um, pot extension boards, okay, for the Geo7, the Electrohome Geo7, all right? Mm-hmm. Very common, very common arcade uh, monitor uh, that uh, you find in what? PAX, Mrs. PAX, you know, I, I mean, they're, they're, they're all over the place. They're all over the common. place, buddy. Very common. And he is, and, um, I think they're going to drop sometime around mid-October in talking to Mike or talking to Riptor on this is um, he's, he is also coming out with a set of, uh, of pot relocation boards for the Sanyo 20 EZ as well. 
So these boards come with all the adjustment pots, okay, already on, on the remote board, and it comes with about three foot of cable, and it, three, three foot of wire, and then it comes with, um, you know, the headers to solder back onto, uh, back onto the chassis PCB, where these pots would originally, you know, where these uh, would originally be at, okay, and maybe some of them are on on a neck board, maybe some of them are on the the chassis PCB as well. I know different monitor, different chassis have got them, you know, located on different places. But what he is focused on uh, is the Sanyo 20EZ and the Electrohome G07, and he is selling these remote boards. And what's cool about these, Brent, is just you know, just a quick run with your with your desoldering gun, and then with your iron, and then you can um, you can move these you can move these adjustments to the front of the cabinet and dude so you can mount them like inside the coin door uh, you know like you know on, on the facing side mm-hmm. of, of the uh, of the cabinet itself or I saw somebody also mention and I think this is what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna mount mine underneath the control panel to where when it, to where you know all you have to do is pop the latches and flip the control panel up and then boom there's your monitor adjusted there's all there's all your monitor you're standing, adjustment pipe you're standing right up there. you're looking at it just like you yeah. You're playing it and yeah, you're adjusting it. And you're adjusting it, dude. And so, so what you've got is so you can just take, you know, a pla- like uh, one of Bob Roberts' little, you know, plastic adjustment tools to, you know, to twist the pots and, or, you know, or a real nice long, you know, uh, very thin flathead screwdriver or something like that. And you can stand while you're, while you're standing there looking at the monitor. You can adjust all the pots that, that, that would vary the picture and you can get it dialed in standing right in front of it. And man, to me, Brent, that's, I mean, that's arcade software solid gold buddy and so you, you know you're looking at about 20 you know 23 24 bucks for each one of these boards so i'm not saying this is this is i'm not saying this is a an inexpensive endeavor okay but if you found the game okay if, if you have found the example of the game and you're going to keep it but you know based upon what we were talking about buying on condition yes this is you know, yes, this is the the battle zone that I no and, and, and I, I know that battle zone's a bad exact. Yeah, <laughs> yeah strike that. Yeah, yeah this th- is that's the, vector, this is the so, yeah, this is the most perfect Pac Man that the I have ever Pac-Man, seen. Or for me, Rally X. You know, it, it's sporting a Geo Seven, or you know, a Donkey Kong sporting a Twenty EZ. I've got the perfect tube. I've got the, I've got the perfect chassis. I've got the perfect tube. The night you know, the, I've just reworked the entire chassis. It's nice and clean. I've got. The I'm going to per- be buried in yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. This is the this is the cabinet I'm going to keep. I've just done or a tube six. swap or six or twelve or fourteen, whatever that may be. In our case, twenty twenty plus. Yeah, twenty twenty five. Yeah, twenty twenty five. Whatever that number is. Um, and you're and you know you're going to keep this one. It's worth the twenty three to twenty five bucks. To remote that board mm-hmm. into the front of your cabinet to where you can you've always got those adjustments there. As Brent, once you got a line, I mean, once you got all these games in a line, you don't want to be pulling it out just to just, just to adjust the monitor. So talk talk to us for a second. Yeah, I, I've seen I, I've caught that thread, and I think oh, I, you, oh I think, have you seen the thread? Okay. I've seen the thread. I've okay. seen a few of the pictures. I haven't read okay. it in detail. Yeah, but uh, correct me if I'm wrong on the installation for folks that that um, I, I know there's plenty of folks out there that venture into doing cap kits mm-hmm. and they'll build themselves hey i i, I can do a cap kit I'm, yeah. I'm i'm happy with doing a cap kit 
I don't get into a lot more than a cap kit. Okay. From what I saw of the thread, it doesn't. It looks like if you can do a cap kit, you can put this mod in, no problem. Heck yeah, buddy. I don't see. I don't see why you couldn't. Because okay, maybe you have to change a tip on your on your desoldering gun. You know, something just, a little finer, just a little more finer point. Exactly, and uh, you know, or, or depending upon the pot, maybe maybe you have to go with something a little bit bigger. You know, this this got a little bit you know a little bit bigger hole just to get over the leg. You know, oh, the you leg said desoldering. I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah, yeah, desoldering. So. Um, it, but you know, different different pots are going. Different pots are going to be. You know, there's there's a universe of different size pots. So, so. basically, you're going to pull out all the original pots, uh-huh. and then this board, if from the picture that I that I had seen, it it overlays that area on the geo seven yeah. where the pots line up yeah. on the so back of the chassis th- that's right so you'll you'll just solder the wires there and then you'll then, then you'll run them out uh to the remote board at the, at the front of the cabinet gotcha. yeah and so i don't know um you know brent i've got my order in for some of each okay and they've not come in yet so um and like i say the, the sanyo boards have not uh have not been produced yet they're still they're still a couple weeks out you know at at the day at the at this date of recording but like i say by mid-october or so they 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 ought to hit but um i don't know if if we will have um if we'll have like a pigtail that we could just you know put um for lack of a better term just you know like put a slip fit connector over or something along those lines but based upon what i've seen okay based upon what i've seen you just pull the pots off the board desolder them hook wires to where the pots were and then run those wires up to you know up to the uh up to the uh, remote board itself Okay. So yeah, it looks like an awesome, awesome mod. I, I mean, I was uh, I was actually uh, you know a wee bit excited once I saw these things drop because it was like, oh man, this this is something that I've been you know looking for for quite some time. You just kind of wish existed, and you know you look at them and it's like, man, why you know why, why, why hasn't this not why come hasn't up? this been thought of before? You know, but uh, yeah, uh, you know, um, touche Riptor, you know, for for making something that I think a lot of people. It, that are that are you know that are thick in this hobby and that have the games that they want to keep you know Riptor's just made it easier to continue to own those games so i think so, what you're telling me solid. Whitney, he he did us a solid dude i think what you're telling me whitney is that uh in the in the upcoming yard sale next spring what I can do is the full-length mirror that I use to adjust monitors. <laughs> I could cart outside and put the price tag on. Is yeah. that what you're telling me? That's that's what I that's what I'm saying, Brent. And and I see no reason why we won't see uh, you know why, why we could not see these same type of remote boards for um you know maybe uh you know uh, any of the forty nine hundred yeah, the K the K series oh the K series yeah, yeah. K series um. You know, anything that would be else. a good choice because it's so common. The pots are, yep. you know, the K series are located. Yep, yep. The K series are very common as well. But I think with hitting the G O seven and the Sanyos, he he's he, you know he's definitely hit a very wide cross section of of available monitors, especially with the G O seven. Dude, yes. I mean that's just it's just everywhere. Seven, when you say K series, you're talking like seven thousand. That mm-hmm. would get. Oh yeah. yeah, that would be a yeah. Uh, there's a large install base of 7,000. Large, large install base of those. Absolutely. So, yeah. So anyway, like I say, Brent, I'll, I'll go ahead and wrap that because I think we've pretty much said, uh, you know, about all that we can say. Uh, once I get mine in and once I go through, uh, you know, once I go through um, an actual install on one and everything, I'll definitely follow back up on this deep dive. And we'll we'll kind of revisit this and, uh, you know, just talk about, you know, some of the do's and the don'ts and just kind of what, you know, what, what I learned, I guess, and, and getting one installed and everything. But uh, I'll 
I'll be doing a Sanyo first. I, I believe simply because that's the monitors that I'm working on right now, and and those, and about the time that I, you know, that I get uh, that I get my shipment of those boards in, you know, I, I sh- you know, I should be able to, you know, just go through those pretty quick. Cool. So I would think. So yeah, that's it, Brent. So All right, uh, yeah. well, I, I'm sure I and I'm sure everyone looks forward to to yeah. hearing how it goes. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. I think it's going to be a, a fun time, and it's something that that you you know you you finish up better off than where you started. So cool. Yeah. All right, Woody. Thanks a lot. Appreciate yeah. it. No problem, Brent. Okay, Brent. Now for your turn at the deep dive, what are you going to talk about this month? So I'm going to get into something that's a little bit in specific, so okay. to speak. And um, when I throw the topic title out there, there's going to be a lot of folks that are going to say, I, I know how to do this. We don't really need to listen to, to these guys drone on and on about this topic. And uh, <laughs> Oh, no, Brent, let me tell you, I've, I'm, I'm going to have a, a few things to, to talk to about. To add here, in. To add in that shows just how little I don't, or just how little I do know about this. And I've been, I've been doing this for a while, you yeah. know. Yeah, there's always something to learn. So I get it. Uh, Exactly. My yeah. point is, is uh, when I throw the topic title out, uh, don't reach down and hit fast forward because yeah, um, please don't because it yeah. hurts. <laughs> we feel it in our souls because straight up my yeah. back it hurts. There's always something to, uh, uh, in my opinion, there's always something to be learned even when you think you know it all yeah. because uh, you've That's not true. seen it all. So yeah. my that what, what I want to deep dive into is how do you move your video games how do, how do you move arcade games? yeah how do you move them you know okay. and, right. and look at this from the perspective of it, we've seen we've all seen the threads on klov you know can i set this thing on its back hey i'm gonna go look at this is there anything i need to be aware of and you know you can get in some to some specifics per title but uh there's there's a lot to be said on a generic basis for hey it's the first time i'm gonna go get a game or okay. i've even gone and got picked up the hundredth game Mm -hmm. there's something to be learned so that's kind of what i want to dive into okay so i'm going to look at this kind of from the perspective of uh when we actually physically move the game keep in mind what are you doing it in you know a lot of folks have an open back truck some folks can do it in in an suv some folks have a small trailer yeah so there's a couple topics to highlight um as we go along having to do with actually what you're going to move it in okay so you're at you're at location you've already you've you've picked the title struck the deal struck the deal you gotta have it you're gonna bring it home now it's time to now it's time to cash is traded hands but and get on down the road you know the dirty part of the the dirtiest part of the deal the cash trading hands has happened let's get it home yeah all right so that's that's always the toughest part how do you do it all right so the first thing here's what i like to do okay uh, obviously, you've looked it over. You've got it. You've decided that you want it. Mm-hmm. Let's take a really, really close look at it. You know, because now, now it's going to become a little bit more fluid in your life. It's not just going to sit there at the floor oh, and no, you're going to stare at it. it. It's it's either it's it, either your treasured piece or your problem. Right. one of the two. And and you're going to have to pick it up and cart it somewhere. Yeah. So give it a real good visual inspection. And I don't. We're not just talking. What does the art look like, and is it full? Has it been waterlogged? You've already gotten to that point if you've already bought the game. True. Check the coin door. The coin door out. You yeah. know. Do you have locks? Will the door stay closed? Check the control panel. Yeah. You know. You may have played the game, but if you've got a game, uh, some of the Atari games, something with a heavy control panel, it'll stay stationary 
if you're playing and until when, you slam on the brakes until you slam on the brakes and all of a sudden the thing f- falls open mm-hmm. check the control panel uh, is it locked down marquee and bezel mm-hmm. well, yeah it's got a marquee in it does it have the retainer does the retainer have all the screws in it many people the, the many many fellow collectors here in town uh, have have told me the story they were zipping down the road and the wind whipped the marquee out of a game <laughs> and it's somewhere between here in lexington cincinnati columbus yeah, yeah. Same thing with the bezels. Yeah. You know, depending on how the bezels retained in the game, um, it could come out. If it's plex and it's pretty thin, it could flex with uh, just the right amount of wind and yeah. she's yeah, it's, gone. It's gone. That control panel comes open, the bezel's gone. Yeah. yeah. You know, if, if you've got a cardboard insert behind it, you know, some of those detailed inserts. That, that's that's going to be on somebody else's windshield. Yeah. It's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you're going to have scattered game yeah. parts all over the expressway. And all that. Check the back door. Okay. Um, it. it I, I don't. I've heard this said by many people. Somewhere there's a magic warehouse where all these missing back doors are at. <laughs> does it have yes. a back door? If it does, yes. is it broken? Yeah. You know, this is. And, and there, there's ways to account for this in the move, and we're gonna we're gonna roll down into that. But yeah. I know this all seems obvious, but um, some people just it. If if you've never had a problem, yeah. If you've if you've moved two four 20 games and not lost a marquee yet that doesn't mean you're not going to do it this yeah. weekend you've just been fortunate you've to been that fortunate point. yeah here's a big thing that i've that i've run into look for things protruding from the the game especially on the back of a game mm-hmm. um some operators not only put lock bars across coin doors they would take a lock bar and they would tie the back door closed okay so you could have a ring out protruding from the back of the game yeah you know not uh not just a lock for example you could have a ring that comes out an inch and an inch and a half yeah you get in a situation where you're trying to move the cabinet and that is now a pressure point uh, i have i have seen or, or has to support the weight or it yeah. has a pressure point is yeah. it supporting the weight yeah i have seen people break portions of the back panels out of cabinets because they've rested the weight of the game on what was the equivalent of you know, a, a half inch by half inch square yeah. portion of this little ring sticking out of the back of the cabinet, yeah. and eventually it punched its way it, through. It punches its way through. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So while you're looking at things, get inside the game. <laughs> as silly as it may seem. Oh no! Get no, inside the game. Yeah. Okay. Are, I, are you going to talk about monitors? Brent? Oh, I, I might. Okay. Good. You know, and here, here's a good here's a good point, especially if it's someone out there that's listening to us that's hey I'm, I'm starting to do a little research good for you i'm mm-hmm. thinking about buying an arcade game maybe mm-hmm. you've already got one and gotten lucky whitney i don't know how many games i have i've sold to people over the years mm-hmm. that they they buy the game based on either the, the just the look of the game mm-hmm. or that they enjoy to playing the game mm-hmm. they never get into what's inside the game mm-hmm and what I tend to do with, with, with folks that I sell to, even if they don't ask, I will spin the game around and I mm-hmm. will give them a tour of what's in there. Yeah. So that, oh, that's good. Oh, yeah. A lot of people won't. Oh, uh, I want, if anything, I, I like to kind of give, um, give, give, a, give a potential buyer a better understanding of what I have put into the game yeah. so that they have a little better understanding that if they're going to hand me some money that the they have a better feeling in a week 
that they're going to have something reliable, something that, you know, hey, the, the maintenance type stuff's done, a lot of stuff's been addressed. And at a minimum, I'll give them a tour so that they just know what's in there, okay. at where it all belongs, yep. where it should be, and uh, that they don't expect to have really any major troubles out of it, which gets into this this inspection, this inspection aspect of bringing the game home, of moving okay. the game. You mentioned monitors. Make sure the monitor's secure. Yeah. Like, like, as in bolted, bolted, bolted down. down. Yes, not zip tied. No, not drywall screwed. No, I've had both. Drywall screws, they look good, mm-hmm. but they don't have a lot of strength. No, they don't. They'll snap pretty quick. Yeah. Um, I've I have gone to move a tempest on on one occasion, and it was held in loosely with one nut on well, one of the studs. What about my tempest, Brent? You remember that, don't you? No, I don't. Well, we were at the Arcade Expo. Remember? My oh, monitor? yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. See, that's a lesson that Whitney had to learn right there. Remember my monitor? It was uh, it was flapping, flapping in the breeze, yes. buddy. So I, I, I recall that yes. now. Yep. Yep. Sure enough. I, not bad enough to where it was a problem, but it, it was. It was it was missing uh, missing a couple bolts on the bottom. So and you'd had that game for a while. I, I had. And, and you know something? That was that was a mistake. That, that was something I had to learn, I guess, kind of the hard way, because that was not now, fortunately, it didn't break. No, no cry. No, no, it did not break. Every, everything's good. The, the 6100 that's in it, that, that'd be the monitor, the vector, the color vector monitor that's in it is alive and well. But that's that's a better lucky than good scenario, Brim, because, uh, because I did not think about that at that I, point in time. I would hate to break a neck on a tube for a Geo 7 or, or any of your classic monitors, Yeah, but it would absolutely hurt my soul to have to hunt another tube for 6100 that's exactly right so, because they're they're not plentiful by any means so look it over and if, yeah. if you're a new person out there listening to us google image you know google arcade monitor and click the image button and i'm sure you'll find a myriad of uh, of examples of the different manufacturers cabinets and how they mount and yeah. it's not very difficult most monitors are in no. with four four screws uh at each corner on, yeah. on the face of the monitor uh in some of the cabinets like your tempest and then some of the century cabs they have a little tab off the back of the frame that's visible right inside the back door to kind of give it an extra tie point it, it's it's kind of common sense if you look if you get in there and just look at it you'll realize if it's right or wrong well let me ask you this Brent. a lot of people and i think are and i think rightfully so a lot of people may be a little bit hesitant to just reach in and start touching an arcade monitor because yeah. you know i mean it, it, it's like a tv that exploded you know i mean there's it, it's it's everything that you didn't know was in a tv sitting there inside your arcade game so you know, where, where would you suggest that people, you know, try to, you know, try to determine whether whether the monitor is loose or not? That, Can they the, grab the frame or rock the game or what, what's the best way to go about that it? That is a good point, Whitney. And, and, and uh, to add a little and bit more. And is it safe to do it? To add a little bit more detail to that. Okay. Your, your classic era monitors. Uh-huh. And we, we won't dive into uh, what those are right now because, in effect, the, the a monitor in your typical black and or excuse me your typical color raster game mm-hmm. um you could move game to game they're pretty much inter- interchangeable by and large yeah by and large mm-hmm. 
they will maintain uh, a charge, for lack of a better term, and it's substantial. Yeah. So you just don't want to go in there reaching around. Yeah, it's, it's, good it's, visual. It's that, ins- it's that suction cup that'll kill you. Yeah, won't it? on the yes. back of the tube, what's it looks like a suction cup. Yep, yep. Yeah, you don't want what's under there. No, you don't. And there's methods to deal with that when it comes time for maintenance. But yeah, um, a, a good visual inspection. Yeah. So the the best thing to do is uh, open the gain access to the front of the monitor and typically what you're going to do is you're going to unlatch and open the control panel then when you do that the bezel which is uh, the glass or the artwork in some cases it's plexiglass that you look through that's that shrouds the face of the monitor Mm -hmm. that's removable at that point it'll just typically just lift itself out and then you should have access to the face of the monitor there may be a cardboard card in there that actually provides some additional covering of the internals of the cabinet you may have to lift that out at that point you should look around the edges of the monitor and you'll see either holes where a bolt should go or you'll see a bolt head yeah and of course you want to make sure the four corners the four corners pretty much so you want to make sure not only are the bolts present but they're actually tight Mm -hmm. so you know you can you can get um you can you can touch the face of the it's it's no different than if you were to touch the the, the face of a of an old school television you yeah. know there's there's no real danger there don't go reaching around behind don't bear yeah, hug the monitor exactly um um be sticking your fingers give it a little wiggle make yeah. sure it's in there pretty solid you know, yeah. rock the cabinet of the game a little bit yeah. if it's loose you'll know really quickly because oh, yeah. it, it'll move around there's there's some weight to the monitor and it will take advantage of any space that it has in yeah. those fasteners yeah and, and, and it, flop around the big thing is i mean if, if it crashes to the ground inside the cabinet you've got i mean you've got you've got a mess on your hands yeah. at that point you, because these things are just not um i mean you got to think about them they're 30 plus years old at this point and it's old technology and there's there's gonna be a lot of stuff to clean up <laughs> well you're gonna have a lot of, you're gonna have a uh first of all you're gonna have to replace the monitor mm-hmm. and, and what the real what the real fear is is the uh uh breaking the neck the back of the monitor where the tube narrows down mm-hmm. um toward toward the back of the cabinet so yeah. when you open the back door you'll look right in you'll see where it comes down almost like a funnel shape uh, and there'll be a, a little board on the on the end of the tube. Yeah, it's called tip, the neck board. The neck board. Yeah, the glass gets very thin there. So mm-hmm. if you've got some some slack in the monitor mounting and it can make contact with something inside the cabinet, you'll break it. And yeah. once it's broke, it's broken. You've got to replace the tube. There's no repairing it. Yeah. So you're you're in a situation where now you're going to have to source a tube of some type or a complete monitor. Yeah. Worst possible case, uh, if the monitor is just sitting in the cabinet and like i'm thinking of some of the williams games like a defender or a a robotron where it's actually mounted on uh for lack of a better term a shelf Mm -hmm. it's it's bolted down as Mm -hmm. opposed to bolted from the face Mm -hmm. um it can slide off the back of the shelf and you know given circumstances bits and pieces can also fall down inside the the game mm-hmm. you know depending on how bad the damage is so it could it could be anything from you got lucky to uh total, it tore total, off, total, total destruction. destruction yeah total so destruction the the monitor is the is the big variable you yeah. want to make sure it's secure yeah and, and i think I, you know Brent, i'll tell you I, I know that's a little bit of time spent on that but i, I think it's uh, you know I, I think it's it's well worth uh the discussion well, well worth that discussion because they're they're just thinking back over time, there have been games that I have brought home 
that I did not realize the monitor was loose. Fortunately, I've never lost one. Okay, I've never lost one, and I and I, I know you'll probably speak to this. I tend to transfer my games on the back and in, in the back of my pickup truck or on my trailer, but. Dude, I've I've gotten very lucky, and but that was like I say, that was starting out. Yeah, you know? so it, it's just the stuff you don't know, or or that or that isn't immediately apparent to you. Right. Yeah. And like I said, this this seems like old hat to a lot of folks, but then again, there's a lot of folks out there that may have just gotten lucky for a long period that, of time. That's exactly right. So that's exactly right because you assume. If the game works and the monitor's there, you assume it's it got, all good. It got there somehow. It got there somehow, well, so it must be okay. That doesn't mean that that a tech hasn't come through yeah. a quote unquote tech. Mm-hmm changed the monitor did some work capped it put it back in and i've seen this happen where uh, uh some of the williams games i mentioned where it's mounted to like a shelf mm-hmm. those bolt down instead mm-hmm. of like through the face mm-hmm. they bolt down mm-hmm. uh i've seen just the bolts dropped in the holes yeah so just it, enough to keep it from sliding yeah in effect it won't slide but if you if you tilt it far enough like to dolly it out or if you try to transport it on its back well it's gone it's gone yeah so yeah pay no. really close attention Real, to your monitors really good advice brent really good advice especially if you're moving like you say some of the color vectors or any of the games with like a, a more rare monitor in it, like you know a, a, a food fight that's got the disco monitor mm-hmm. in it or something like, and those are you know some of these monitors are just very, very rare amongst these games that are rare. You know, some, some of the monitors are even more rare than the games themselves. Absolutely, so, yeah. So, very good advice. While you're inside the back of the game, uh, there, there's various and sundry other bits and pieces that you need to pay attention to. Look for the game boards, mm-hmm. uh, and we, we can talk for hours on end as to what the game boards look like because various hardware platforms, various manufacturers, it's all a little different. Suffice it to say, good visual inspection. Mm-hmm. Make sure the board isn't just sitting in the bottom of the cabinet leaned against the wall. Yep. I've brought games home uh, where that was the case, and fortunately I knew it and I dealt with it. Yep. I unplugged it. Yeah. Um, I've brought games home where – there was a factory holder of some type, mm-hmm. but the particular game that I had, for whatever reason, that, that holder was removed, and the game the game board was drywall screwed to the inside wall of the cabinet <laughs> oh with one screw. Yeah. You know, now sitting there in your basement, you know, the, the board isn't going to fall over, and it's not, you know, you don't really have a risk of of it hitting something else and or being a short or a problem bouncing down the road that's not probably going to work yeah. out real well so I, I mean Brent, what i what i typically do is i'll go ahead and pull the pcb or the game board out of the machine before i even load it yeah, yeah. i i have just gotten in that habit and if you do that um be prepared to uh to some, transport it accordingly that's right that's right and take pictures of how is how the you know how all the cables were hooked up and things mm-hmm. like that so yeah so while you're in the back of the game um Look for the power supply and the transformer blocks. Uh, again, that can vary by manufacturer. That could vary by, well, this was a such and such, and now it's converted to this. So mm-hmm. uh, that, you know, I may have had this in here when it was a Pac-Man, but now it's been converted to some other game and this is gone. Okay. So it, it's a visual thing. See what's in there with the game off mm-hmm. and make sure everything is bolted down. Yeah. Now, uh, now, let me ask you this, Brent. What do you typically do about your power cords? What it depends on the game. Okay. All right. Some cabinets you can actually 
uh, take the back door off. Mm-hmm. The power cord will have, uh, for lack of a better term, like a little collar on it that's, yeah. that is slid into a, a channel mm-hmm. at, at the at the lip of the back door. You can just lift it right out of that, roll it up, set it in the bottom. Yeah. Other cabinets, like a Nintendo, uh-huh. they have a little recess in the back door. You got the little cubby hole. Little cubby hole. Yeah. You can wind the cord up, stuff it in there. Yeah. In situations like those, that, those guys were thinking ahead. Brent. Well, here, here's what I don't like about that. All right, you can you can store it, and if you were an operator and you were running a route and you were uh, you had trucks designed set up to transport games all over town all day long, mm-hmm. you're not you're not doing like the typical collector where you're moving one or two games, and um, and we'll get into this a little bit here on down the road. Um, we tend to, you know, I tend to travel, and uh, you just mentioned it, with the game on its back. Yes. Well, you've got that exit point of that cord. Yeah. So even if it's tucked in the cubby, you know, that might work for an operator who's going to stand it up in a truck, make new right. games. That's right. And he's all rigged to strap it standing and cart it. Uh-huh. Typical collector isn't rigged that way. No. So we have transport on the back. Yeah. So when you get in a situation where the power cord... Uh, won't tuck inside the cabinet. You just have to account for that. Either tuck it in a cubby or uh, secure it around the game. And uh, uh, when you go to lay it down, don't slide it. Realize it's there. Otherwise, you're going to end up shearing it off. You shear the cord, and then, then you're into one more thing to fix. Repair number one is going to be a new power cord. Yeah, It's typically the first repair I do to almost all my games. So, um, so take a look at the power supplies. Take a look at the transformers. Uh, good idea to give a quick visual of any connectors you see edge connectors see if anything is just kind of barely hanging you know push on the edge connector on the board make sure you got good contact and it, like whitney said you know take a picture we've all got cell phones if yeah. you're not familiar with a game yeah take snap a picture of the of the way the board's plugged up yes yes it's it it is more common than not to move a game, I don't care if it's across your basement, yes, and have something happen, and you end up having to reseat an edge connector. Uh, yeah, I know. I know. So it's, it's tough. If you haven't gone through uh, um, some, you know, some of the games that are known for high failure rates, like Pac-Man, some of the Ataris, mm-hmm. where you get dodgy edge connectors due to just the age of the games, mm-hmm. it you can move a game across the floor and you've you've jiggled it, it just it goes, enough it goes from working done. to non yeah working to non exactly you know, the real fix is to repin the connector and correct <laughs> it but even even with a quality uh a well-maintained quality piece uh-huh. if you're moving it several miles around the corner across yeah. the country yeah you know, it, it's it, it it's gonna it can it's gonna happen. It, it is so going to happen. That's if you're, exactly if right. If you're not familiar with it, take your cell phone out, snap a picture. Yeah. Now, let me ask you this, Brent. You know, we talk about moving games, you know, flat, and then moving games upright. I mean, does does it hurt a game to move it on its back? I mean, are I mean, are you doing the game any damage no. by by doing that? I mean, I've heard some people say, "Well, I'll I'd never move a game other than moving it upright. That's the only way to, you know, it's the only way to, to transport them." I've never I've never seen it as a problem myself. I've never what's ha- your experience? I have never had a problem with it. Yeah. Okay. Just we ever had like any monitor, you know, degaussing issues or something after no, you flip them back up straight? I have not had any problems. Okay. I've not had any problems. Okay. Cool. Not That's at all. That's good to know. It, it kind of a related note the you know once you've kind of got the monitor degaussed if you've got a mag uh, an issue 
magnetically mm-hmm. um it, you're you're good to go as you move it through I'm trying to think of a way to explain this without getting in an entirely different segment, but <laughs> I, I tell you where I tend to have here here's a quick aside on 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 uh magnetic fields and monitors i have ten i tended to notice the most problem with in in my arcade yeah vertically mounted monitors okay and and my half educated guess is is that essentially it's a television that was designed to be horizontal uh-huh, but it's flipped on its side it's flipped it's, on its side it's instead you know, yes you know so uh it, the way it interacts with the magnetic field of the earth is a little different than intended yeah so i i have actually had monitors that if i put them in a certain location in my basement they or my game room wherever i was at the time yeah i would have a a, a uh, an issue and i would have to degauss them yeah. and if i move them to the original back to the original location it would i'd have the problem again and i'd have to do it and I, yeah. i've had some monitors that i could turn 90 degrees and they would go all wonky yeah yep. move it in their magnetic field yeah and they're fine and then they're fine moving yeah. back 90 degrees so it in i guess where i'm going is if you lay it on its back and you turn it on it's probably gonna look all squirrely yeah well and, and the reason yeah. i ask that question is because you but know, if you set it up right you know it, it's yeah. back to its quote unquote natural position exactly exactly so i you know i was i was just thinking about that because it's like well i don't think that you know i don't think that a lot of people would fire them up on its back but depending upon you know where you moved it from and where you moved it to it may look really washed out you know for the first few minutes or the first couple power Mm -hmm. cycles and just not not to be worried about that right you know um while you're in the back if there's any any large pieces of trash go ahead and pull it out Yes. You know, I, I know that there's been some comical threads on KLOV. What's what's the wildest thing you've ever found in the bottom of a video game? <laughs> and I tell you, this 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 doesn't line up with uh, some of the things that some people have found. But uh, I, I've got a Robotron. I go to get the Robotron. It was uh, well, about an hour out of town. Go go pick it up. Nice nice enough lady. Yeah. You can tell she it was it was left over from a marriage. She oh, knew okay. nothing about it. I was going to ask. So the lady had a Robotron. Yeah. Yeah. I it, I, I questioned okay. that. It seemed kind of odd. You okay. know, just it's, not. You know, that's okay. Ladies can have Robotrons. I mean, I, I just I just I'm envi- down with that. I just envisioned this lady just sitting <laughs> just railing on them joysticks. No, man. Just, no, it was just it was kind of a leftover. Okay. You know? Fair enough. And uh, um, so. I go to open the back of it up, and she looked. She didn't even know the back opened up. And I oh, said, "Well, you how know, about it?" And here I am. I'm going through my little mental checklist. Yeah. I, I don't know the game. It's not my game. I don't want to. I don't want to move it. Yeah. I know it's here. Yeah. Um. I don't want to move it, and then I paid for it, and it's broke, and I did it. It's, yeah. It's more broke than it already was. Yeah. And I, and I looked at her, and I just said, "Well, you never know what's in the back of these. You find all kinds of stuff. I just want to make sure there's nothing in here that's not going to bounce around." And she looked at me like I was just the strangest person <laughs> in the world, until I reached into the back of the game that she owned, and I handed, pulled out and handed her a fire extinguisher. Yeah, that was in the game. Yeah, and then she understood. And then yeah. I can continued to hand her other pieces of metal stuff st- rolls of tape yeah you know all kinds of fun stuff and it, it, it resulted in her wheeling a trash can over yeah wow. so how about it uh she had no idea that was in there now if i had put that in the back of my truck and laid it down i'd have had you know a fire extinguisher a metal bodied fire extinguisher rolling around in the back of it doing 
who knows what kind of damage. Well, on those games, the PCBs are mounted to the back door anyway. Yep. So, so it would have just trashed. It would have trashed. Trashed it. the game. It could have gotten. It could have rolled up and gotten into the the neck of the monitor. Oh yeah, yeah. So easy, easy. Something to um, something to definitely you know keep in mind. All right, so. W- one of the things I was going to touch on, Whitney, next was power cords. I think we've already. Yeah. You no. Know, now we're at the point where, all right, let's we're going to move the game. Okay. So is it time to wrap it up? It's, yet? T- it's time to kind of start sealing it up. Oh, okay. We boy, we've, I've got some stuff oh, to, to to go on this deal. We've looked it over on the outside. We've looked it over on the inside. We've we've uh, we've dealt with the power cord. You okay. know, we've made sure that there's nothing hanging out of it. Now, yeah. now, you know, there's a couple tools. There's a couple tools of the trade involved in in uh, um and how to actually do this okay. so now that we've made our assessment let's let's secure it if we've got anything to address let's do it let's lock the control panel down let's let's pull the coin box the cash box out of it yeah check it yeah. for money check it for money yeah pull the cash box out of it uh whitney and i've already mentioned and you know folks have asked we will transport them on their back mm-hmm they weren't necessarily made like that. So that cash box can come loose, bounce around inside the cabinet, take the monitor out. That's exactly right. Check the coin mechs. Yeah. Um, I've got, uh, for example, I've got a, a midway cabinet over here. The way the monitor mounts in it, the neck is very, very close to the door. If it's uh, picture it laying on its back and you're looking down in the coin door. Mm-hmm. It's not a hard stretch to find the back of the monitor. Okay. That mech comes loose, which I've had happen. It could drop. And, you know, I've I've moved this game, like, to Expo before here in town, Louisville Arcade Expo, and uh, I've done it multiple times. I've moved the game, and the last time I moved it, I heard a clunk, and that clunk was followed with a little sinking feeling in the pit of my stomach, thinking I knew what it was. I knew it was a coin mech. Yeah, and I knew where the monitor was. Hey, that's interesting. I just wouldn't think about CoinMex taking out a monitor, you know. But that, I mean, but yeah, that, that is that's valid. Though. If you think of, uh, the, it's not a Pac-Man cabinet, but think of a Pac-Man cabinet with that that monitor very low. Yeah, they 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 sit almost they, they sit almost on the horizon. Line. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, they're sitting pretty much flat. So if you if you were to actually look in that coin door and as the cabinet sits and peer up just ever so slightly you're not far away from the neck okay and that's the way this 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 cabinet i'm talking about is a domino man which yeah, is domino man um that's rare, a rare game and it, the same cabinet is a uh, a journey so yeah. you know you don't want to bring home your your nice new journey and you know in a, pieces a, a four dollar <laughs> metal coin coin mech take out your monitor take out your monitor yes so secure the game yeah the back door you know uh Screw it shut, lock it shut, mm-hmm. whatever you can do to shut it. What other front doors are on it? You know, some games have multiple front doors. Yeah. Um, I've got a, a, a Gore, for example, that's a, a European cabinet, and it's got a lower cash box door. You know, this is stuff that you want to be, consider as you're moving things that can open up, things that can that can, where, where pl- things can go awry. Yeah. Uh, some of the some of the title cabs they have lower cash box doors. Yep. Yeah, well, and a lot of the Williams uh, cabs do as well. They, you know, they they'll they'll have a you know a cash box under underneath the, or the uh, uh, underneath the, the coin door. The so a lot of the Ataris are the same yeah. way. Yeah. So uh, I know it, it it seems common sense, but 
a lot of people don't think about it. Just realize what's in there. If there's cash box in it, pull it out. Uh, I don't know how many games you've ever brought home, Whitney, where, uh, well, I had a, I, when I got the game from such and such, I had a spare joystick and that's in the cash box yeah. or w- whatever. Well, that can become a projectile bouncing down the road inside, yeah. inside the cabinet. Yep. So, um, had a set of keys do that actually. Oh, did you? Yeah. And keys you would think would not be that destructive, but they're small and they'll fit, they'll fit in just about any place inside that cabinet and they have a pointed end on them. Mm -hmm. And so whatever they strike, either they're going to hit the blunt side or the sharp side. And yeah, they, I mean, they can do damage as well. So, so that brings up a point, um, I'll jump ahead here while and go ahead and mention why I'm thinking about it. When you get the game home, mm-hmm. once it's there, before you plug it in and turn it on, mm-hmm. open it up and inspect it again. <laughs> you bet. Because keys, pennies, quarters, short paper it clips, out, short it out quicker than anything that that are wedged under you know pieces of blocking or other pieces of wood, you know, behind some coin vault. If you change the orientation of the game from where it's been naturally, they will all find their way out, and it's not uncommon to find its way in uh, in the board sets and the power supplies. Uh, I'll, I'll give a quick example. I had a, a actually, I think it's the Gorf that's here in my arcade. For those that aren't familiar with it, the board sets in a cage, mm-hmm. so you've got a series of boards that slide into a rack. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't recall what prompted me to have to pull one of the boards out at one point in time. I know I had it on. I was troubleshooting and it already had the game on several times. I was working my way through and uh, uh, I pull a board out of the card rack and I hear a noise. Of course, power was off. I look <laughs> down inside the rack and laying inside the rack is the tab off the back of a lock. Oh, oh my gosh. It was sitting wedge down and fortunately it wasn't touching anything so you're talking about like the little metal cam piece the little that, metal cam piece yeah. it was the tab that that lock re, that comes over and locks in behind Got the it. coin door or the Got back it. door so yep. somewhere along the line someone had taken that off it had dropped either straight in the card rack or it had dropped in the game and when i moved it, it ended up in the card rack mm. that would have been fun to find you know if it caused a problem i got lucky yeah you know i got really lucky there so you know perfect example of i've done this a million times i know how to do this well there's always a couple things to maybe (laughs) think about you know yes there is so whitney you mentioned wrap it up here's uh something near and dear to something near and dear to his heart near and dear to mine so you're going to need a couple tools and you know don't go into this blindly you got to you got to think about not just what I've discussed, but how you're actually physically going to move the game. Yep. So you really kind of need to come prepared. And here, here's what I like to do. I keep uh, in my truck uh, moving blankets. Mm-hmm. Good place to get those is Harbor Freight if you've got one local. Yep. Keep an eye out on their sale ads. If you've never been into Harbor Freight, if you're not on their mailing list, if you walk in the front door, every Harbor Freight I've ever been into, uh, the Broken Dolkin podcast is is not <laughs> not affiliated, affiliated with Harbor Freight. <laughs> not at all. Um, their moving blankets are on sale all the time. and Usually, they're, usually on the left-hand side. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, usually off the back left-hand side of the store. Yeah. Um, and their sale ads are always available on a stack right inside the door with all yeah. the coupons. Yeah. I keep a stack of them in my truck. Yeah. Okay. okay. They're 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 really good padding, cheap insurance. Yeah. Earlier I'd mentioned you know some things protruding from the back of the cabinet, like say you've got a a, a lock that that wants to hang out quite a bit. 
hey, take a moving blanket, double, triple fold it, wrap it, put it around the back of the game. Okay. Mm -hmm. How do you secure it? Another one of my big, big go-tos is stretch wrap. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yes, sir. If for those not familiar with it, uh, if you've ever seen a pallet come into like one of your big box stores while they're doing stocking and it's wrapped in what looks like cellophane. Saran wrap. Saran wrap. Yeah. Stretch wrap. Yeah. So you can get stretch wrap at, at, uh, most of your big box stores at mm-hmm. your walmarts um u-haul sells it u-haul well. sells it yeah now here here's I, i've seen on the consumer side a couple different variations and uh what you typically find it, it i guess like at a u-haul or a moving supply store it's not a very long roll the the core extends out past the width of the stretch wrap and it acts as a handle mm-hmm. i i've I'm not a fan of that. What I tend to use is what you can get. It's a kind of a bump up from that. It, it gets into the industrial side. And usually it's 1,500 foot rolls. It's yeah. about 18 inches wide. Yeah. The core, uh, the heavy cardboard core is, I don't know, Whitney, what, about five inches? Yeah. Pro- five probably inches probably diameter? Around, yeah, probably around that. It, it, it tends to be much heavier. Yeah. And... Uh, uh, it doesn't have a handle, so what I'll do with it is I'll just wear a pair of gloves. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what are we going to do with a stretch wrap? Couple scenarios: perfect day, mm-hmm. all right, beautiful sunny day. I will still stretch wrap a game to a degree. Oh yeah, you, yeah, know, you have to to some degree. Yeah, if nothing else, just to protect the back that it's going to be sitting. Exactly. On. Yeah, uh, I'll typically focus on uh, I'll wrap around the head and lock that marquee in. So okay. it doesn't come whipping out, yep. even though I think it's secure. I'll run a couple wraps around the central portion of the game where the bezel is to kind of protect it, especially if it's glass, you know, in case something kind of um, uh, something finds its way in the back of the truck or in the back of the trailer or wherever. Give it a little protection. Okay. Coin door won't stay closed. There's no lock. Whatever's going on with it. There's no lock on the back door. Run some stretch wrap around it. Um That'll hold your coin door closed. That way it's not flapping in the breeze. It'll hold the back door on it. Back doors are pretty important if you're going to move a game. Uh, they add a lot of structure to the game. Mm-hmm. If you if you pull a back door off of most games, you can rock the cab left to right. You can see the whole cab kind of, kind of rack, if you will. The bottom will stay pretty stable, but the sides will want to travel left to right, and it'll shift. That back door helps to tie the, the integrity of the cabinet together. So um, it's a good idea to make sure, oh, here's the back door. Well, just don't throw it in the truck next to the game. Shrink wrap it to the game. Oh, yes. Yes. So, yeah. Number two is bad weather. Yeah. So here's where shrink wrap can be your friend if used properly. <laughs> I didn't use it properly, Brent. I had to learn how to use it properly. <laughs> so let me tell you how I did it. Okay. I do it. And uh, um, then Whitney can tell you how not to do it. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so... Weather's going to be bad. I tend to also kind of keep a couple tarps. Yeah. As much uh, as I hate dealing with tarps. Yeah. A couple can't tarps. Stand them. Um, uh, Harbor Freight, yet again, you mm-hmm. know, local big box store. Now, a lot of times what I do, depending on how I have to transfer the game, uh, I'll pre-plan in my head how the game is going to be, how, how the game is going to be transferred. If I'm going to move it upright, and I'll get into that a little bit, or if I'm going to do it laying down. If I'm going to do it laying down, I'll take the tarp. I'll tarp the front of the game. Mm-hmm. I'll shrink wrap the game. Mm-hmm. All right. What I like to do is I'll start in the middle, 
if no, if you've never used a shrink wrap, it'll actually stick to itself. So once you get the first course on, yeah, it'll stick to itself. Yeah, once once you've wrapped it like once or once and a half, you're good to go. You're good to go. Yeah. So here's a little tip on it too. Um, and I actually, when I was in college, I worked in a warehouse, so I had to. I actually would shrink wrap an entire shipping dock full of uh, uh, supplies for the company that I worked for that we shipped the next day. So I, I got really used to doing this. And I've seen folks that have been in this hobby much longer than I watch me wrap a game. And they're like, that's how you do it. I've never done it this way. Yeah. I always, they'll loosely drape the game in shrink wrap. Once you get the, once you get the first course on and you're golden and it starts to stick, wear gloves, put your fingers in, in the core of that shrink wrap yeah and then right as you come to the edge of the game like as you go around the side grab it a little tight so that it doesn't roll pull it about another four or five inches to put some you know put some tension on it and then cross the corner of the game yeah go along the next edge say it's the back right right before you wrap around grab it pull it four or five inches traverse the corner go all the way around like that to keep it nice and tight yeah all right. That way, um, you don't. Uh, first of first of all, you can you can use a lot less shrink wrap, and, and you really seal the game up. So, in uh, bad weather, yeah. Well, I'll kind of start in the middle of the game, and uh, I tend to run up, go ahead, grab the marquee area, and then pretty much I'll shoot toward the bottom. And if I've got someone that can help me. I'll have them tilt the game the opposite direction of the side that I'm on. So say I'm doing the back. I'll have them tilt it forward so that I could wrap or lap a couple inches of shrink wrap under the bottom of the game. Okay. Basically seal up that bottom lip of the game. I'll go around the bottom a couple times and get a couple good layers on there, and I'll have them walk the game around helping me out as I go. Now, if you're doing the shrink wrap that I mentioned earlier, like you tend to get like at a at a, a U-Haul with the handles, it's as silly as it sounds. You, if you see it in practice, you can't really do that because you, you that extension, it just that the angle doesn't work. Yeah, what what I typically have to do, Brent, is uh, shrink wrap all but the bottom of the game, and then once the game is like laying laying on the tailgate of the truck, then come, come back, back and, and pick sh- it up and, and pick up the bottom. Yeah, th- those. I mean, handles are kind of nice, but you're right. You 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 run out of room. You run quick. out of room. Yeah. Uh, I find, like I said, with the with the fifteen hundred foot rolls, by the time you you find a, a shipping supply place in your town mm-hmm. and you pick them up, I usually buy them a case at a time. Usually, it's four in a case. I'm much better off price wise than I am buying something at like a U-Haul or a yeah. moving store. Yeah, I mean it's good for a pinch. Yeah, but uh, uh, a little planning save you a lot of a lot of problems. Yeah, okay. So I'll. Uh, uh, now that I'm at the bottom of the game, I'll work my way up in overlapping courses. Uh, think of shingles on a roof. Yeah, okay. You start, if you've ever seen anyone roof, they'll start at the bottom and they'll work their way up. And as they go, each row above overlaps the row on the bottom. Okay. All right. So the idea is, is that if you get in terrain, the rain will literally just flow right down the side of that shrink wrap. Okay. If you start at the top and go down, the a row uh, a wrap below an upper layer is where your overlap is, and you almost think of, you almost produce like a funnel. You know, all of your open edges face up. Okay. And that will bring the water right into the game. All right. So, 
start at the bottom, overlapping as I go up, up, up. And then once I get to the top, uh, it's a matter of depending on the shape of the game, I usually wrap from the upper back to the kind of mid monitor area front and try to seal in and catch the natural overhang of the game. Okay. okay? Think of like, um, it works real well with like a defender or a centipede, a lot of your Ataris where the header area has an overhang and you can catch that rapid tight as can be. Now here's another little secret End the shrink wrap on the back of the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nine times out of ten, I'm transporting on the back. I'll take that shrink wrap. I'll actually extend it out maybe two or three foot past the game, tear it off, and I'll tuck it uh, into one of those overlapping courses, seal it up in there. If uh, um, What you don't want to do is you try not to try not to end the shrink wrap so that that side of the game is, quote-unquote, in the wind. Yeah. Because what will end up happening is that the wind will find that little tail. Yeah. Pull it all apart. Pull it all apart, and a couple miles down the road, you will be a shrink wrap comet. Yeah. In in a lot of scenarios, I've just had to um, take packing tape with me, just clear, like, you know, uh, packing tape that you get at, like, the UPS store or whatever, or, you know, Walmart, you know, Target, wherever, and then... If I have to end the shrink wrap on the front of the game or wherever it's going to, you know, get in in the wind or be subjected to wind, I'll just take the packing tape and run run over the shrink wrap and just kind of, I guess, for lack of a better term, you know, just tape the shrink wrap the shrink wrap down. So there's a perfect example of hey, I've done this a million times, yeah, and I know how to do this. I never thought of that. Yeah, it works like jam, dude. So yeah. So now I know you've you've kind of learned the hard way about. Oh my gosh, Brent. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, so this is one of those scenarios where, you know, you might as well just go ahead and talk about it because it, as embarrassing as it is, I know there's a lot of people out there who who have to be able to relate to this, or at least I hope they do, Brent. Otherwise, the hate mail I'm going to get is going to be, you know, just insane. <laughs> but I had, um, I learned the whole shrink wrap lesson the hard way, dude. And I, w- I had sold a game. And I'll get into what game it is just here in a minute after I get this all set up, okay? Because uh, it's this. This is the worst case scenario. It's this not. Is definitely you didn't. Case. You didn't buy a game for yourself oh, no. and then come home heartbroken. No, I sold it to someone, transported it for them, and created a way bigger problem than what I started with. Okay. So, like I say, this was this was fairly on in my collecting days. I had um, I had come across a particular game that. Uh, I got for a good price, but it wasn't a game that I was that I was ever intent on truly keeping. I guess I, I was kind of enamored with it to start with, but it just didn't have the staying power for me, you know. So, so the title just wasn't something that that I was necessarily in love with. Whole different lesson to talk about from a collecting standpoint. Okay, there's a lesson there just in and of itself. What I wound up doing though is I had sold this game to another collector tremendous guy as it turns out he was very understanding about this but it was a game that he had been wanting for a long long time as as it turned out and um, i'm sensing double heartbreak it was double heartbreak um 
so the way that this wound up working out is I had shrink wrapped this thing to kingdom come, Brent. I mean, it just, it, it was, it, it looked like, it looked like two mummies taped on top of each other with a, with a mummy thrown on top for good measure, you know? And I mean, I, I had shrink wrapped it well. Okay. The problem is, is that I did not account for the monsoon that was going to just literally pound that game in between my house and his house. And I had to cross the state line and everything. And somebody may ask, well, why were you transporting a game for him across the state line? Well, I was doing a pickup at the same time. So we were doing some horse trading, for lack of a better term. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so so I was taking this game up to him. And um, I had my trailer. I had the game on the trailer and everything like that. And, uh, you know, checking the weather, everything looked like it was going to be fairly good. Uh, it started to get a little dicey around his house, about a half an hour outside of his house. And uh, it just turned from kind of dicey to bad. And the game just got pounded, okay, pounded by rain. So you got within 30 minutes of your goal. 30 minutes of the goal, and the game just got literally the pounded by water, okay? And, Brent, there's nothing you can do. I mean, I've got an open truck. I mean, I've got, mm-hmm. you know, I've got a a small four wheel drive truck. And, um, and so, uh, that, you know, it wasn't, it wouldn't have mattered whether the game was in the truck or on the trailer. Okay. Uh, maybe the body of the truck would have shielded it somewhat from the water, but by and large, it was, it was going to get hammered. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so we, uh, we get up to our destination and the game, the game's wet. The, the game, you know, the, I didn't know the game was wet, but of course the shrink wrap was was beaded. Water was beaded everywhere. Mm-hmm. And this game was MDF. Was you know the the cabinet was MDF, and and so you start to get that sinking feeling when you see all the water droplets in it in it as you're cutting the cabinet open. Mm. And of course, um, water had collected in the back. Okay, so the entire back of the game was swollen. All right. And uh, he he took it well. I mean, I mean, he understood what was going on. But you know, fortunately, you know. So was it just the back door, or was it actually the the back edges of the it's, sides? It's the back edges of the sides. I mean, it was cauliflower. I mean, it looked like cauliflower, Brent. It oh. had, it had just soaked up so much water that um, that now that was it, this on its, its back? Yeah, it was on its back. Okay, so. So here's the thing. So what I'll offer to the whole uh, to, to the whole hauling on its back scenario is that if you have any any inkling of there being rain, okay, take something, okay, with you to where you can where you can suspend the game up off of the surface that it's riding on okay so so for me what i what i have started to do okay is take uh just a couple of um a couple of two by sixes okay or two by fours mm-hmm. or what have you or even if you have a pallet a pallet's awesome if yep. you've got an old pallet you can use you can lay the game on the two by fours or two by sixes or lay them on the pal lay the game on the pallet and then let the pallet ride on the truck or ride on the trailer and what that does is that allows all the all the the rain that may hit that game and what happened to me is it pooled Okay, it pulled it, in the bed of the truck. Pulled in the bed, or pulled on the bed of the trailer, truck. and so once once it once it got in once it 
once the game was sitting in enough water, it seeped in, and then it started to wreak havoc on the game. Whereas if the game had been uh, up on a pallet or up on some wood or something, to where there, to where the water had an opportunity to run out and to shear out, then. Uh, I may not have been able to 100% prevent this, but I could have, I, I wholeheartedly feel that I could have pre- prevented, you know, at least 85 to 90% so, of it. So in, a, in effect, what you're describing is, is you want to build a gap between a the gap. bed of the truck. Yeah. You want to build a little, you want the game on a bridge as opposed to in the stream. That's exactly right. And that's what I ran into. And, uh, you know, I felt really bad for, for the guy because, you know, here I'd hauled this, you know, he had been looking for this game for years. We struck the deal, got it up there, and, um, and you know, Brent, I had to give him some money back on the game. I mean, he wound up keeping it, but I had to do the, you know, you, you got to do, do the right thing. You got to do the right thing. So I wound up, you know, giving him some money back on, on the game. And, you know, for anybody, for everybody that wants to know what this was, and, I, you know, I could hear the collective groans so, just starting so some, now. somewhere out there, if you find this title uh, that he is about to mention, yeah. and the back of it looks like it's laid in a stream, <laughs> yeah. you know where it originated. Yeah. Yeah, you know, send your hate mail to Whitney. So no, Brent, this this was a this was a crazy climber. My life was ruined forever. And you know, yeah, a a, a, a tato or a tato tato, however you want to say that, a crazy climber, and uh, mm-hmm. a, a fairly rare game for what it is. And uh, you know, dude, I'll tell you what, I killed it. I killed it. Now the game still worked fine, you know. I mean, electrically and, and all of that, it was it was fine. But uh, fortunately, fortunately, this individual is uh, very good at doing uh, cabinet reproductions, and so um, he, he it wasn't a deal breaker for him because he was wanting to put the game into a plywood cabinet instead of uh, instead of it staying inside of an MDF cabinet. Mm-hmm particle board cabinet kind of accelerated his timeline it, it just, what it is it, what it did is it accelerated his timeline and um it, it just created a situation where what he bought is not what he got okay yeah. and and i did and I you felt, made right on it I, I i made as right as i as i possibly knew how to make it so you know it was it was a, a tough lesson to learn but what it taught me was that uh, you know, wrapping a game in a tarp and then sh- and then stretch wrap. Well, actually, stretch wrap, then tarp, then stretch wrap, is not a bad thing to do. It's very time consuming. Or it just stretch wrap the living daylights out of it and then put the game on something mm-hmm. to where it gets some airflow underneath of it. That that would have that would have helped me tremendously, tremendously. So that you know, Brent, I, you know, like I say, I, I can hear everybody just cringing <laughs> over. Good gosh, he killed a game. It's episode number two, and he's talking he's already, about, and he's already killed a crazy climber. <laughs> yeah, I did. It's it's going down. It. It's going it's downhill gone. from here on, folks. Yeah. So you know, you know, throttle on me all you want, but. <laughs> It happens, okay. And take, I'm sh- take it as a lesson. Take it as a lesson, and I'm sure that don't other make people, the same mistake. You never, you can never make the same mistake twice. Fortunately, though, he was able to use the cabinet as the template for for creating the plywood cabinet. Okay, mm-hmm. so it didn't die in vain. It just died an early death. It just died an yeah, early it death. Died young. It just died young. Yeah, that's exactly right. So I guess it turned out about as good as it could, but it still didn't turn out uh, well. well. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's it. So the lesson learned there, and, and you know, I've been in the same situation, Whitney. I've I've had to go and make a a, a two hour trip 
you know, yeah. two and a half hour trip. And it was the weekend that it had to happen. I knew the weather was terrible. <laughs> and in, in, in my situation, um, I was hauling in a truck bed yeah. and I went ahead and I, I went the full bore. I, okay. I tarp, I, I'm up to, to take your mummy analogy. Yeah. I mummified the game. Yeah. I tarped it. Yeah. Um, I, uh, uh shrunk wrap it. Yeah. I, you know, I tarped it from the bottom. I tarped yeah. it from, uh, consider it on its back. Yep. Bottom top. Yep. So two layers overlapping, uh, covered it in shrink wrap. Yeah. Um, that was Brent talking with his hands. That everybody. was me talking with my hands hitting the mic. <laughs> I, I, I don't know if you've all picked up on the on the uh, conjugation of shrink, which yes. you know shrunk, shrink, uh, shrunk, shrink, rapid, shrink, yeah. shrunk, shrunk, yeah. Uh, welcome to Kentucky. Exactly. And uh, um, and I suspended it on on two by fours. Okay. Because I figured that you're a wise man. You know, I figured that by the time I put that game in there, yeah, I've got there's there's ridges in the bed of the truck to let water flow out, but I've also put basically a pretty good sized dam in there with that cabinet yeah, yeah so there's not enough space to let the water flow especially See, for the rain that was expected and, and at that point man once you get to speed and, and everything like that if, and as long as the water can even if it hits it as long as it has somewhere to shear off of it rather than collect yeah dude you're good you're good you're good you can, so, you could drive through something at 70 miles an hour and getting pelted fairly decently as long as you know that uh, number one, it it can't get through the shrink wrap or the stretch wrap, and it won't pull at the bottom. Chances are you're good. Okay. Yeah. So, um, uh, the tools of the trade. You know, we talked a little bit about shrink wrap. We've yeah. also, you know, we've talked a little bit about the the mental tool, so to speak. Yeah. Another big thing is a dolly. Okay. Now, uh, that, I've seen that come up time after time over the years. How, how can I move this? Can I, yeah. can two or three guys move a game? Yeah, you can brute force just about anything. You can you can you and a buddy, you and two buddies, depending on what it is. Can, and you'll hurt yourself. Yeah, you'll hurt yourself. Yeah, you can tilt it. You can move it. Uh, uh, I've kind of uh, done the old kind of coffin carry. I'm sure everyone. Oh yeah, has seen you kind of hold it on its on its back, like almost as if it was a coffin. I know it's a little morbid, and feed it a game into an SUV or feed yeah. it into the. Um, how do you, how you get it there? You know how. Start thinking about a dolly. Yeah. And if, you, you need to spend good yeah, on a dolly. You need to spend good. You got to spend good on a dolly. So uh, I use um, I, I use one of three dollies, and depending on the situation, I may use two or I may use three to get a piece to its final location. Okay. Um, I've got a kind of a what, what everyone would know as a typical hand truck mm-hmm. with uh, a, a rather heavy-duty one with uh, heavy-duty pneumatic tires. Okay. Now that's good to move stuff it, it, around my property. Yeah, you know where I'm dealing. I've got a, rel- a relatively long driveway from the house to the to the uh, um, uh, garage, so I can use that. I can traverse the driveway. It's not gravel, but it's not necessarily perfectly even. Yeah. So uh, it takes a little bit of skill because the size of the tire. If you think about it from a, a leverage point of view, the the tire moves the axle in such a way that it takes quite a bit of strength because that axle is farther up off the ground to pivot that game back and you've got to control it mm-hmm. and your typical hand truck, you know, uh, doesn't have straps like a moving dolly or, or refrigerator dolly. Mm-hmm. So if, if I'm using that, I'm very careful of what I'm doing. Um, I take a lot of time and a lot of times i'll take uh, uh an everyday ratchet strap and i'll use that and i'll strap the game to the dolly yeah 
Now that comes in really handy. I've I've taken games to friends in their home, and it made sense to use a pneumatic tire dolly on their flooring. Mm-hmm. You know, even a it, well, it's it's a rubber tire on a on a, an appliance dolly. That's not going to hurt anything. Those rubber tires, just take a look at them. If you've got one of those dollies, or if you get one, you have it for any period of time. If there's a little rock. It will embed itself in that hard rubber tire. Mm-hmm. So you go into a friend's house or you've you've your house, mm-hmm. and you roll that across the floor, and you look down, and you've got this repeating pattern of this little pock mark yeah. that's from this little stone in your your nice floor. Yeah. So uh, um, the pneumatic tire dolly is very helpful, especially uh, I've used it a lot for uh, um, uh, stairs with uh, uh, that where they're nice hardwood steps. You know, so that you can traverse the lip and you don't tear them up with like a stair climber or something like that on an appliance dolly. Yeah, yeah. Dolly two appliance dolly. Uh, prepare to spend. You know, I have for the longest time gotten away with uh, not a low end, but not a super high end appliance dolly. You can get them at most big box stores under hundred fifty dollars. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know that we have mentioned Harbor Freight on the podcast a couple times, and I like it as much as I love it, mm-hmm. and. Um, one of the things I've noticed about some of the dollies at, at some of the discount stores around town is is the stair climbers, which are, if you look at the back of an appliance dolly, it it almost looks like a belt on mm-hmm. either side of it the does. body. Yeah, like a little track. A little track. Yeah. And those are used as... Tank tracks or Like something. a tank track, yeah. exactly. So as you, as you traverse a step, you ride on that belt, and that belt will slip and mm-hmm. allow you to not just drag down the step. It gives you some movement. Yeah. Uh, a a good slash decent appliance dolly that will there will be rollers that will you know there will be a mechanism to allow that track to move okay on your cheaper ones it's just like a metal form <laughs> and there's no rollers there's no wheels yeah. and you're it's, tearing up more than you're, you're solving. tearing up more than you're solving yeah you know and you it, it you end up using the stair climber to rip your stairs up yeah when it's supposed to be saving your stairs so Pay attention, you know, spend the couple extra dollars. It's worth it. You don't have to go super, super high in. Um, the third option is, um, I guess the equip, I guess what most folks would call a high, high end appliance dolly. Okay. And those typically are, you know, you've got a stair climber on it. You've got your hard, smaller rubber tires, Yeah. but they've got a third leg, a third, um, a leg, if you will. So you strap, they've generally have integrated straps, strap your, your piece on whatever it is, your refrigerator, or your video game, or your pinball mm-hmm. machine, you tilt it back, a leg will pop out and it becomes like a, 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 a four wheeled cart for lack of a better term. The leg will typically have two smaller casters on it. It will freestand on its own. Yeah, it's awesome. They're awesome. Yeah. They'll balance on their own. That's exactly where I was going with you that. You can cart it around with yeah. one hand. Or you, or you can set it on its back and walk away from it. Yeah, and, and it'll stand can, there. And it'll stand there in a reclined position, ready for you to pick it back up and to go again. Right. Yeah, it's awesome. Now, um, with whichever the dolly type is, don't get cocky with it especially oh no that dolly will whip you yeah that dolly will take you out yes yes it will um if you have a dolly that if you're using you know the standard hand truck type dolly or or a a midline kind of appliance dolly without the leg 
you'll find the sweet spot of the game where you can basically hold it with you know both hands and relative ease and move it along but it doesn't take a lot to get one side or the other that sweet spot and it's either pulling you over or it's coming over on you with the uh with the dollies with the with the drop down leg they don't do real well on uneven surfaces and you know you're you'll find out real quick that it'll the the piece will want to find uh, a way to the ground you know the the dolly will come out from underneath it so don't let the don't let the tool uh that you have give you a, a false sense of security you know be prepared get a little experience with it and even then still be careful with it well and and i think it's it's always important to note that you should have a friend helping you oh yeah because, absolutely because brent there's been many times where uh yeah yeah i have friends with me that you know for the bulk of the move okay but when it comes time to actually get it down in my basement mm-hmm. you know maybe we get home late that night or whatever sometimes you just wind up finding yourself you know you're doing this work alone yep. and you take some unnecessary risks and i've done it uh just just don't because yeah. it, it's not worth it and um just know your limits and, and definitely know your dolly because if you lose balance or or if you know if if um you know you lose you know track of thought and or you lose focus or something like that man that, that game i mean that, that game they can, will hurt you they will hurt you i have um and then this hobby isn't very fun like that you'd you'd mentioned a friend it, it ideally someone that has some experience yeah i, I have actually had a uh, an old i say old i mean look at look at the equipment that we mess with yeah older than what we're what we typically focus on i've had actually had an electromechanical uh upright arcade game mm-hmm. uh, pushed over on me and um th- they will put a hurt on you yes they will now that was a worst case scenario because those games tend to be larger than your typical video they're they're huge actually and they're like they're, a refrigerator yeah, man. they're huge they're huge and they they they're not like a you know a lot of people look at a video game and they're surprised at what's not in them because uh-huh. they're mainly airspace uh-huh. and, and they're heavy but they're it's mainly heavy. the cabinet yeah you get in those old ems and they're full of relays and a million miles of wire and um i'm sure they put lead in them just for fun <laughs> and you know i it's it's not enjoyable to be on the bottom side of them so you know no, pay attention not. to what you're doing take your time yeah. it's not worth the extra couple of minutes so yeah. one other point and i'd like to close out on and that's um that's 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 the actual transport okay you know, whitney mentioned bringing a friend with you um it comes it, they, a, a friend that, that that has a little experience a friend that you can work with take some time with uh comes uh, uh, comes in extremely handy when it comes time to put these in, in a truck or lift them up on a trailer. Mm-hmm. You know, you may only, if you've got a lower truck, you may only be going a foot or two, so to speak. But um, take your time. Yeah, be careful. Usually, the way I like to do it, uh, I'll get up in the bed of my truck, and uh, um, I will let the the tailgate take the load. I won't try to whoever's helping me pick the game up and actually set it in the truck will coordinate i'll pull they will push 
leave it on the dolly, let the dolly ride on the tailgate. Mm-hmm. Okay. And just expect if you're going to get into this, you know, you're going to do a little damage to your vehicle and that's, you know, that's oh, yeah. going to be part of it. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to eat up the inside of your truck over time. If you're using one of the, the nicer dollies with the drop legs, they are extremely heavy. Mm-hmm. My truck is a four-wheel drive, sits up pretty far off the ground. So if I'm going to load a game in the truck, it has to go on the the kind of your standard appliance dolly, just mm-hmm. from a weight perspective. Okay. It, it, there's there's a large difference in weight. In, in my particular situation, it, it, it's, a, it's a pretty big deal. We talked quite a bit about how to transport. If I'm doing a game or two games... I'll do it on. I'll do them on their back. Mm-hmm. I've got an eight foot bed on my truck. It's easy. I can swallow a couple videos in there. A couple pin. You know, if I could set a pinball down flat, okay. not a, not a problem. I don't have to worry about standing it up. If I'm doing one game or even two, the last game in the bed of the truck, I'll leave the dolly on it, and uh, I will strap it down with the dolly under it. There's no reason to take the dolly off, and that just makes it that much easier when I get it home. Okay. Um, that can also act as your brake, if you will, off the bed of the truck for, for bad weather. Okay. If I'm transporting more games than I can fit laying down in the truck, uh, three or more, say, in my situation, I'll do them standing up. I will only do games standing up in two situations. It's a big game like a driver, like with a 25-inch monitor, so to speak, and it doesn't lend itself to being laid down. I'll leave it on a dolly. How, put, how many of those do you get, though, Brent? I don't get a lot. Okay, I was going to ask. I've got I've got uh, a Vapor TRX, and I've got a uh, um, a uh, what's the boat game, Whitney? A, oh, is it uh, Hydro Thunder? I got a Hydro Thunder. Hydro Thunder, and baby. they are they are they're outside of my comfort zone. Yeah, me but too. They are they are huge. They're huge. They're outside of my genre of time. Yeah, but. You know, the a lot of the family likes them. Yeah, they're yeah. always big winners in the oh, game. They're, they're, they're crowd pleasers. Oh, yeah. They're so, crowd pleasers. There's no doubt about so that. So I like, I like to hang on to them. My, okay. My, the kids and the family love them, so that's good enough for yeah. me. Yeah. You know, they yep. get to enjoy them. That's right. I'll leave the dolly on those. I'll cart them. I'll transport them standing up, and then I'll use the dolly. The dolly is tied to the game with the dolly straps. Now, the dolly provides tie points where I can tie down to the truck bed or the trailer to go ahead and secure the game so i won't just tie to the game itself i'll use the dolly as a tie point all right um if i'm like i said if i'm if i'm doing three or more games your typical stand your your typical 19 inch arcade cabinets maybe 25s like a neo geo or something that effect i'll do them vertical Mm -hmm. i will tie them to one another yeah and then tie the whole lot to the bed of the truck or the trailer okay Here's Harbor Freight again. Yeah. Tarps or moving blankets between the games. Oh, yes. That great side or, art. Or cardboard. Or if cardboard. You, if, you, if you're, you know, if, if you're a man of, of not tremendous means. Yeah. But cardboard, cardboard awesome. Too. Yeah. If, if that side art looks great. Yeah. But if you, if you lash two games together and they rock themselves down the road for an hour, sandpaper, buddy. Yeah. They, they look well like they've eaten on each other. They look like they? they've eaten it on each other. Yeah. Here's something that, that I never noticed and a friend of mine pointed out to me uh how many games do you know that have bolts on the side like a nintendo Mm -hmm. you you lash a nintendo directly to i don't know a miss pac-man yeah well those bolt 
those bolt heads are going to start digging a little hole. Yes, they will. Yeah. You're yeah. going to have a divot yeah. where each of those bolts are in the side of your nice Miss Pac-Man. That's right. A little a piece of cardboard you picked up off the side of the road or a $7 moving blanket is going to eliminate all of that. That's exactly right. So Yeah, and I think a lot of this is, uh, you know, Brent, I think a lot of this is, is kind of common sense after you've seen it done. Yeah, after you've dug a hole after, in the side that, of your... That's, yes, or after you've completely trashed a crazy climber. Yeah, this this is... This gets this falls into the common sense scenario, but I think I think this is good because this is kind of like a this is kind of like one big PSA, you know, one big public service announcement on what to do and what not to do, mm-hmm. and hopefully this saves somebody some grief. Yeah, I, absolutely. I hope so let me add one more thing. Yeah, tie downs, quality tie downs. Ah, my favorite part of the discussion, man. Tie downs. Yes. Uh, don't cheap out on the tie downs, man, dude. That's where I was. That's that's what I was going to say. And no slam, no slam against Harbor Freight, okay, or Walmart or any you know Target or whatever. But you're not getting good tie downs from those places, man. Good, yeah. good ratchet straps there. You want good high quality. You got it. You got to you got to go good on the ratchet straps. Now, I personally like the actual ratchet type mm-hmm. straps there's a couple there's a um, i'm not even sure what you would call them but I, i've seen them quite a bit for lighter weight cargo where you've got just a little thumb release yes. and it's basically a little spring tension and some little teeth in it that yep. grab the strap and you just pull it tight and you're yep. done yep pull it tight and you're done I, I don't there's too much weight there's too much money involved here those those are no good yeah <laughs> for, for this use yeah anyway. you're, you're you're not carting around a couple a couple boxes of clothes no Get yourself some nice locking ratchet straps. I mean, we're talking about hauling some grails around, dude. Yes, so, absolutely. Yeah. Pay attention to where you, where you run the straps. Here's a, yeah. here's a good example. Right above the control panel on your average game, as the cabinet works its way up and runs right in the viewing area of the monitor, mm-hmm. think about that. That would for that four or five inches off the body of the cabinet, has no support. No, it's just there. That's right. You could literally ratchet strap right through that and cave it in and on, cave on, it on, in. on both sides absolutely yeah yeah what what i've had to do Brent, is you know if it's if it's a nice day and i'm just moving the game around town and i know there's no there's no need to you know to to stretch wrap it or anything like that mm-hmm. I, i'll still secure it down but at that point I, i'll double up on the cardboard and i'll form the cardboard to the shape of the cabinet and then let the ratchet strap ride over that two or three layers of cardboard and then just you just have to be very very cogent of of where you're putting the pressure with Absolutely. on the strap you can still secure the game and you can do it without harming the T-molding without caving in the side of your Donkey Kong without or anything crushing like that the without crushing it or anything like that and particle board cabinets are so much more susceptible to this than plywoods are because particle boards I mean all they've got holding them together is glue and yeah. you know in 30 year old glue at that so they're they're very fragile when it comes to stress you know and pressure so yeah that's a very good point get it get it Get it tight, mm-hmm. but don't no, crush it. Not too tight. You know, it's it's kind of a you, you kind of have to just learn it by feel. You, you, you know, do. you do. I, I tell you, when I transport, I, I like to. I'll get a few miles down the road. I'll pull off and I'll see what's loosened up, see what's shifted, what's found a new home, and then I'll go ahead and adjust the straps accordingly. Yeah, I, and and I th- I think that's good advice. Uh, the one thing that I'll say that I guess I'll offer to this is that I have bought and tossed. More more ratchet straps than I care to admit. Uh, on the hunt for the perfect strap, okay. 
Knowing that it doesn't exist, all right, but what I will say is that if you have, uh, and I'd have to go back and look at the brand, and I hate to name drop, but at the same point, I have found these to be excellent, excellent straps. If you have a Sam's Club, okay, located anywhere close to you, and maybe even a Costco as well, I don't know. But usually a membership, you know, a membership type of, uh, you know, membership type of club like that, the quality of what they sell is typically several notches above what you would get at a Walmart or a Target or something like that. The ratchet straps that they sell, at least at Sam's, Brent, uh, for everybody out, you know, everybody out there listening, it comes in like a pack of four mm-hmm. or a pack of eight. Are these the yellow straps? They're the yellow. Yep. They're the yellow straps that that are airline straps. These are these are these are airline rated straps. Okay, to, to where apparently they would be tough enough to secure a plane down to the ground or, or onto a flat surface or anything like that. Extremely high tensile strength. You know, and you can you can look at these and, and tell by just the stitching and everything. Thing, you know, as as far as how many you know stitches per inch that they have on these straps, they're just amazingly thick. Brent, they are fantastic straps for everybody out there. Don't hesitate. Just go, you know, just get away into a Costco or a Sam's. Look at those. Yeah, absolutely. Look, look at those straps. Do not mess around with anything just at your local department. I'm fairly store. certain that I've got. Because I, I have a membership. Yeah, no, I am a member. I'm fairly <laughs> certain I've got that set of straps. Now, I will yeah. caution. That um, at least around here, the the you know we're name dropping, so yeah. Uh, a lot of those a lot of those club type stores, they yeah. will also carry the the straps we're talking about. I don't know, Whitney. What do you think the width is on them? Inch and a half, two, uh, yeah, inch and three quarter, yeah, an inch and three quarter. And I, I've got uh, pr- that's probably right. And I've probably got a set of straps that are two to two and a half inches wide. Mm-hmm. Now, I've only got a couple of those because, of course, you know, the, the ratchet mechanism and the strap, they have to match each yep. other naturally. But um, they're, 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 definitely, they're definitely wide. Right. Yeah. A lot of those stores will also carry the, the straps like you would see on, uh, on semis. Yeah. So you're talking... Yes, four, four and a half four, inch, four, five inch strap, right. something like that. Yeah, and they'll yeah. have the 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 hooks on the end. Mm-hmm. They will be substantial, and they're they're like a black metal hook that has a that has a rubber coating. That's over the type the of strap you're talking That's about. That's the kind you got to right. get right there, buddy. Yeah, just you you'll know the difference because it'll yep. it'll be you'll be di- able to feel it. Yeah, you'll be you'll be able to feel it. it you don't want to get the twenty five foot long over the road semi straps that that you would use to to strap down like a load of lumber that's not or a crane or a crane exactly yeah and the reason i know that those are usually available um i've actually got several sets of those that i use for on a different trailer for for a different space mongering hobby yeah so yeah don't (laughs) they the, the ratchet on those things are so heavy duty that yeah within a couple clicks you could easily have the leverage to just completely cave a cabinet in yeah yeah yeah. so and you don't want to do that for the money that you're spending the time that you're spending i think you're talking what last time i bought a set is it 25 dollars ish for a set of four and and that's just it you're not spending that much money on something that provides so much utility absolutely and and it is a necessity in transporting these games that's necessity it. so we've talked like 10 minutes on on straps i love straps man but it, they're they're key you know yeah, I, i'm with are. you i've gone through a, a 
I don't know how many over the years. Yeah. And I keep, I must have 16 or 20 right now in a box behind the seat in my truck. Well, what I do, Brent, it, it, I do the same thing. I've got a plastic, I've got uh, a plastic, um, like tote, mm-hmm. like 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 tote uh, box or whatever, yep. and I keep all my little, uh, I keep all all the straps rolled up real nice and little, you know, like in in, in their little uh, coils, I guess, you know, just kind of wrapped up in, in a little ball. Keep them all in there with the ratchet mechanisms, and dude, I'm telling you, at any time I can produce ratchet straps exactly. that, that'll that'll tighten down anything. And it's to the point where my family actually kind of makes fun of me over it, my dad, and my brother, because I've laughed at their straps. It's like, what? what? <laughs> <laughs> you plan on that thing falling off? You know, and, I, I've heard of a beer snob and a wine yes, snob, but yes. never a, a, stra- a ratchet strap yeah, snob. A strap snob, yeah. yeah, that that would be me. So. Now it's it's just one of those things. You you just um you know. If you're going to be in this hobby, and it's a commitment, there's no doubt. It's yeah. a commitment of time. It's a commitment of money. It's a commitment of everything. Uh, don't, 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 don't chance. Yeah, especially yeah. you know it, when you're when you're moving the equipment home. You know yeah. that, that's pretty key. You I know, mean, okay. for your safety. Yeah, and then paramount your safety. Yeah, and then below that you know actually survival of the piece that you're trying to bring home add to your collection well I, I just think about this if i was ever lucky enough to find a couple of my gray old pens okay and and uh there's i, I know they're out there but there it's going to be time and and significant money for me to find some of these titles but just think about the guy who who happens across you know a um, you know, Tales of Arabian Nights or a, you know, um, I don't know, um, Monster Bash or, you know, what, whatever, you know, Attack from Mars or whatever mm-hmm. it may be. Uh, you know, some, some of these really, you know, a title types of games. Man, why would you want to move a ten thousand plus dollar pinball machine with a fifteen dollar or secure it with a fifteen dollar set of straps? Yeah, fifteen it just makes fifteen no dollar set set. Yeah, yes, yeah, absolutely. Straps. So, yeah, you, you just it's just one of those things. I, I know we probably kind of beat that into the ground, but it, I think it's, it's worth it's, doing. It, I think I think it's we, worth it because we definitely the, learned the lesson. It's the lifeblood of securing those games and making sure that that what you put in is what you take out yeah. you know otherwise it's just going to get tossed around now, and beat up to kind of kind of bring that full circle i'd mentioned earlier you know if you're not an operator set up for this you know i've i've got some friends that are operators and the vehicles they use they've got fences yeah around you know around their truck beds they've uh-huh. got lift gates and um they they can transport a single game standing up put it right in a corner up against the fence that's on the truck specifically to do that it's amazing yeah and then so nice. tie the game to it with a single quality strap yeah and you know the hobbyists unless you want to go that far into 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 you know get i've seen folks do that they'll oh, they'll, yeah. they'll the outfit a trailer to do this oh yes uh but you know if you don't want to get into that the next best thing is to invest in quality equipment to do what you need to do to do the occasional move to do the occasional move yeah it's quality exactly right. sets of straps uh a good quality reasonable quality dolly or set of dollies yeah uh shrink wrap write that off as disposable but definitely something something worth having yeah i don't go anywhere i don't care if it's a beautiful 80 degree not a cloud in the sky day and i'm going three miles away the shrink wrap is in my truck yeah just in case it's needed tarps moving blankets yeah you know cardboard, that, and cardboard, and cardboard, cardboard yeah, gotta cardboard. have it so all right um 
I think with that, Whitney, we'll close this out. And I, I will mention for folks out there listening that uh, Whitney and I are working on putting together a similar segment uh, for a future episode to discuss pinballs. Yes, moving pinball moving machines. Moving pinball machines. Yes, because it's co- it's a completely different ball game, uh, in, at least in, in my mind, what Brent and I have talked about mm-hmm. is is the characteristics of, of the different types of machines and everything. So, yeah, we're going to do this. How, how, to, how to prep it to move. Yes. How yeah. you move it. Yep. You yep. know, what you do with the head. Yeah. What you, you know, so... Um, you know, down the road, that's something that we're looking to go yep. ahead and produce as well for the yep. for the podcast. Yep. So we'll, we'll definitely give equal time uh, for for the discussion on moving pins as well. So right. because it it needs to be covered because yeah, we covered we covered like I think most mostly and primarily vids with this, but yeah, yep. there's so much more to say about pinball as well. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, dude, right. I'm gonna go buy some straps. All right. <laughs> and some free wrap. Yeah. It's she time. Can, she can go shrunk wrap something. I got to shrunk wrap something, man. All right. Thanks. Thanks. Well, at this point, you all have listened to Whitney and I banter on for what seems like forever. I'm sure we've used just as many ahs and ums as we have real words. So, what's next? I know. How about three of us? Whitney and I have got a guest in the studio tonight. We've got Edward Lutz. That is correct, Brent. <laughs> is it fair to say arcade personality yeah. of, oh, from yes. Louisville, Kentucky? Yeah, he's one of the most highly esteemed arcade and pinball repair uh, repair gentlemen. Uh, here, yeah, gentlemen. <laughs> here in the state. Thank you, Whitney. Oh, you're welcome. I'm not sure how much of that was embellishment. Or uh, yeah. Perhaps, perhaps we're trying to coax him into staying by yeah. inflating, inflating his ego a little bit more. I can well, I mean, say I haven't been called a gentleman I think very I often there, in there, my there life. You go, yeah. Well, you know, I mean. The opposite of that? Yes. Yeah. Well, we had to pay a lot to get you down here, so. I'm not and now cheap. We, we got to keep you. Exactly. Yeah. So for those that don't know, Edward goes by, um, oh, this is creative. E. Lutz on KLO, shocking, shocking on KLOV. He's not, you know, he's not like Whitney or I, where we have to go by some pseudo yeah, pseudonym, make something up, make yeah. something up. Yeah, actually, that is not my real last name. It is made up. So. It isn't made up. <laughs> I'm like an actor. You yeah, know? it's it's all good. It's all good. Are you on Pinside as well? Ed? I am not. No. Okay, I can right. barely keep up with one. I know it's tough. Thing. I know yeah. it's tough. Well, I mean, as a quick aside, before we get into kind of what i've got laid out yeah i remember long ago i think i was the one that talked you into actually signing up for what was klov back in the day yes i used to be on rgvac mm-hmm. on there i was edward lutz were you yeah. awesome yes another, yet another stage name man. yet another yeah. stage name <laughs> yes uh, yes those are both fake also <laughs> both edward and lutz yes. exactly so edward owns um a shop here in Louisville, Kentucky, by the name of Arcade Odyssey, mm-hmm. and uh, um, right down on Barstown Road in the Highlands. That is correct, gentlemen. Yes, he awesome. does uh, primarily uh, repair and mm-hmm. some some retail sales of games occasionally. Occasionally, yeah, yeah. pinball and uh, video. So you're not just you're not just limited. 
Besides those two, I'm limited. <laughs> well, I mean, you, you, you're not, you don't yeah. just specialize in pinball. There's two no, guys no. in town that do one or the other. I yeah. will do them both. You know, yeah. if you um, if you sweet talk me really, 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 really nicely, you know, I might look at your slot machine or your dartboard, but yeah. don't hold your breath. Yeah, under, understood. Now, do, do you also do you also make uh, make like house house call repairs and everything like that? Quite a bit. Yes. Do you really massive amounts? Actually, massive yeah. amounts. Okay. Yes. You, you've kind of gotten to the point now where you're dedicating a day to, um, you know, trying to. I had contemplated that, you know, it never met fruition, you know, because you know, it just Sch- didn't work schedules out. are what schedules well. It's are. not so much it didn't work out that would entail me in actually applying something <laughs> to it, as opposed to getting up and go, "What am I going to do today?" <laughs> Which is, you know, kind of how I. That's how I roll. That's kind of how it rolls. That's um, awesome. So, but yeah, I'll, I'll randomly do house calls though throughout the day. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I do try to schedule multiple ones in the same area of the city, but you know that doesn't always happen. Yeah. So the moral of the story is yes, you, he gets out of the shop. He'll do some house calls. <laughs> yes, yes. The moral yes. of the story. That's good. Are you still doing um, uh, mailed in? You know, um, out of state repairs. You know, if someone asks, you know, I, I've never ever really solicited that. Um, people just would find out about me or, you know, once in a blue moon, I'll see somebody on KLV begging for help or something. So I'll, and they get ignored for three or four weeks. So I'm like, all right, send me your gorf board. I'll fix it. Yeah. Um, but I I really don't, you know, mail and, you know, it's just stuff through the mail can turn into just a pain, Mm -hmm. you know, but it does. I do it sometimes. Yeah. But I don't seek it out. Honestly. No. Okay. Now, you do stay away from the EMs, though. I do not like EMs at all, correct. Um, they're just too time-consuming. I don't, I don't like them. Mm-hmm. I, I hate working on them. It's like a jukebox. I hate working on them. Or slot machines and dartboards. I've got plenty of stuff to work on that I like working on, so that's kind of how it is. Why? Yeah. Yeah. Well, here's kind of where I wanted to start. Whitney and I know of Arcade Odyssey, yep. and you know I'm sure all the local folks do, and a lot of the KLV, and um, I would not be surprised if you're not known through Pinside and, of course, RGVAC and all mm-hmm. that. Um, before it was Arcade Odyssey, it was uh, a place called Ground Control. Ground Zero. Oh, Ground Zero. Correct. Yeah. Oh, Ground okay. Control is the big thing out there. Oh, in. correct. Yeah. That's why that was stuck in my head. So Port- was, are they in Portland, I think? Port- Portland, Oregon, I do believe. Yeah. So what was that about? Ground Zero, uh, that was a record store. Uh, That was my other life. One of my many lives I have had in the past. Um, Yeah, that was a record store. And and how long did you have that before you kind of made the transition? Uh, Seven, eight years, give or take, somewhere in that neighborhood, yeah. Wow. Uh, So we're getting back into early 90s i guess possibly yeah i would have to nah not early 90s mid late 90s i'm sorry it was probably well geez well arcade odyssey is probably getting ready to turn 12 in november so backtrack 12 years yeah there was about a year i didn't do anything really and then there was the record store so and it w- it was a good size shop, right? I mean, well, from- you know, I I started out when I first started. I, I didn't really have a lot of money to throw into it. I wasn't going to chance a lot of money, so the very first spot was really really tiny, um, two hundred three hundred square feet, a tiny little hole in the wall. Uh, it did good. 
you know, to the point to where it's like, yeah, I need to get bigger, you know. Now, so, this was all in the local guys would know this in, in the highlands. It's all in the highlands, in, yeah. Barstown Road area in the highlands, yeah. And so I moved down about a mile and a half to a place that was about 800 square feet. Pretty nice size, you know, nice huge jump from where I was at from going from two, three hundred to that. Uh, plenty big enough, more space than I could ever use, honestly. And it was $1,100 a month. So after about 15 months or so of that, you know, me and my, my wife were like, you know, kind of, we need to start looking for a place as opposed to throwing all this kind of mm-hmm. money away. So then that's where I end up where I'm at now when we bought that building. Oh, I see. Um, you know, that was a big office building at the time and I spent three, four months, you know, gutting it and making it usable as opposed to a big office building, Mm -hmm. usable for what I wanted. So you walked in and it was like Uh, cubicle type space. There was 20 some odd cubicles in that. Well, there was 16 alone upstairs on the second floor and the bottom floor was one, two, three, four, about 10 or so. Yeah. So then you took all that out and then turned it into retail. Correct. Now, did you have your own label at one point in time as well? Uh, I did have a small record label, yes. Uh, me and a couple friends of mine over the years had did it. Um, yep, Three Little Girls Recordings. See, that one I didn't know. I, I've known, we've known, Edward and I have known each other for a while, and it, that's, but I didn't realize it was Three Little Girls Recordings. But for, for, I didn't come up with the name. Well, I'm not surprised, though, for yeah. some reason. Oh, I, I didn't have a problem with the name. You would be surprised at the mail you'll get when people think it's chicks they're talking to. I mean, guys, I mean, my name's Whitney. Yeah. I, I get the greatest mail you've ever seen. I can and only imagine. And that's all yeah. I know to say. I mean, you know, I send you some of that. <laughs> awesome, man. Thank you. So for, uh, that okay. that goes back into the eighties. There, you're getting back into the late eighties with the record label. Oh, yeah. okay. So you had that even before you had the shop start. Oh yeah, way before. Um, I mean, that was just a little thing, you know, mm-hmm. for years, really. Um, I mean, it got to the point to where it ended up being just me and a good friend of mine, one of my best friends named Michael. And it got where we got. It got just really insanely busy. We both had real jobs, you know. So it got to where. Somebody needs to step up here, and are we going to take this to the next level? Or do you fold it? Or not, yeah. Yeah. And neither one of us wanted to take that chance, you know, um, which is probably good now how the music industry has went, you know. Which, and honestly, it wasn't much after that. Uh, For a while, we had some pretty decent distribution with this pretty big indie Chicago label called Touch and Go. and. You know, it wasn't much, you know, yearish after the point where me and him are talking about that. They they pulled all outside label distribution and nixed it all, and that really hurt our, our sales because they moved a lot of product for us, you know. And there's a lot of other distributors that moved product decently too, but in that time period, you just got screwed by a lot of them. They didn't pay you, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, Touch and Go always paid us. You know, we wouldn't even have to ask. They would just pay us where... Say Cargo was a big distributor at the time uh, for indie stuff. You would have to beg and beg and beg, and you might finally get a check. You know, um, I, uh, I I ticked them off real good at one point, which was because they owed us a decent chunk of money at the time. There was a Cargo in Chicago, one in San Diego, one in somewhere in Quebec, in Canada maybe. Though it was in Canada, I can't remember. Where. And there was one in London, England, and they worked. They worked. 
autonomous of each other, but they work together too. So it was real annoying to get you. It was real easy for one to blow you off to the other one. And um, we did a Rodan 7-inch, which was the biggest thing we ever did. They went on to get pretty big. And they had owed us money forever. And we were out of the record, but I called the one up in Chicago. Um, the one in Canada had already folded, I think. So I called the one up in Chicago and said, hey, I just found a box of 100 of these records. You all want them? And, of course, it's easy money for them. So they're drilling, and I'm like, well, I want you to pay me the money you all owe me and pay me Canada, Cargo Canada's money, too, or I'm not sending you squat, you know? Yeah. And uh, so the dude, let me talk to my <laughs> boss, whatever. So, you know, I get a check, and then he calls me up. All right, did you get your check? Can we get the records? And I was like, you're out of your damn mind, man. I'm not saying you, man. You're screwed. <laughs> Fool. Oh, man, he cussed me up and down, man. It was so funny. Like, ooh, I care. I got my check. <laughs> well, when you said they were they were constantly messing with you, it, it, uh, I thought, you know, well, is, is this company just like, you are. It's a couple guys doing, but they're doing the no, distribution were, side of it. They were Obviously, huge. They were pretty size. big. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they had they way overextended. They did all kind. If a label got remotely big or had a pretty decent band that was selling in the indie world, they would hook up a manufacturing distribution deal with that label. So when that label turned over all control to them, you wouldn't know how many they were really. All you knew is what they were telling you, which was usually BS as far as. Uh, you know how many you units actually sold and stuff, and they just way, way, way overextended. And you know, and then the music industry, the whole demographic of the music industry, slowly changed over those twenty years. Anyway, from you know, nineteen eighty eight to you know two thousand and eight, if you will. But but yeah, you know, I mean, I'm a pretty easy enough guy to get along with. Just don't screw me over. I'll get you back. Mm-hmm. And I'm a patient man. <laughs> I can wait and wait and wait. <laughs> you know, it's like we talk about the people around town that don't pay me my bill. It's like, and then they call me back, you know, a year later when their pinballs broke. It's like, or their Pac-Man or their asteroids. It's like, yeah, this this asteroid's motherboard is mine now. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> While I'm in here, I might as well grab your Space Invaders motherboard too. <laughs> See ya. <laughs> oh, you want it back? Pay me. Yeah. It's, as simple, it's as simple as that. Where do you think Just all my motherboard bill. collections come from? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's as simple as that. I've walked through the shop before, and I'm like, that looks... Hey, well, that's, your, that's because it's yours, Brent. That's what I was <laughs> You were going to test that. Yeah, I know. I haven't tested it. I haven't, okay. got, I haven't got to that yet. I haven't yet. got to that yet. Okay, good. So, so I'm sorry. Go ahead, I, say, I bet you're going to go where I'm going to go. Go ahead. I was just going to ask, so... With everything that happened in the music industry, and for you guys to be running uh, what sounds like a, a very successful you know company, how do you make the transition into arcade and pinball repair? I mean, how does Arcade Odyssey come out of the music, uh, the, the, the record music store? Yeah, the record store and music distribution. That is a very good question, Whitney. I appreciate that. Um, uh, you know, at some point during the record store, uh, you know, you get those wild hairs up your butt. You realize. Oh man, because you know you don't think at some certain parts in your life you just don't think that you can own video games or pinballs. You know, oh, yeah. I mean, you don't grow up through your teenage years into early adulthood thinking you can own this stuff. You know, at some point you run into somebody who has one, or you run into the amusement auctions when they had them or what, and then the you know the light goes off. Oh, I'll be damned, I can own this. You yes. know, yeah. um, so you you buy something. You know, I mean that's pretty much so what I did. Uh, you know, I joke and tell people when I had my midlife crisis, I didn't buy a convertible or have an affair on my wife. I bought a joust and a Donkey Kong. <laughs>
you know, so I, I got I got some stuff like that, you know. And then, you know, I, I kept some of them in the record store. There was space, you know. Yeah. So you were looking at it from not just personal, but did or did did it start personal and then it folded down and well, I can put some of these down in the store and make a couple dollars off of them. Um, I had them, you know. I mean, it's like anything else, you know. Whenever I first talked about getting some, my wife was like, "Yeah, four or five, you know, that'd be fine, you know, whatever. Just don't mm-hmm. go crazy with our money." Yeah, and mm-hmm. you know, sixty days later, there's thirty sitting around everywhere. You know, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, they yeah. breed, don't and you know, they? they're yes, they do. They're in the kitchen, they're in the bathroom, they're in the bedroom. You know, yeah, it's a it's a, um, it's a modern day Whitney Roberts repeat. Is I mean, what I, that is. I can't tell you how many times, you know, because whenever I'd bring them home. I would bring them in through the back door because yeah. it was much easier to get stuff in. And there was yeah. a foyer, and then you go right into where our bedroom was. And I'm just going to set this pinball here. I already drug it up those steps. And then, you yeah. know, it sets there for a month. And, you know, my wife getting up in the middle of the night to use the bathroom, tripping over him after about 30 days, is like, get the damn pinball out of the bedroom. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I better move that. It's on her side of the bed. <laughs> but, um, you know, so I kept them in the, in the record store. And, you know, I, I, I couldn't find <laughs> It rang. We, we, we rang. You, we were... We were told that it would not happen. It rang. I we should have laid, laid $50 bill down on the oh, table. Man. <laughs> I would have stabbed you over. <laughs> we um, should have laid a major havoc board down uh, the table. <laughs> yes. No, I didn't want to talk a to A finished him quantum PCB or something. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, but Just the bare one. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, so I couldn't find anybody. You know, this old stuff, it's going to break. I couldn't find anybody to fix them. Uh, and... Uh, you know, you find the message, you know, at that time, RGVAC was pretty hopping. I mean, we're getting back 17, 18 years when I got my first first couple games, you know. So there's a lot of stuff online. Late 90s. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so what what were your first couple games? I mean, you said Joust and Donkey Kong. Donkey I mean, Kong Jr. Donkey Joust. Kong. Oh, I couldn't, Donkey Kong that, Jr. and Joust. I got them real close at the same time, so I yeah. couldn't tell you which one came first. Okay. Um, they were real close together, but that was my first two. After that, I, I honestly I can't remember. You know, the the floodgate burst at that point. Oh yeah, was, yeah. I think I think. Well, Brent it, and I it, talked about this on the last episode. It was chaos. It, it, just, it just it just goes. Yeah. So did you go through the? It's for sale, and I can get it. So I'm going to take it, as opposed to I'll take this one and that one. The ones that you wanted, yeah. I mean, Mine was more like heroin. It's like, I'm going to get it all. Yeah, anything <laughs> we I all can start, get. We all I'm start taking that way. It all. Yes, we all start that way. There's yeah. no doubt. Um, I did. I mean, I freely mm-hmm. admit, I did. I started that I, way. I never had any thoughts of selling stuff. You yep. know. Um, I you know, once in a while you'd get a double. You know, something you already have. So <laughs> like everybody else, you mix and oh, match yeah. to make a nicer one yes, and then do. sell that double off. But that was never the intent to sell. You know, it was just like I'm getting it all. Yeah. Yeah, especially back then, there wasn't many people in town that cared collecting games. So the yeah. whole region was mine. You know, yeah. I mean, there All just wasn't anybody around here that long ago doing it. You know, and I'm sure that uh, yeah, the landscape's bound to have changed with oh, all yeah. the collectors getting in and everybody fighting over. Oh yeah, or competing for yeah. pretty much well, limited resources well, well, here. You know, the internet. I mean, I shouldn't say the internet was just getting started, but eBay and things like that were pretty new back then. Mm-hmm. You know, um, so it just. You know, it started opening everything up, but um, 
Now, how were you finding these games? Because because Ed, you didn't have you didn't have a network uh, like Craigslist like or, or eBay or anything. No. So it's just all word of mouth. Yeah, you know, once once you get a couple and people find out, then it just comes out of the woodwork. You know, uh, uh-huh. an aunt will talk to my mom, you know, and go, "Oh, hey, is Edward still collecting those? There's somebody. My neighbor's got one out in the garbage. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah." And it just, you know, it was pretty much so like that, really. I mean, there was, you had little local papers, like the equivalent of Craigslist, you know, little, mm-hmm. you know, like news, thrifty newsprint nickel, things. Like, thrifty nickel yeah, and you know, all that. The, the yeah. bargain mart. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, you know, still around anymore. And even yeah. the courier, or local newspaper classifieds, the mm-hmm. courier, you know, you'd look through stuff. Because that stuff was used more back then because Craigslist didn't well, exist, well, you exactly. know. The first few games I sold, and I, I've, I've, what, seven, eight years now or so, I did it in in the local paper. I paid yeah. to put the ads in. You know, yeah. Craigslist and all that. It, yeah. If it was out there, I didn't know about it. Which, which it didn't have. If it was, it didn't have heavy circulation. Because I yeah. mean, I'm in the yeah. industry to understand what's online. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. But um, you know, so I got games, and at some point, I I they worked. Broke. I well, yeah, they broke. <laughs> uh, I was talking about before we got way sidetracked here the transition oh yeah yeah um you know i just worked you know seven days a week 100 120 hours a week at the record store and just burnt myself out to the point to where i couldn't stand it yeah and i already had games in there you know we're going five years or so from when we bought the building we're at um you know, so more and more people start getting into games. More and more people find out I could fix stuff. Yeah. I started getting calls at the record store, you know. My Pac-Man monitor's dead. You know, can you fix it? And, you know, back then people knew a little more than they do now as far as they could tell me it was their monitor, not my game's dead. I don't know what it is, you know. <laughs> or uh, So you what know, you're saying, people have gotten a little... A little well, less well, well, bright. The early people into it were a little yeah. more tech savvy, for lack of a better oh, way yeah, to put I can it. See nope. that. You know, it was, right. it was not just the average Joe who knows nothing about games and realized he could buy one somewhere. Gotcha. You know? It wasn't as mainstream. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah. And, 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 and I think TVs were much more prevalent then, and probably a lot of the components and everything. It they it just fit the time better than yeah. flat panel monitors and laptops and things like today flat panels yeah. what is that yeah exactly um and yeah you know i would be like uh you know how to pull your monitor out yeah i can take it out i'm like bring it in the record store i'll fix it for you so you know that just started happening more and more and i started cool. getting more and more just hating the music biz um you know, there's a whole backside of that you don't know. Like, all the distributors and stuff, we just talked about a little with the label. I mean, they're pushing all their garbage and this. I mean, it's just kind of, there's a whole nasty underbelly. If you're not in the industry, you have no idea hmm. about it. And you have no reason to, you yeah. know. Oh, yeah. Um, and it just takes it. You know, working, just like I said, way too much, it just takes its toll. And I was like, well, you know, I'm done. You know, we're locking the door. I'm done. It's like man i haven't worked for anybody else in seven eight years i guess i have to get a real job and i was like well at the time all my extra games i didn't keep in the shop i kept upstairs so it's like well i'll bring all of my games down you know i gotta get why i'm trying to liquidate the inventory of the records and cds it's like there's no new stuff coming in because i'm not ordering anything new so you know money's drastically dropping away Mm -hmm. So I got to figure out something to get some more money coming in. So I was like, I'll put some price tags on my games and try to sell them. And I'll actively seek out some work, you know, some repair work. And I was like, and this might buy me a year before I have to get a real job, man. That's going to suck, you know. And, um, you know, that was 12 years ago. Now, let me ask you you this, Ed. I mean, 
how did you first learn to repair the games? I mean, where did your electronics knowledge come from? Because someone such as myself, who was not raised in, in an environment where I could easily get that knowledge, I, I'm I'm having to be self-taught, yeah. and I'm learning things either the hard way, the wrong way, and then eventually the right way, I suppose. But you, you said you started fixing games, so how did you get started fixing games? Um, where, 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 where'd that come from? I just started taking them apart, really. Okay. Um, reading stuff online, you yeah. know. I mean, I couldn't find anybody to fix mine. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when your Donkey Kong Jr. monitor breaks, you can't exactly break what's already broken. So, I mean, you can break it more, that's sure. for sure. Oh, yeah. oh, Trust yeah. me, I get plenty of that in the shop right yeah. now. <laughs> <laughs> um, plenty of that in my house. Yeah, yeah. But you're not bringing it to me after you <laughs> break it more. And I tried to I fix don't know what happened to yeah, it. I, I try not to do that. I tried that. to fix it. I was adjusting something. I don't know what this does with my screwdriver, and yeah. I saw a big spark. Was that bad? Yeah. No, that was great. <laughs> Um, I mean, you know, I think some people are just wired a little more for it than others. Mm-hmm. Um, I always compare it when people ask me how I learned, and I'm like, I have no electronics schooling, you know, I mean, zero. Yeah. Uh, I compare it to like a musical instrument. You know, I've got friends who can, you know, oh, a violin. I've never played a violin. Can I borrow this? And, you know, a month later, you think they've been playing it their whole life, you know. Yeah. I've got friends like that as well. Yeah. I've been around guitars oh, yeah. since I was at least 13, 14. Can't play a note. Not a damn note. I mean, I might look like I know what I'm doing. Not a clue, you know. Yeah. And it's just not how my head's wired, you know. And I think this is. That's fair. And, you know, and some people get it easy. Some people have to work a little harder to get it. Yeah. And some people will never get it. All points in between. Yeah. That's how I look at it. Yeah. Let me back up here for a second. Okay. You, you were asking a little bit about, like, where you got games. And, um, yeah. It's even just looking back the last five, six years, how much the world has changed with. Uh, going from RGVAC to uh, form, well, originally even before that, one of the, the big prevalent things, quote unquote, on the internet for, uh, I guess, sharing, the, it was email lists. Mm-hmm. Everyone would email. Yeah. Yeah. boards. Yeah. Yeah. News lists and bulletin oh, well, boards. Yeah. Yeah. You'd have bulletin boards and you had yeah. email lists where people would email in something and yeah. then you'd get on a, on an interval every three yeah. or four hours once a day you get a massive regurgitation this of all those di- this big digest and you just you. sit there and read yeah. you know that's that's stuff that that's not well, that old look, no. look at your old like uh midway manuals they have you know midway's cable address yeah printed exactly on there with their phone number yeah. you know and their their actual land address so yeah you started running around before you know we're we're close in age yes and i'll be the first to tell you i'm gps bound Mm-hmm. And I oh, know. Oh yeah, I remember when there that did not exist. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yes, exactly. I mean, my first long trips there weren't even cell phones. You exactly. Know? Yeah. I mean, you pulled out the atlas and you had a pocket full of quarters for the I almost said a dirty word <laughs> for the pay phones and uh, <laughs> I almost said the word I was told not to. <laughs> I mean, you know, yeah, it, it was you had to do it the hard way, man. Yeah. You know, so I what mean, you said all. I, you've told me some, you know, uh, some stories about day or weekend long trips where you'd be gone twenty hours. Oh, yeah. Would you I've just set it me. all up ahead of time and yes. just drive a huge loop and then, hey, look, I plan on being here. Uh, that's pretty much it. Yeah, you know, I mean, you, you know, you're setting everything up on the t- through the phone. You know, mm-hmm. you're you're hoping they're going to be there when they say they are because you know I'm driving I'm driving to Wilkesbury tonight to meet you tomorrow morning. Yeah. I'm going to be PO'd if you're not there. Yeah. Um 
And yeah, you know, you just orchestrate everything. You know, you look at your atlas and you figure out, okay, how long is it going to take me to get from point A to point B? And obviously, where there weren't cell phones, you give yourself a, you know, it's not like I'll see you between 8 and 8.15. You know, I'll see you between 8 a.m. and 10 a.m.? Yeah, is like, that cool? You're you like know? the cable guy. Yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> I'm going yeah. to give you a slot. I'm going to yeah. give you an eight-hour window. Well, you know, when you're driving... And I promise yeah. I'll be there. 500, 800 miles, you don't know what you're going to encounter. And like uh-huh. I said, there's not cell phones, so you can't call them up and go, got a flat tire, sorry. Yeah. So yeah. We, let's just back up even a little before that. Okay. Before we, before we reverse. <laughs> Here we go. We're going to go back. Yeah. Did you, play, did you play games when you were younger? Whitney and I talked about this a little bit in uh-huh. our premiere quote unquote episode our experiences when we were younger yeah did you when, yeah were you getting quarters from mom yeah where, um, where, where'd the interest come from i i started like probably most people with consoles because of my age you know uh-huh. that's i remember when they came out you know yeah. um and it was a you know massive you know the the department stores would just have walls of cartridges, you know. Oh yeah, oh yeah, I remember that. I remember um, it well. Yeah, like in the yeah. library. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it was like an Atari twenty six hundred Christmas tree. I oh mean, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you just, you you just mean, see the wall. Atari twenty six hundred aisle. Yeah, I mean, know? it's just a mural of yeah. cartridge boxes. It was beautiful. Um, and, and 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 of I course, with it. my age, you know the. The golden age of video games, we'll say, what, 78, 79 to 81, 82, you know? Mm-hmm. So I was 11, 12, 13, you know? So got your skateboard, your BMX bike, and video games, you yeah. know? Uh, and obviously there was video games. Every, in 1980 and 81, you couldn't go in any place and not have at least one or two games. I mean, every yeah. Quickie Mart, every gas station. You know, they were at campgrounds outside on the freaking dirt, you know? Yep. I mean, it was insane. Whit- yeah. Whitney and I made that comparison because that's the experience I had. Yeah. I yeah. could turn around and there was a game. Yeah. Whitney would have to walk out in the middle of a cornfield and find the direction to the road yeah. to drive yes. somewhere. Well, yes. I did yeah. grow up in the city, yeah. uh, you know. You're very fortunate. It's not yeah. a cornfield. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I grew up on a farm. Yeah, when, yeah and, I know. And I had to, I had to seek them out. You yeah, know? and it, it was a trip for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I could, you know, it was a bike ride for me. That's you awesome. Know? It's, it's so I fortunate. Mean, there was a little at one point, probably four or five blocks from my house was an arcade. Can't remember what it was called. It wasn't one of the chains. It was a mom and pop arcade. Yeah, yeah. but it was right. Right on Lower Brownsboro Road, a pretty heavily traveled road, a decent sized space. I bet they had damn near a hundred games in there, and you know it was nice and clean wow. and real, real lit up. So it was very, you know, parents didn't, you know, it wasn't the dark, seedy place some parents have in mind. You know, back then it was, it was very above well, board, welcoming. Huh? Yes, yes, you know, the whole front of it was all windows, and I mean it was all lit up like like a department store, so you wow. could see in. Um, you know, there was just mad, and it was there for quite a while, man. Yeah, I mean, the biggest treat was when you'd go awesome. in there, and they they would have cleaned out their quarters, and they forgot to lock the doors back so it was still open. <laughs> Free, free games, free games. And of course, you never told them. You know, no. you know. Ah, they eventually caught oh, it. They, they figured it out. You yeah. know. Yeah, you know. So you know that was open. No, I, didn't. I had no idea. I had, I had no idea. Ninety nine credits. Yeah. How does that? Happen? Wow, that's awesome. Who did that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so when you were out doing in the music scene, you know, yes. concerts and Concert, all the um, venues, uh, we were we call that? them we call them shows, shows in the world um, I come from. Okay, when there's a hundred people watching you, it's not a concert. Okay, it's a show. Yes. So I guess at at that point there wasn't like in the back of wherever you were at. I don't know if it was a bar or some kind of little venue. 
Um, you weren't picking up. There wasn't pinballs and, and there video was there games was games in still? a lot of those places. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, would you see pinballs as much as you would see vids? You know, it's really weird because I I grew up on videos, so I just don't recall pinballs. Yeah. I have no recollection of seeing. I'm sure they were there, but I'm I must have just ignored them. Um, I recall no pinballs at all growing up. You know, really? even yeah. in the you know even in the skating the skating rink you know roller skating rinks when that was popular in the early '80s late '70s. I mean. That was, uh, you know, the place around in town here, Champs. They had a real nice game room yeah. for a while. Man. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They had yeah. a sweet one of those, uh, what's the fire truck thing Atari did, man. They had that. That stayed in there forever because it was so popular. I think it was fire truck, wasn't it? I believe so. Yeah, I don't remember. I don't recall pinballs till I was, like, of drinking age, hanging out in bars, you know. And even then, it was way... I, you know, I'm not talking when I was 21, 22. I don't really remember playing pinballs in bars till I was in my mid-20s, mid-late 20s, you yeah. know, when I actually gave a rat's butt about pinballs. Yeah, well, I mean, if you if you look back on your time, though, in this hobby or in this industry, I mean, I know you said you started out on vids and, yes. and you don't really don't really have much history with pinball i mean which one do you prefer now i mean if, um, if you walked in and were given equal opportunity where you know where what would you walk up to first if i could only have an easier way to put it would be if i could only have one uh-huh say a video game i think is great uh-huh or a pinball i think is great yeah um i would take the pinball you know, and I'll tell you, you know, I, I think that most people would probably lean that way. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I think mean, a lot of people would. Not everybody. Not everybody, but... I like video games. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and like, say, say Joust. Joust is still one of my favorites. I could play it every day for hours on end, you know? Yeah. But yeah. I would still take a decent pinball over that. I just think it has more... I don't know if staying power is the right way to put it, but just something about it. I, I think it's in the long haul. I think it's going to have more longevity. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I've always a friend of mine has always described it as it's physics, it's physics in motion, and it's physics you play. Yeah, and so I, I think there's there's a lot of truth to that. Yeah, semi-controlled chaos. Yes, it is. I mean, it there's is. some randomness to it, but you know, yeah. but then when you see, you know, I, I'm not very good at pinball, you know, yeah, neither. But am then I. you can see, you know, like he, uh, he's selling himself short, like, folks. He's <laughs> Well, I, I'm not going to sell myself short. I'm no good. Yeah, but I but I have a good time. Yeah, yeah. Don't we all? Yes, yes. I have a good. But time. Uh, you know, like like that friend of mine, Matt. You know, I mean, he can go on like say whirlwind and he'll play it. You know, a good game can last him damn near an hour. You know, it's like I'm I'm not there. You know, wow. I'm not there. Yeah. yeah. You know, he makes it look like it's just so easy. You know, and it's. It isn't, you know. I mean, obviously, he's been playing pinball for years and years and years. And he's younger than me, you know. But he's got he's got the nudge down to an art form, man. It's it's pretty amazing actually watching him play. He's probably one, in my opinion. He's one of the best pinball players in the city I've ever seen. Hmm. Yeah, I I don't think uh, I, I don't think I've really got to spend a lot of time with Matt. I mean, he's yeah. a great great guy. I see him I see him at a lot of the shows and down you know mm-hmm. and, and around town, but. I know that there's, I know that there's a lot of good players here. There is a handful. I mean, he's one of the best, but there's a lot that are really good. I mean, Russell's really good. That Nate guy, do y'all know Nate? I've met Nate. I have not met Nate. I, I would say Nate's last name, but I have to see it before I can even remotely pronounce it. It's it's long, but Nate's awesome. He's really good. Nate Nate's got the nudge down. I met too, him man. at um, Louisville Arcade Expo this year. I think you yeah. you and I and Nate were playing. Uh, um, was Nate's it awesome. Th- was Nate's it theater? Hilarious. No, it was. Uh, Tales of the Arabian Night. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, I, yeah. I mean, let's just, here, I'll just ask you, here's a question for you. Yes. What, what's my game playing ability? 
Uh, not as good as Nate's or mine. <laughs> that, that's a much nicer answer than I, than I was expecting. You're pretty from, good at your Adams family, from, actually. I'll give you credit from, on that. From the yeah. guy who's got... Um, you told me I can't cuss. From the guy who's... Well, you could... Th- there's, pro- there's a level of belittling me that doesn't involve... <laughs> oh, no. It has to involve cussing. <laughs> uh, this from the guy who... No other adjectives will it, do it justice. Who takes pride... In finding me when I'm having like folks over, yeah. oh yeah, uh, uh, having a great time, everything's great. I met such and such, had met him before, by the way. I set the high score on your berserk, and <laughs> and then he just threads it right in. That would be me. That would be you. It's, yeah, it, it's it's all in the delivery, it's man. All, it's, it's not what you say; it's how you say it. I don't even have to come to your parties and do that. You know, I mean, <laughs> people drop off stuff for me to fix, and I make sure I give them something to go for before it leaves. <laughs> I've done that to Tony all the time. Who just bring in a motherboard? I'm like, I gave you something here to go for. <laughs> go uh, uh, great. See how you do on that joust when you get it home. <laughs> I don't think I haven't been tempted to go through here and accidentally have to reset all the high scores, but uh, no. You know, you have a party every year, man. There's no sweat. There's I'll no be sweat. back. <laughs> so, Arcade Odyssey today. Today? You're- as it is, as it's running today. Yep, today. Oh, I thought you meant right now. Today. Right now, <laughs> it is closed. It is closed, it's closed. as of right oh my now. Gosh. So you're you're uh, uh, primarily in repairs, correct? And uh, um, I mean, you do have pieces in, in the shop. So I mean, you yeah. will do retail sale, but it's primarily repair type business. Yes, the vast majority. Um, I, I'm really trying to get away from sales. Honestly, just uh, the inventory I, takes up so much space. Okay. There's just not a big demand for arcade games right now, as far as, far as I'm concerned. You know, I mean, obviously, I'm fixing them like crazy, so people mm-hmm. are getting them somewhere. They're just yeah. not getting them from me. Well, um, I, was, I was going to ask, what, what's your foot traffic like on a, on a given day? Because here's the thing. Ed, it's so I, random, man. Yeah, and, and here's the thing. I think that all of us that are collectors would like to parlay it into maybe a little bit more or say, yeah, oh, yeah. man, maybe, maybe once my house is paid off, I'd like to do this or I'd like to do that within this hobby hobby yeah. i mean you're living this every day what, what, what do you see i mean it's just a hobby that got out of control it's just like the record stores yeah. you know i've had two businesses that have all just been hobbies that got way out of hand yeah. you know yeah. um and i've managed to live off of them um dude, dude you're so, there's a lot of people that love to be in that position i was just yeah. going to say you don't realize how fortunate you are because the money that we funnel in to having a hobby yeah you get to make a living at yeah it's, it's i mean it's it's good I mean, there's a whole nother. Me and a friend of mine were talking the other night at a bar. He's selling his business, and um, it's it's not nothing like this. But uh, we were just talking like people don't realize the other side of uh, owning your own business. You know, I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's very stressful. You know, yes. you don't. I don't get a paycheck every Friday or every other Friday. You know, I get a paycheck when the job's done, and they yeah. decide to pick it up and pay me, or we work out a schedule or whatever. You know, yeah. Um, you know, there's definitely some stress there. You know, I love what I do, and I really don't see me doing anything else. You know, in some capacity, I'll probably always be messing with games until I stop breathing. You know, yeah, yeah. But or until they just disappear, and no one has anything to fix, and I have to find something well, else. Well, you know, I, I mean, that, that's an interesting angle on it, though. I mean, here we are uh, s- sitting here, you know, September 2013, the end of September. Yes, exactly, and. 
these games are thirty plus years old yeah. and they haven't disappeared yet. No, no. And I, I think that's I think that's a testament to their staying power. It's going to be hard to it's going to be hard to say what the next thirty years will bring. But yeah. I think it looks pretty good for. What them. shocks me is the stuff that's still being produced. Exactly. You know, I, I don't think. I haven't kept up with it, but I don't think we're too far away from, you know, replacement pole position boards. And we're, yeah, and, yeah, there there is um, a multi, there is a multi uh, a multi kit or multi board uh, effort going on there. You know, in the pinball world, I mean, there's of the mainstream manufacturers, you can just about get aftermarket replacements for everything. Yeah, yeah. at this point. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, it's a lot of it's been reproduced. Yeah. Particularly, I mean, you know, there's more money in pinball right yeah. now oh, yeah. than video games. Oh, that's oh, why, for, for sure. That's why plastics get reproduced or ramps yeah. or mm-hmm. all the various motherboards and whatnot. I mean, they're reproducing boards that it's like, really? That, that's like easy. It's so easy, you know, like a, a Bali lamp driver board from like yeah. the older. It's like you could replace every part on there. It's probably $50 in parts, you know? It's like, and they. Is there a need to reproduce that? I well, mean, obviously people are buying them, it's you know. A, it's, yeah. a, it's a plug-and-chug type society. Yeah. You yeah. know, your iPod breaks, you toss that and you get another yeah. one. Yeah. There's not a repair oh, yeah. it mentality anymore. No, I mean, I've went out to work on games. You know, a, a guy, he was up in Indiana somewhere. I can't remember now. A decent hike for me, like a past Marengo. I mean, it was about an hour away or so. And uh, he had a strikes and spares. Every board in, you know, not working. Every board in there had been replaced. Every single board. You it brought still that game work. back to the shop, didn't you? Yeah, because yeah. it was just, I'm like, dude, I don't know what the hell you did, man, but it's coming back with me, man. I'm not going to sit here for eight hours and try to figure this out. Yeah. Um, and he was fine with that. I told him that over the phone if that if it got to that. And he's like, that's fine. It's been broke for, you know, 10 years, whatever it had been. But, yeah, you know, he had, he had bought replacement boards for every single thing in there. And, of course, it still didn't fix it because, you know, when you got wiring all hacked to hell and stuff burnt to death, it's like, um, do you think this connector here that started out white that's black and brown now might be a problem still? <laughs> but, you know, they, they just don't know, you know. Yeah. I can't so see how. So in this particular case, this poor guy threw a bunch of cash at it. And it oh, was he probably had five just... or six hundred bucks in it in replacement Jeez, boards probably. Geez. Yeah. I mean, yeah. he replaced because. You know, your MPU is like 200 bucks. Mm-hmm. The regulator solenoid driver board is, I mean, I don't know what's that cost. It's at least 100 I can guarantee you. Probably more. The little power supply board is, what, 50 60 bucks. The lamp driver board is probably 75 Yeah. 100 bucks. you yeah. know? Yeah, it, it, just, it just gets into money. And then... Yeah. And all that didn't need... He still had all of his old ones, you know. They all worked except for the MPU board, which was covered in corrosion. That's the only thing that really needed to be replaced. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the the connectors on the power supply that always burn up on those, you know. And it, it had some weird esoteric problems. There were some weird problems that took me a while to track down on it. So, like, like pin and video-wise, is there, is there stuff that you just... You'll work on, but... It just it doesn't speak to you that often to pick it up and go after it because it's just you know it's going to be a problem. It's going um, to be a there's a lot of stuff I don't want to get near. Honestly, I mean, as my workload increases more, you know, at one time I would have worked on just about anything anyone threw at me. Yeah. You know, especially in the beginning days because I was I was young and naive and <laughs> didn't know how to say no. <laughs> well, you've got to build a business, um, and, and, and I, I think all of us understand that. I have learned how to say no. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, but, you know, there's definitely stuff that's inherently a pain in the butt. And you know, it. I mean, yeah. I don't need to say pole positions are a pain in the butt. Everyone, you know, Google pole position and you'll see that.
anything made after 85, 1990 is just dreadful, you know. I mean, if it's, if it's JAMA, go to eBay and buy one. Well, yeah, yeah. at that point, you've, you've got surface mount, proprietary mm-hmm. crap, you know. Um, you know, Sega stuff like that's a night. Modern Sega stuff. Sega's just horrid, man, um, as far as their modern stuff goes, how much of a pain they are. But, um, and you, you know, you got like a, Atari System 1s and System 2s. Who wants to go near that? You know, that board's two foot by eight feet long, you know. You know, it's, it's going to be a nightmare to figure that thing out, man. I know yeah. you do some vector stuff on occasion. Yeah, I mean, I don't mind vector monitors, vector motherboards. I've always, I mean, I tell people vector motherboards just kick my butt routinely. Um, I just can't wrap my head around them. Don't have the time to wrap my head around them anymore. And um, it's it's just a slow process. I mean, I can fix them. It just takes me a long time, and I don't have that kind of time to invest right now. Yeah. I, just out of curiosity, I mean, you see all these games, you see all these pinballs, and and you know the good and the bad about everything. Pretty much so. Yeah. So, what do you go after when you go to buy games? I mean, how how does how does that how does that kind of taint your your view on on what you spend your money on? Is it dirt cheap? Okay. <laughs> So is are you price driven mostly? Um, not really. I was kind of playing. Yeah. I mean, um, obviously a good deal is a good deal. Sure, sure. You know, I mean, especially the position I'm in. If somebody calls the shop and says we're moving and we got a Pac Man, mm-hmm. would you give us a hundred bucks for it? Mm-hmm. Uh, I yeah. think I think I will. Yeah, sure. Uh, you know, if you call the shop and you say you've got a GI Joe, will you give me a hundred bucks for it? No, I will not. You know, yeah, yeah. I mean, I've had people, you know, they're like, I'm like, I, I don't want it. And like, just, just give me an offer. I'm like, it'll be insulting. Go on and insult me. And I finally, I got to go. If you told me I could have it for free. Yeah. I don't think I would come and get it. Yeah. <laughs> That's how little I want that game. Yeah. You know? Especially like mid eighties conversion junk. You know, I just don't care about that. Yeah. You know, and there's no, and from a purely capitalistic standpoint, point there's no there's no market for that for me to sell it and make any money on it you know i mean for the last five to i don't know eight years or so i mean most of the stuff that's driven me has been the oddball rare stuff that i pop into in someone's basement or some operator has Oh, looky, there's a beautiful space dungeon stuck in the back of your warehouse. Where'd you get that? Yeah. It's been there a couple of years. Our damn thing won't stay running. Yeah. What do you want for it, you know, or stuff like that, you know? I mean, do you, do you find do you find that stuff e- easy, to, the, the rare titles like that, do you find that easy to move if you... Because here's the thing. I mean, I think we all have a little bit of, ro- you know, rotation, but yeah. but you're probably seeing so much in and out all the time. It, yeah. Once you've got these, you know, these uber rare titles in, what do you do with them? I, I mean, before it was just, that was the collector in me, you know, okay. now I have it, it's mine, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. um, I, I never had any intention of actually selling that kind of stuff. Obviously, if the price was right, I'm I'm not, I'm not overtly attached to anything, yeah. you know, uh, I guess I'm more attached to money than the games, yeah. you know, um, I would sell anything, but you know, I'm not going to sell my mint space dungeon for it's going to hurt you if you want it. You yeah, know, you're going to pay full boat for it. Uh, There's yeah. no fire sale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. because I, I don't want to get rid of it. And the likelihood of me ever seeing another one is, especially in, say, my space dungeon I have, just yeah. to pick on that one. Slim to none. I'll never see one that nice. I mean, that thing's flawless, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, but, you know, with that said, too, there's there's definitely people out there who want the rare stuff. Yeah, oh, I yeah. Mean, yeah. You know, I get They're calls. I mean, People call me, I don't want to say all the time, but it's it's funny how people find out the games I have since I don't, 
I don't have my stuff on the KLV database mm-hmm. or anything. It's just solely collector word of mouth. I say the community is so small that if someone yeah. walks in there and st- sees yeah. a marquee across yeah. the... Yeah, word, word, I mean, word is going to get around. I always find it funny when I get a call or I'll get an email or a, a PM from some mess word or something. Somebody just like, so do you want to sell your Slither? It's like, how do you know I have a Slither, man? I don't even know you. <laughs> Who are you? <laughs> Who's been running their mouth? <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it, it's definitely a small community, but... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's funny how everybody, how everybody kind of learns about everybody yeah, else yeah. over time. And that kind of stuff doesn't bother me. I, yeah. you know, I yeah. was playing. Yeah. Well, it, I guess one of the other one of the other questions that I've got, you know, having known you for for the years that I have it is, you know, what um what what really qualifies as the rarest game that you've had and maybe the rarest pinball that you that you've had and i I had to kind of i had to kind of pick and choose those words a little carefully because i'm sure rare to you and rare to me or rare to brent might be a little bit different because you just see so much more volume well and and rare is pretty subjective it it is are you crossing rare with value yeah yeah. well and that's true because those are two totally separate yeah yeah well and then and then Um, on top of that there's also collectability because it can be very collectible and not be all that rare yeah 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 i mean you know we all know a dedicated major havoc is very you know 300 produced very rare have you ever had one no no i never have never have how about Um, a working quantum you ever had one of those not a quantum either okay all right nope but, um, you know, for how rare, say, dedicated Major Havoc is, there's a decent amount of those that changes hands, you know, in mm-hmm. the, you know, it, it rarely goes on eBay, but you hear it and see it in the collector, on the, you know, in the collector community, you, you know. Um, but yeah, you know, it, it is kind of weird how some of these crazy rare games, they, they change hands a lot, I guess, yeah. you know. But, um, I've, as far as my stuff, I've never had, that I can think of any really rare pinballs, you okay. know. Um, you know, I mean, I've probably had a few that have been in the thousand-ish or so production range, but nothing I would, you know, that's not really rare. You know, they're usually dogs, pinballs, yeah. you know. Yeah. But, I mean, as far as video games go, I mean, you know, it's really hard to say because, you know, obviously my, my Space Dungeon's kind of rare, but who knows what the production numbers are on that, you know, or... I mean, I don't know, my skydiver, that's something you just don't see every day. That's true. Or... Subs. Uh, you know, but see, though, yeah. they just opened, you know, when they opened that warehouse up there in Canada, there was oh. 10, 11 oh, of those in the box up there still. I mean, it's yeah. still a rare. So they found 10 four or five years ago, you know, I mean, yeah. that's still rare. Yeah. But... um I don't think subs is as rare as, say, Space Dungeon, although I, I really am not basing that off of anything, just pulling it out of my butt you know yeah well um, based upon what you've seen yeah so, yeah yeah but i mean you know that i know my dark planet that's you're just not going to see many of those or uh you know that guy just bought my torah torah you know not a lot of value in that game but that's mm-hmm. very yeah. i mean he only knew of one other one in the states you know um in the states in the states okay i think there's one i just in want to make sure that i heard that right states i yes. think there's one in europe so there's that's three of them that we can account for wow in the collector community. yeah yeah that's that's impressive how about a list how about a list pinball titles because that's something that that just that interests me to no end what what the pinball community has chosen to attach value to yeah. and and me not being good at pinball uh, me not being, you know, quote unquote, raised on pinball, but me 
loving pinball yes in in learning about what is what has value attached to it and what does not in the title like i say the titles that have been chosen by the collector community to be a-list titles have you had monster bashes roll through have you had you know attack from mars's roll through i mean did did you have access to this stuff before it was quote-unquote hot yes um <laughs> yes i have whitney yes i need a car that goes 88 miles per hour <laughs> and leaves a flame stripe behind me yes. you know in, in in my early days going to the auctions uh you know they were retiring dot matrixes pretty quickly okay because they were popping out new ones like Maybe crazy one's right behind it and they were i'm assuming i don't know i didn't talk to a lot of i didn't know operators back then like i do now to talk dollars and cents with them about their you know i've got operator buddies now i've had for years you know we can talk money you know not like how much you want to sell me that for like money like how much are you making how's it going kind of stuff you know i mean that's we're, we're friends that's that, pretty you know. cl- that's pretty close yeah yeah um but you know back when i was first getting in it and stuff it wasn't yeah i knew some of them but not like that you uh-huh. know um I assume pinballs were making good money out on locations because they were retiring dot matrices really early on and buying new ones still. You know, this would have been in the mid and late 90s when Williams was still making them, you know. When I first started going to auctions, I mean, most dot matrices at auctions, and these were decent ones, working, you know, I don't know. Once again, I didn't play pinball. I was was focusing on the videos back then, you know. Right, right. Uh, but, you know, a lot of them were doing $800, you know. It's like, man, I, I could have got a... You mean a, for the purchase price, right? That's mm-hmm. what they were auctioning off at, yeah. With the, sold. Yeah, when the gavel falls. Yeah. 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 And it's like, oh, man, if I'd have known now, if I could have foreseen now what I see with the pinball world, yeah. back then it's like, yeah, screw all these video games. I'm loading up on pinballs, man. Yeah. I mean, but, you know, who knew, you know? I mean... They, uh, you know, you just don't know. No one can predict the future, you know? No one can. But uh, I've never had many good pinballs because by the time I got into the pinball world, they were already becoming, you know, from a monetary standpoint, unobtainium. It's made of unobtainium. I'm a tightwad. I'm a total tightwad. I mean, I'm not going to blow my money frivolously on a pinball because, you know... That's a ton of beer. <laughs> it, it is. It's a ton of a lot of stuff. And I know, I mean, me me just kind of getting into pinball, you know, over the past two years or so. Yeah. You know, I've I've bought a new inbox stern and I know I know a lot of people out there have. I'm sure a lot of people listening to this right now have yeah. have, have done the whole new inbox stern experience. Oh, yeah. Well Stern's it, catering to that. It, now, that they are. Know. That they well and you know what? Good for them. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's I'm not knocking it. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's what they're doing. Yeah, and they they have found a market and they have found a buyer but uh i'll never be able to based upon the time that i got in it and where things sit today i'll never be able to to experience a new whirlwind or or a new uh monster bash uh i mean as far as the a-list titles go there's a ton around town i've worked on a lot of them you know but owners you know Probably, probably the best pinball I've ever owned is a Bram Stoker's Dracula, and that's pretty down on the list if you're talking titles that people go yeah, gaga over. Yeah, but you know, I, I like it's, it. I it's think still it's still a, a good solid game. pin. I like that yeah. game. Oh, that's great. Well, you know, forever that was like one of the cheapest, best pins you could buy. Nobody wanted it. You could grab it for twelve, fourteen hundred bucks. You yeah. know, five, six years ago, maybe. You know. Yeah. But not anymore. I mean, hell, if it's a pinball now, it's money. You know. Oh, it's money. Yeah. There, there is no doubt about it. It is money. Yep. Yeah. Well, you and I talked about this a little bit last time, Whitney, and 
um, I, it, you said you were a cheapskate. Oh, yeah. You and I have had this conversation. Maximus. You, you and I have had this conversation plenty I will of times. Squeeze I'll, a penny till it shits out dimes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, so yeah, I mean, there's been tons, there's been stuff that collectors would probably give their eye teeth for to be in the situation I've been in. And I just fart around and just do to do to do to do and just let it blow right on by me because it's like. <sighs> Do I really want that? Do I want? Do, do I want? Do I want to mess with it? Do I want to move twenty five badass games today? I just don't feel it. Oh, somebody else got them. Damn. Two weeks later, you know. Yeah. I mean, I have let so much stuff just go by just because I'm so well, lackadaisical. The, the, you know. Well, the flip side no. of that is, is Whitney and I have game rooms. Yeah. yeah. You you don't maintain a game room any longer. No, no, I do not. You know, if you end up with it, uh, it's fair to say that it sits in the shop for whatever reason. Well, I mean, I'm even talking years ago before the shop turned into okay. chaos. You know, yeah. I was I've always been this way. You know, I mean, I've <laughs> I've known about stashes for years, and I don't do anything. And finally, somebody else from some of the big Chicago guys or something find out about them and get them. And you know, wrong. and then I'm like. Damn, I should have acted on that four years ago, man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've been talking about it for four years. Yeah, and then see, here's me and Brent going, sitting over here going, really? There were stashes like oh, that? There's still oh. stuff like oh, that. Oh, yeah, there's stuff still sitting around. Everybody who says it's gone just doesn't know where to look. I mean, it doesn't hurt to be in the position I'm in. Yeah. I mean, oh, obviously, yeah. I've been doing it a long time. So I know a lot of people, you know. Yeah. I have a business number that people call me right, soliciting, right. wanting to get rid of their stuff. Yeah. Um, and sometimes it's good. Well, you know, th- that reactor I had, you know, I mean, that was just a cold call that came yep. in the shop. Some dude just, you know, answered the phone. The dude's like, hey, you buy games? And, you know, some people are just totally disillusioned on what, you know, they'll have some converted Street Fighter 2 and they get online and they see some schmo trying to sell it for 800 bucks, so that's what it's worth, you know, and it's yeah. like, ah, it's, I could maybe sell it for 200 mm-hmm. after I clean it up, you know? Yeah, yeah. But, um, so I always tell people, hey, I'm not really buying anything right now. Why, you got something you're looking to get rid of, you know? Yeah. And they start small talking, what do you got? What do you have there? And the dude was like, I mean, I got this game called Reactor. I just picked up from a buddy of mine. I got it out of his basement, you know, and I was like, reactor huh i was like that's a pretty cool game he goes yeah i mean we kind of like it i guess i I mean i I figure you know i'll get it from him and sell it and i'm like is it working he's like oh yeah we've been playing it and i was like what what are you what are you looking for on it he's looking at me this game came out of my backyard oh he's like (laughs) i was like what are you what are you looking to get on it i'm sorry brent this is one of them deals where it sounds like the truth hurts not my actual backyard like hurts a lot pretty darn close okay And, uh, you know, the dude's like, I mean, I don't know, you know, I figure any working game's worth 200 bucks, right? And I was like, possibly. I was like, where where are you at? And he's like, you know where Lake Dreamland's at? I'm like, I don't have a clue, you know. And so he tells me where he's at, you know, which is pretty far from me. That's a haul. It's a weird place, man. Yeah, it's it's a little different back there, the way it's all laid out and the way the neighborhoods are. It's consummately wet. Oh, yeah. yeah. Where it's It's like below, it's below sea level and you know you've got the ohio river right there at the end of it and then there's a huge well there's a man-made lake there thus it's called lake dreamland it hadn't rained in two weeks so there were several times i'm like why the hell is it so wet what is going on around here man and all all these dudes were like 
in their early 20s. They were all cool as with me. They were really, really young guys. And they were just like, oh, man, it stays wet here, man. It's just always wet here. I'm like, what do you mean, you know? We go in the the porch is all just rotten. We go in the front of the house. There's just wet everywhere. I'm like, seriously? Like, it just comes up out of the ground, man. But um, he, He's not exaggerating. Yeah, that, it's a I bizarre neighborhood, there, man. I pass through there quite a bit, like, coming back from work. Uh-huh. And it was just... Just the way it's laid out, yeah. The, the, with the chemical well, plant, well, yeah, it's and right there behind. I guess Dupont and Dow. You know, those plants it, are huge, and it's just constant spewing out stink and nastiness. You know, um, it's yeah. a weird part of town, man. But the the people were awesome to me. I mean, they were cool as shit. But um, you know, so I got a reactor for two hundred bucks. Yeah. Well, I got even for a little less because I haggled once I got there. You know, I mean, you you got to haggle a little, or it's just not part of the game. It's not mm-hmm. fun, exactly. Yeah, but uh, they were happy. I was happy, and um, it was a nice reactor. Yeah, <laughs> man, that's. I mean, that, that's that's awesome. And you know, I think about the work that it's taken, you know, for me to get my games, and it, it's definitely tougher being just a, a part time collector because so, right? yeah. stuff just doesn't stuff just doesn't present itself like like it does like that. So, yeah. So yeah, here's the yeah. fun question: So people call you up, and I know you've had that. I've I've known of several other games that's come by. Folks call you up. Hey, look, you look, are you buying games? Yep. What's the craziest thing you've ever had somebody call you up and offer you or try to get you to fix, thinking that's just what you did? Um. Well, my neighbor behind us on the other side of the alley hollered at me once and asked me if I'd fix her VCR. I was like, no. Yeah. Um. I haven't really had that much crazy stuff. Really. Oh, that's surprising. It, it, yeah. It's most. I mean, every now and then somebody will bring in their big forty-two inch flat pound. You fix these, and it's like <laughs> you lugged that all the way. Not today. Yeah, yeah. You no, lugged that all the way in here. You didn't call first. And sorry, we throw those away. Yeah. I mean, you know. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's, I, I I have plenty of work. I'm not going to work on stuff I don't like. Yeah. You know, that's fortunate too. Yeah. So that's that's good. I mean, I, you know, it's just. Yeah, you know, I, mean, I, I don't want to work on that kind of stuff. I mean, I mean does does a lot? You know, does, will 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 I fix my mom's washing machine when it breaks? Sure, yes, sure, you sure. know. Yeah, the old lady down the street, probably not. <laughs> you gonna make me something good to eat? We'll yeah. talk. <laughs> I ask that because I've seen a couple boom boxes laying in there. Oh over yeah, time that goofball neighbor beside and... me had that like eighties, that early eighties big ass boom box. Yeah, all covered in dirt and yeah yeah that was ridiculous too man yeah i fixed that for you neighbors are a pain in the butt man nothing like them i'll say oh, that man so so Ed, where where does a lot of your business come from today i mean is it from the forums is it no just it's, word it's of mostly mouth? local home buyers word of mouth yeah okay yeah. i mean heck i didn't even uh, you knew you probably haven't where you live decent hike away from me you haven't oh, yeah. even been by my place you know Back in January, I finally had a sign made and put up outside, you know, so I didn't even have a sign. I mean, I got, and it's not like, you know, so 11 years in, I don't have a sign at this point. Do I need one? But I get so sick of the phone calls of people going, you know, there's a KFC at the end of the block and there's a Wendy's at the other end. And I'll get a call. We're at KFC. We can't find you. Where are you at? And I'm like. 50 feet on down, same side of the road. Just I'm keep the, on coming down. I'm the storefront with all the games lined up in yeah, front of Yeah, it. yeah. <laughs> you know. But it's a, it, and then, you know, 60, 100 seconds will go by. I'm at Wendy's. Where are you at? Yeah. It's like you drove right by me. Yeah. You know, it's like yeah. just park and walk. Jeez, you're, yeah. you're 50 feet away again. Yeah. So I was like, all right, I'll have a sign made and put out. So I did that in January. You get a lot of walk-in traffic, just people. Because for folks that don't know the area, um, 
that area tends to be heavily foot trafficked. Yes. There's a lot of a lot of pedestrians. Uh, a lot of pedestrians. Yes, a lot of lots, the businesses through the, through that area are geared to just walk ins. Yeah. Um it happens. Um, you know, it's it's random. There's no consistency. I mean, I can go I can go a whole day and not have anyone walk in, which is actually very nice. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, most of the people that do walk in are just that. They're in the neighborhood for whatever reason, wandering from place to place, and they go wandering by my place. Because you can see the glazed look on their eyes as they look up at the windows and see all this stuff they haven't seen in 20 or 30 years, you know. They'll walk up past it, and then you'll see them backtrack and come up and come in, and it's just like, whoa, whoa, yeah. you know, I mean, you could, I, I don't you really could own these. I don't yeah. really count that as a, a customer, you know. Yeah. That's just somebody who's just sightseeing, you yeah. know, whatever. Yeah. Because it's always. It's always funny, too, because, you know, there, there's that bell on the door when it opens. The ding, you know. And uh, so if I'm, if I'm remotely around, I'll look up and I'll, I will smile and I will say hello. And I say 50% of them just look at me like stone, like deers in the headlight thing. <laughs> so, and that's the ones I like because then I'm like, all right, that's how this game's going to go. I get to, <laughs> I get to ignore you now, too. Back to work, you know. <laughs> but then, then the other half of them will want to talk to you, you know. Where yeah. does this stuff come from? And I always just go. Space. I always go just this tiny little place down in Tennessee, man. It's yeah. all down in Tennessee. <laughs> <laughs> really? Where? I'm like, oh, man, it's tiny. Yeah. Tennessee. Yeah. <laughs> South of Chattanooga. <laughs> yeah. That's where it all sits. That's Georgia, brother. <laughs> I know years ago, uh, I'd come in on a, if I was coming by on a Friday to, you know, whatever we might be trying to work on or whatever, mm-hmm. you you would turn games on for like foot traffic. Oh, yeah. Have you gotten away from that? Back when I had more, you know, when I first opened, you know, I had 25 of my own games working, you know, yeah. and stuff sold off and I got more busy fixing other people's stuff no time to fix my stuff and you know even that that whole demographic kind of changes too you know you get you get the telephone call because people still call me and thinking i'm an arcade you know which is it's out there online who knows where you Mm -hmm. know but it's out misinformation you know it's online it's got to be true right uh you know you you hear all the screaming kids in the background what time is your arcade close we're closed. You're not, <laughs> I'm not going to be your damn babysitter, man. Um, you know, I mean, that that would really get on my nerves a lot, like, because kids will come in there and go crazy, you know. I mean, even when they're with their adult, I'm assuming, parent, you know. I mean, parents just don't discipline their kids at all. And I mean, you've seen my shop. Yeah. It's not exactly a playground for so kids. It, it it's, pl- not, it's not yeah, really kid-friendly. It no, yeah. no, not I, at I've, all. Depending on kind of uh, what you've got going on, you know, that quarter or that you know not yeah. just that week or that month you could have two or three working pieces and you could have a little row going or you could I mean, just have you know stuff it, to be repaired there's stuff mm-hmm. ever i mean you know my, my place looks like you know lamont's truck from sanford and son mm-hmm. it's just crap everywhere yeah. you know i mean or you take a snow globe and take the snow out and put video game parts and pinball parts and games and shake it up and where the <laughs> lands that's my shop it's freaking everywhere yeah yeah I mean, it's it's borderline embarrassing, but what the hell am I going to do? Well, you, you know, know it, if you're not doing, if you're not doing, yeah, if I, you're not running an arcade, I mean, that's well, what it is. Yeah, you know? let's face it. It's it's if I truly cared, you know. I mean, it is what it is. It's, it's well, I'm not going to walk. I guess, I guess to answer my own question, I'm not going to necessarily walk into a mechanic shop and say, "Hey, can I go drive all these customers' cars?" Exactly. Around? Yeah, you know? yeah, exactly. I'm going to expect stuff sitting around, and yeah, here's yeah. the because that's what it's a work in progress. Yeah. You know, I mean, I could have. 
20 different things I'm working on at once because I'm waiting for parts for this one. I'm trying to find something that doesn't exist for this one, and you know. Yeah. I started on this one and answered the phone and got sidetracked, so now I'm on this one because I forgot I was already on that one before well, what, the phone rang. Well, there's some, what are you in a situation like that? Someone brings something in and you need to find some off the wall. I don't know whether it's plastic or some assembly for a pinball. or I know you do your own amount of research, but we've really never talked about this. Do you get to a point where you're like, hey, you need this, and... Do you you go find it? I mean, I, I can't. Pretty much so. You know, in this day and age, everything is obtainable. It's just at what cost, right? You know. So when we get to something crazy like that, I will hang on to a piece for several months, trying to find something realistically, reasonably, pro- what I think is a fair price for the part we need. You know, not the. You know, I don't want to name anybody in specific, but there's. There's all the places out there we all know of where that's what they do. Mm-hmm. They specialize in acquiring these parts and selling them, and you're paying a premium for that. And I'm not knocking them for that. I refuse to pay that price, my money, um, because I've got all the time in the world. I can wait 10 or 20 years so I find what I want. But when I'm dealing with customer stuff, that's a little different. So yeah. then I will tell them, here's the only places I can find it. It's expensive. Here's what it's going to cost. And they make the call. You want it? I'll get it. We're done. You don't want it? You you're know, gonna wait until it comes up on the secondary market. Yeah, here's yeah. this, and and you know, come and get your game. Yeah. So, how, how often do you run into to to that at the component level? I mean, we we know that your uh, your resistors, your yeah. most your I mean, most your transistors, most your all your caps, most all that stuff is available or are somewhat yeah. substitutable. I rarely have much of a problem finding stuff within reason. I mean, obviously, some chips are just getting expensive, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, you know, years ago, you didn't really see many 20 or $30 chips. Now you do, you know. I mean, there's there's and there's tons of $5, $10 chips oh, yeah. that just several years ago were a buck or two. But, uh, you know, like the... The Cuber, the speech chip Gottlieb used on Cuber, yep. you know, or a Gorf and Wizard of War, those speech chips are just, they're hard to find. Only the, several places uh, have them. But an SCO1A. Yeah. You know, or those high voltage chips that mm-hmm. go in Williams pinballs, the older ones, you know, I mean, those are, what's Mark Cap selling for? 25, 35 bucks a chip now, you know? And that's the only place I can find them is him, you know? Um, it is what it is. It is what it is. Yeah. If it's if, it's if you've, if got, you if you've play, got the toy, I hope you can afford yeah. to pay for it. Yeah. You got to pay to play. Yeah. You, you certainly do, and that's it's it's not uh, it's not a hobby that <laughs> that you can just kind of treat lightly because no, if it, you, it can if be you, expensive. It can be very expensive, and if you if you try to chintz on it, you probably ought to just here's hop out. A, this this if I could only show what look is probably going to be on Edward's face when I ask this. Yeah. Uh, in in that same vein. I know you get folks that call up and they say, it's doing this. What's it going to cost me to fix it? Oh, yes. Uh, most of them they, can't they even give me it. a decent description. they just like, it doesn't work. I'm like, their pinball's broke. Well, what's it doing? I don't know. It just won't do anything. I'm like, is it dead dead? No. I'm like, well, then what's it doing? Ah, you're just going to have to come and look at it. All right. <laughs> yeah. You're going to have to pay me. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, you know, but a lot of people are like, what's this going to cost me? And I, I usually just kind of laugh and... If I'm in a bad mood or if they're being kind of standoffish, I'll be kind of an ass to them. But usually I try to be nice about it, and I'm just kind of laughing. I'll go, you know, you just called your auto mechanic and said, my car is making a noise. What's it going to cost me to fix it? Yeah. You know, and usually they'll laugh and they get it, you know. Yeah. Um, Which the, the point of this is that's a good lesson for anyone listening to this that's 
really new into the hobby. Don't, you know? don't put yourself in that position. Yeah, yeah. exactly. You know, you gotta, you gotta understand this is not, don't make me be an ass to you. <laughs> Well, don't don't compromise your position um, the, first thing. The other thing I like is when they go, well, how much will you charge me to come out and diagnose it for me and then, and then give me an estimate? And then I'll decide if I want it fixed or not. And I'm like, by the time I diagnose it, it is fixed. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I was like, it just, it, it doesn't I, work I really, way. truly wish it was that easy. You know, yeah. I mean, Lord knows it would make my life a lot easier and customers would feel better too, I assume. Mm-hmm. But it just isn't that it's easy. Not, you can't look at it and say, well, you've definitely got a flat tire. Yeah. 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 Exactly. yeah. Uh, exactly. No. Especially when you get into a motherboard debugging, you know, it's like... I don't see those 250 chips. One of them's bad. Pick it. Yeah. Yeah. Are you lucky today? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because it's not like you can leave it broke. I mean, you could, but once. Uh, well, all I, the expenses and the time I, debugging that's, it. See, that's, you know, ju- that's just it. By the time you've usually, got. Usually. Yeah. By the time you've got all of that investment and time in, yeah. you need to see it working. Otherwise, you've just wasted everything. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I, mean, I, I get that. I mean, motherboard repair is not. The cost of the parts we're fixing usually the cost is the amount of time it took us to do it. Yeah, you know? yeah. I mean, let's face it. Even though there is expensive chips out there, the vast majority of them are probably five bucks or less. You know, well, especially um, if you're getting it, you're just talking everyday seventy four yeah, series, especially random TTLs. You know, you're, yeah, you're dollar dollar fifty a chip. Change. You know, it's yeah. just it's just working having the skill set and yeah. being able it's it's the labor. Yeah, you know, skill set in, in the patience. It you is know, patience, yeah, which is bizarre since I have no. <laughs> You've had to find. I, have, I don't know how I, that I have, works. I have no sure. Your hair's getting a little grayer here recently. Yeah, I don't know. If, yeah, well, <laughs> it, it's time to start dyeing it again. Yes, <laughs> just for Ed. Yeah, it's getting a little shaggy too. <laughs> well, um, that's kind of what I had to to kind of discuss and talk about. Whitney, did you have? anything else come to mind no i well i tell you what just just i guess kind of here you know getting close to closing on this you know ed if you were to you know if you were to look back and say you know what are some of the biggest lessons that i've learned since mm-hmm. since starting your business what what would you share with us as far as far as you know what could you do over um, what would you look at you thought that you were going to achieve things when you were older but guess what you were wrong uh, you know, there's, I can't think of anything I would have changed or done differently, you know? Okay. I mean, a lot of my pitfalls from a business standpoint, I, I learned the hard way from the record store, you know? Okay. I mean, once I started Arcade Odyssey, I was like, I- I'm not working seven days a week, yep. you know? Yep. I'm not working 100, 120 hours a week. Figure, you know? out, how to fi- how figure out how to do it on the front end to I'm, get where you need to be. I'm yeah. just saying, you know, learn to take time for yourself, mm-hmm. you know? And yeah. obviously, I'm still not good at that. Well, but, um, I, I don't think any of us are really quote unquote really good at it yeah but i mean I, i'm obsessive compulsive by nature oh yes you know As i get I. stuff i like i can i mean you know i could work for days and not even sleep or anything and not even think about it because i can just go in a zone and just go you know that's fine for me but yeah you know i definitely try to you know, that would be my biggest pitfalls is just taking time for myself honestly to have fun you yeah. know i mean even though i do have fun doing my job yeah you know um that's not the same as having quote yeah. unquote having fun yeah yes. yeah yeah yes i can i can i can appreciate that um but yeah i really can't you know and with anything else it's it's always an evolution you know yeah. there's still things you're changing and modifying in your your business plan if you will you know um but 
you know, yeah, there's, I can't think of much of anything I would have done differently, honestly. Well, it's, I mean, that's good. Well, I, I mean, Ed, if anybody wanted to get in touch with you, how would, uh, how would they get in touch with you? That's a very good question, Whitney. I don't know if I want to answer that. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's just but have them contact us. It must be nice just to have work pouring out. Yes. It's a good situation to be in to answer that question that way. Hey, hey, anyone out there who knows me, they know how to get a hold of me. Fair enough. <laughs> well, okay, fair enough. Yeah. Well, like, in, in all fairness, uh, he, Ed, Edward's selling himself short. I, you know, if anybody wants to contact me, they can They can. Call the shop, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> He's available on KLOV. Yeah, yeah. How about how about Elutz on KLOV? How go. about that? There you go. I'll, yeah, I'll have to and start then, checking those. And then, and then let you be. Then let you control the destiny yeah. from there. How about I, that? I am very slow on responding back, so don't worry if it's a couple days. Okay. I say that it's nice to be in the position that you're in, and that you do have a fair amount of work. Yes, I mean yes. It, um, I mean, I stay, you know, realistically, you know, if you want to count the basket case stuff too, which yeah. I will fix sometimes for people that when it, when I put it in the basket case category, that means it's going to take, I, I should have said no, it's yeah. going to take mm-hmm. more time than I could realistically charge you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'll fix it for you, but it's going to be a while because I can't blow X amount of hours on something and not get paid, you know? Yes. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yes. You gotta keep the lights on. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Um, I mean, so yeah, so it'll get it'll get worked on in little small increments, s- yeah, spells over the course of however long it takes, you know. Um, I don't even know where I was going with this. Uh, just oh, you're talking about your workload. And, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'll probably stay realistically eight to ten months backed up. Eight to ten months backed up, and it's been that way for probably five or six years. Wow. And you know, with eight to ten months with the holidays approaching, I mean, we're not that close. But once, once November, uh, when's Thanksgiving? November, right? Mm-hmm. Once, once generally, Thanks- yes, November. Yeah, yeah, we'll be this um, year anyway. <laughs> once, once November hits, it's chaos through the end of the year. Is it? I mean, I could go twenty four hours every day if I wanted. to. Are you getting a lot of folks that are? That are- well, this has been down for six months, but I'm going to have a holiday party type, type uh, thing. Those will or? be the ones that will call me on Christmas Eve, yeah, and think I'm going to run out. Oddly enough, there's a good chance I'm probably already going to bail somebody out on Christmas Eve or wow. or the day. Last year, last year was the first year in three years I did not go out Thanksgiving morning and fix stuff to bail people out. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. And, yeah, a lot of times it's either – just bad luck it just broke the night before they were trying everything out and something went right or else yeah it's been broke first i'll always go you need it for your party tomorrow why did you call me the day before that would be ridiculous in the middle of summer or something but you're doing it in the middle of a holiday time you know uh oh i don't know i had one lady get real mad because i was like i can't come out tonight i've already got two things booked tonight i'm gonna be out till midnight the way it is you know i'm sorry there's there's only one of me, you know? Yeah. And I was like, how long has it been broke? I don't know, eight years or something. You can't help me anyway. I'm like, oh, and don't think I ever will. <laughs> yes. Are these generally customer? I mean, you're not getting cold calls. It's someone that uh, knows. This would have been a cold call here. Well, yeah. that lady. Somebody who knows me, they know. They, anyone they know who knows know. me knows they better sweet talk my ass or it ain't going to happen. <laughs> I mean, they, they already know. They know the game. Well, and what does it take? What does it take to work your way through that eight or ten month backlog? I mean, that's you know, it's like anything else. If it's an easy fix, I'm going to knock it out right in there. Get yeah. paid, get it out of the way, done. Yeah. 
I mean, I'll tell people with something that I know is going to be crazy. I'm like, you know, I'll work on it, but I got to get in the mood. You know, if somebody, if I decide to work on a pole position motherboard for somebody, you know, I'll tell them, I'm like, yeah, you can bring it back. And I'm like, it's going to be a while. And I, when I say it's going to be a while, I'm not talking 14 days. I'm talking a while. You know, don't start calling me in a week, bugging me. But it's like, I'll tell them. I've got to be in the mood to work on a pole position, you know. Yeah. I'm not going to get up and have my bowl of raisin bran and be like, "Hell yeah, it's pole position time today." <laughs> you know, it's like I got to get in the mood and I mean, I'll tell them. I'm like, "That mood might not hit me for 6 or 7 weeks, man. Yeah. If you're fine with that, we're good. If you're not fine with that, you know, we should shake hands and part ways now." Yeah. Hmm. Well, that, I mean, that's one thing I can say. And who uh, else is going to work on it for them, you know? I mean, geez, it's a pole position. No one wants to work on that crap. I, I can definitely say that. Can't argue that. That you definitely set the level of expectation for, for what goes on, and which is, yeah. I mean, what you, you have to do. Yeah. Well, Edward. Yes, I think Brent. We, I think we've covered a lot of ground here tonight. tonight. Yes. All right. Do you want to... Do you anything you want to add? Any? Uh, oh, I can't think of anything, really and truthfully. Um, and we've dealt. This we've, was a very pleasant chat with you guys. We, we, we delved into that. the deep, some of the deep dark secrets. Of we, we all Edward know. Lutz. That's right. Let's, we all know a lot more about Edward Ludd tonight. So let's see what was said and what actually gets edited out. <laughs> the, the indie music legend that is Edward yeah, Lutz. Exactly. We all appreciate right. you being on the show, man. Thank you. Thank yeah. you for the time, Edward. Appreciate, I appreciate it. it too. All right. All right, Brent, we're here. Here we are. We're at the end of episode number two of the podcast. I, I'd say this has uh, been a solid win, man. It's I know it's been a long one, but it's been a fun one, dude. I've had a ball sitting here talking. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, I know we've added a little uh, a little extra content. The, the, the It's growing. Yeah. Which I think oh, it's yeah. awesome. Yeah, I think it's great. And, you know, I'm not really sure, you know, what the length of the podcast will, you know, will settle into, into being. But, you know, I, I don't know. I'm not really worried about it either. I mean, I think it'll find its natural spot yeah you know? absolutely. and uh and, and i hope that people i hope that people appreciate that i, I think they will i think i think as well i, I i'm with you uh, it, we'll just go with the conversation see where yeah, it takes and us just, and just see where absolutely. it takes us man well as part you know and part of that brent before we uh you know before we start rolling the end credits and everything and uh have someone far prettier than us tell everybody about <laughs> all the social media <laughs> outlets that we're on and everything like that dude I, I think it's i think it's only right to give a couple shout outs here okay because uh, whether everybody knows it or not, uh, I, I think the the arcade and pinball podcasting community is is a fairly tight knit one, and. Um in doing that, we've been very fortunate to have uh, some input and have some discussion with some uh, some other podcasters uh, in this space. And I just want to take a few minutes to recognize the time that they have given back to us, as far as review or input or just a you know just lending an ear for for a discussion. And really appreciate that. So the first one. Uh, Brent, I want to give a shout out to uh, Jonathan and Tim at the Arcade Repair Tips podcast. Uh, I recently had a trip uh, down to uh, down to Texas, and uh, Jonathan and Tim were nice enough, you know, to have me on uh, episode number thirty four of their podcast, where they let uh, they, they they gave me some time to talk about our podcast, Brent. You know, let uh, let me sit in the studio with them and record with them. 
two great guys. Some of the nicest guys you'll ever want to meet. So that also but, tells me that uh, there's a cameo of uh, your, you've got a cameo appearance on oh, episode yeah, 34. Yeah, yes. exactly, dude. So yeah, so check out episode number 34 and uh, yeah, we're, we're uh, yeah, Broken Token definitely makes it makes an appearance there, but the, the big point is, is that they were nice enough to open up their, their home, uh, their home to us and, uh, you know, let us uh, kind of pod crash with them for a little <laughs> bit and it was neat to see them do the episode and just you know uh, just get to meet them you know for the first time and Jonathan has also uh, provided uh, you know uh, some, uh, some some good input to the podcast as well so Jonathan and Tim you guys out there listening uh, mad props to you guys thanks a lot I'd like to uh, give a shout out to not necessarily a podcast but uh, an arcade pinball personality yep. Edward Lutz uh, for coming in doing an interview with us this week uh, wild man wild Ed. man Ed. wild man Ed. It's uh, uh, f- for those that are on the other side of the mic. There's there's a fair amount involved in in production of the podcast, oh, yes. and so th- there's there's more behind it in terms of time and effort, not just on our part, but on the part of folks like Edward. Oh yeah, uh, that, that come in and, and help to contribute. Yeah, I mean, he, he gave up an entire night, you know, to, for us to uh, you know for us to sit down and talk with him. So and, that was cool. So we want to give him a shout out. We definitely appreciate it. Uh, uh, he took time away from his life. It, yeah. Uh, uh, took him away from the shop for a little bit of time for that day and of course his evening was spent with us so yeah. um uh it does not go unnoticed and edward we really appreciate it thanks a lot yes thanks a lot yeah and and uh here last but certainly not least brent i want to also give a shout out to uh preston and patrick uh at the game room junkies uh podcast i've uh, had the opportunity to talk to both uh preston and patrick over uh, over different uh you know over different conversations about different topics but both of the guys have been you know super fantastic on uh, donating some of their time to talk with us Brent and uh, I just uh, I can't thank those guys enough either so you know yeah the arcade repair tips guys the game room junkies guys I mean these are these are um, you know two class acts in, in this field so we, we uh, highly recommend their yep, podcasts definitely so check out their sites uh, yep. uh, download their podcasts give them a listen exactly and there's there's so much Brent, there's there's so much content and there's so much to go around. I, I know that uh, you know I, I I know that there's plenty of room for everybody, and I just I, I just really want to recognize the guys that have uh, that have done us right. So we, we really do appreciate it. So uh, yes, we do. Thanks a lot, we guys. We really appreciate yeah, it. Thanks a lot. Well, Brent, uh, you know, in in uh, in wrapping here before we roll uh, for roll uh, out of this episode, uh, one thing I did want to ask everybody, uh, you know, if you're enjoying the show. We would really, really appreciate uh, you know getting a, a uh, you know getting a review up on iTunes if you wouldn't mind to take a few times and, and hop up to uh, iTunes and uh, give us a review there. It certainly does help out the show. And uh, like I say, Brent, we'll uh, we'll get into all the social media stuff at you know at, at the end where the where the credits roll. But yeah, that's that's really what I wanted to ask for, and, and would really appreciate everybody's time if they did that. And I think with that, Whitney, we will we will call episode two a wrap. We'll right. put it in the can. Put it in the can. We'll start looking down the road to episode three. Yeah, I tell you what, everybody, we'll look forward to seeing you all next month. Thanks a lot for listening. Thanks a lot. Yeah, see ya. Congratulations. You made it to the end of another episode of the Broken Token Podcast. I promise they'll do better next time. Their moms would be so proud. We want to hear your feedback, comments, rants, and raves, both good and bad. Email us podcast at brokentoken.com follow us on twitter at broken token and like our facebook page at facebook.com slash broken token blog want to talk to us in person call us 
502-517-7199 and leave us a voicemail. Please visit our website at brokentoken.com for articles, reviews, restoration logs, tech tips, and expanded show notes from this and every episode of the podcast. You can find our podcast on the iTunes Store and Stitcher Radio. The Broken Token staff would like to extend a special thank you to the real vocal talent of the show, Christy Litzy. And that's me. Cha-ching! Music for the Broken Token podcast provided by Kentucky native bluegrass musician Gary Brewer. Please visit brewgrass.com. That's B-R-E-W-G-R-A-S-S dot com for the latest information, show dates, and to purchase music. freaking my life just demolishing itself just self-destruction right there and i just pushed the start button on the whole thing let me just tell you i didn't mean to do that and i know better